totally unscripted, right? Yes, unfucking scripted. Apologize for missing last week. Yes. Who would have thought it would have took that long to find some tampons? Yes. I'm not fucking saying that, I know that, you're dude. not, but I'm, I'm just, just saying. saying this movie is not good. It's actually really bad. You know what? I'm not saying don't go out and see it. Yeah, that's a foreign edition, dude. How is this foreign? It's Anchor Bay. A lot less bitching from horror fans because that's one thing that you get used to. It's yeah. just so sad. It's just so fucking sad. Man, I don't know how the fuck I, I, I totally nailed that one. It's gonna make me mad. Like, it's gonna yeah. piss me the fuck off. Fuck me, man. I don't know. I showed moods a girl blowing a dog one time. Okay, oddly enough, I get about 45 times and I watched the whole fucking 12 minute video. Oh my god. <laughs> Jesus Christ, what are we doing here? You're listening to a 22 Shots production. Yes, yes, y'all, it's going down right now. Episode 109 of the 22 Shots of Moods and Horror podcast is coming at you live. I am your host, M O D to the fucking Z. And of course, I've always got my two affiliate sorority sisters by my side. Double Shot J, a.k.a. JP, and the Jew, NES Ruler 22, also known as Jeremy. But are What's we going hanging on out in the sauna? No, I'm still recovering from my thumb injury because I was thumbing down cold duder so hard. So it's like, it still hurts. That's why I wasn't here last week. I was fortunately in the hospital getting thumb surgeries. You had so. a couple of guest spots. You were had a couple of guest spots. You know, I, I was in my bed recovering, and I had to call in and call Jerry, that fucking no-good bastard that he is. <laughs> that fucking dick. Speaking of Jerry, I'm doing Kill the Cast next week. Oh, no! Fuck JP! New entry into the Hall of Fuckers along with Sam. I can't be in the Hall of Fuckers. No, no, no. But Sam just... Edwards is the new inductee into the Hall of Fuckers because he posted on the last episode that Derek and... And Andrew did a good job, and he did not say that he missed me. So fuck you, Sam. You are now in the Hall of Fuckers. Fuck you. (laughs) Now, not only are people getting into the Hall of Fuckers for what they say, but it's what they didn't say as well. Yeah. (laughs) He didn't mention me. This guy not even being loyal anymore, going to do Kill the Cast with with Fuck Jerry. Oh, yeah. (laughs) Jesus Christ. Another another podcast that JP has no time to already do as it is, and now he's going to fucking do it. Well, we're always complaining about how he has no prep for these shows anymore, and it's because he's recording 9,000 shows. (laughs) But we are off next week. Do all these shows, man. Where do I find the time? I don't know. Maybe stop doing 4,000 podcasts. I never say that. I never say that I don't have the time. No, you just word it differently. It just (laughs) comes out a lot differently. (laughs) Um, but yeah, so we're off next week, guys, and we'll be back with episode 110, which will be uh, Derek's picks for the Patreon, which is the Southern Comfort film, and we decided to pair it with Deliverance. Yeah. Which is pretty cool. Well, I, I think it should be Deliverance well. first, and then Southern Comfort. Yeah, because it's older. Right? Is it older? Yeah, Deliverance came first. Yeah, we'll do it that way. But, so that'll be 110. Uh, so that'll that'll drop in, in two weeks from when you hear this. Speaking of Patreon, though, we did get a couple more supporters. Uh, you know what's super funny, guys? Check this out. So last episode we mentioned that we were doing um, we're we're putting up a perk that allows somebody to pick one of the four directors for Italian Horror Month, and I posted it the night before the episode aired. Not thinking that anybody would see it, and like just so the happens, new inductee into the Hall of Fuckers fucking bought it. Yeah, Sam so went and seen Sam it before went. the episode even aired. So anybody who was looking for that, uh, unfortunately, it was already claimed by Sam. And 
Uh, Sam did not so let random. us know what he's picking yet, but I also threw in a little bonus there. I gave him two credits as well. And what two credits are is how it works is that a credit counts as, as a movie to pick for somebody to watch. So like a what we watched movie, um, kind of, kind of think this credit thing works well Four credits and you could turn it into a featured review pick instead. So if you want to save your credits, um, but yeah, so Sam, Sam will let us know a little bit closer to Italian Horror Month what we're going to do. Um, I'm hoping he picks Bruno Matai. That's going to be awesome. <clears throat> I, I kind of asked him. I was trying to you know get a little bit of info, and he's like, no. Didn't know. But I'm thinking Bruno Matai. this fucker trying to sway Sam to pick what he wants. <laughs> I didn't he, say anything. Because he's a I, fucking celebrity, so he thinks he has I didn't more say, power. I, didn't say, I did not say pick Bruno Matai or anything. I asked oh, him. Oh, but you just said... said Subtextually, you probably said pick Bruno Patai, but you well, just, I just said who you think. I, who you thinking of? Just want to be a little bitch anything. and not say it. No, that's you can read back through the text. All I asked him was who you who you decide and you know who you kind of leaning towards, and it was like that was it. That was kind of rhyme with Patai. Yeah, you should pick him. <laughs> It'd be fucking fun, man. It'd be so much fun. Uh, um. Yeah, we don't even know what our lineup is besides our just like that, Just like that other guy we have to do, though. We don't even want to watch his movies in the first place, whatever the fuck his name is. What's his name, JP? Gene Roland. Gene Roland, yeah. We don't want to do that asshole either, but we're forced to because of you guys. You guys are super lame. <laughs> That's super lame. You know, you just have to get your way with Bruno Matai, too, you know? That's some <laughs> bullshit. I'm trying to I think got, if I got, I've seen a Bruno Matai film. I don't think I, I got have. Eat- I gotta use my fucking my little keg belly, you know, push some weight around here. Uh, Why not? And why not? I, I, I thought we were doing good films for Italian Horror Month. Well, it depends <laughs> on your definition. Well, I know what your definition of good is. It actually has to be legitimately good because entertainment value doesn't factor into your ratings. So it does. Sorry, it just doesn't. You gotta admit, you gotta admit I don't want to watch a prison rape movie. I'm sorry, Bruno- dude. I watched Ice Sharks over the weekend. And, dude, you cannot sit... Like, I don't care how entertaining you find that movie. It's not good. <laughs> well, I mean, just the name Ice Sharks. I mean, I can tell you right now that that's a CGI piece of shit. I found it entertaining for once. Mm-hmm. I have to be in a really good mood. Really? To watch this. You actually yeah. found a shitty shark film entertaining. Yeah, that actually is blowing to myself right now. I can't, I can't believe you just said that. That's crazy. What's Mark it down. Mark it down. I grew up on these sci-fi originals. Like, the the all the, like cobras and and different you know pythons and stuff like i loved them as a kid you know and i, I <laughs> and, and they're only getting better now with ice sharks yeah ice sharks know? um <laughs> i kept calling it snow sharks but the kid but what about open water too. Three that's that a different film i actually week. own that one <laughs> snow sharks is so yeah. shitty um <laughs> oh yeah we mentioned open water three last week uh on the show um, yeah. but so I wasn't here, so fuck you. Which was very kind of coincidental news, considering Andrew actually ended up reviewing uh, Open Water one and two later on in what we watched. So which is weird. That was random. Lined up like that, yeah. Totally but, random. Uh, so Sam, thank you for your contribution, dude. We no, no, you. no, 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 not thank you, you fucker. No, he's no. in the hall of homies. No, well, I guess we had the first double double dues. Well, They're, I guess that asked for Jerry's. In. Yeah. Fuck you, Jerry. Fuck you, Bruno Matai. Don't (laughs) He's over there subliminally trying to get Bruno Matai picked. What about you, fucking jigsaw? Ah, shit. It might work. You never know. You Uh, never know. And then... Fucking um, put that shit in his head. Also, Andy upped his contribution to uh, $30 for the month of... What would it be? Um... 
August? I think, no, because it comes out on the 1st, so it would be for September, so... Yeah, I get confused on that shit, man, because yeah, everyone keeps weird. asking the same question, like, you know, you donate, like, you know, uh, August 2nd or whatever, or you Patreon, or whatever you want to call it, but then it doesn't take effect until September? Yeah, because it doesn't so, take out the money until the 1st of each month. Okay, but when you do pledge, it's coming, it's actually for August, though, right? Your yeah, money just doesn't come out till the following month? Yes, okay. So, um, I think now, I, I don't know, do you, do you think we should add the commentary option up there? Or you think we should wait a little bit? I'm actually really hoping Somebody to do one, so I, I would want to put it up right now, because I would actually like to do I've never done a commentary, except for, like, when I'm watching films by myself, and I'm just cracking Children jokes. Children of the Corn, too. It's no fun cracking jokes by yourself. Children of the Corn, too. <laughs> no, Jamie, sorry, I'm, I'm sorry. I'm trying to be moved. I'm trying to put subliminal messages. Children of the that's the best one you can come up that's with. That's the one that I want to do. Yeah, oh, dude, like, Children of the really? Corn too. When when the lady goes through the fucking window, that shit would be hell, fucking hilarious. Yeah, right. Oh, They'll yeah. probably what be like Jack Frost too. <laughs> oh no! But I mean, at, le- at least if it's one of those type, I mean, actually, Children of the Corn two would be a fun one because don't you guys actually like legitimately like that film? I do. Where, I where I'm lower on it than like you. Yeah. So okay. But I do realize how dumb it is at times. Like, I pointed yeah. out this thing to Jeremy when he was watching it about, like, the lady that goes out the window, how it, like, physically doesn't make sense for the window to, for her to crash through the window that way. Like, the trajectory yes. is, like, completely, like, a 90-degree shift. Oh, it's uh, totally off. Yeah. <laughs> but, um, so, like, stuff like that would be fun. But, I mean, we can also do good <laughs> movies. I mean, if somebody's like, watch Halloween and do a commentary, like, I can't guarantee it'd be as funny. I but, think doing a semi-bad to, like, bad film would probably be more funny because... Oh, definitely. Or more fun because, you know, you're just, you're pick-pointing, or you're picking everything apart and cracking jokes and shit. I mean, with a serious film, you're like, man, you know, this angle, you know, that was shot really, really well. Fucking Z's across the board right there. Birdemic, man. Somebody <laughs> donate for Birdemic. <laughs> Birdemic. <clears throat> that would probably be a great example of a film that would be fun to do. Because I, I think it's short, too. I did say that I think we should stick to movies that we've covered on the show. Because, therefore, we've seen them. Because, like, I feel like blind commentaries are really hard to... I, I Just from my imagination, obviously, I've never done them. But I feel like they would be really hard to, like do well because you're talking so you can't really pay attention to it that much nah, i um, just want to spew out stupid shit that enters my mind when i'm watching something <laughs> I like actually think- bro i was saying stupid shit all day when we were when i was watching it this afternoon it's like it's just like i just save stupid shit that i think when i'm watching something and, even if it's the first time you know and i think that you would actually i think commentaries actually would suit you well i think that that would i think you would be really funny because you've sent yeah. me like clips of you watching stuff and they are funny. So, um, yeah, that's something that I, I mean, I'm, I want to try it. We've talked about it for a while and what better time to make it a possibility than with, with the launch of the Patreon. So, um, yeah, maybe we'll put that up, put that up and, uh, see how it goes. So, uh, yeah, cool. In the, in those clips was Jeremy sitting next to his uh, mom. <laughs> I, uh, Jeremy, <laughs> <laughs> Wait, I'm confused. You know, because you're always watching movies with your mom, because, you know, your mom and you guys no, are No, I never watch those kind of fucking movies with my mom. <laughs> it's not like I fucking watch movies with my mom at home. I go to my... I never I, fucking... No. No. I couldn't help myself, man. If you're if we were doing a commentary and your mom was sitting there, I'd be just... I'd be razzing the shit out of you the whole time. It'd be ridiculous. Because... <laughs> 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 My mom wouldn't get why I'm calling you a Mexican asshole and why I'm saying fucker all the time. 
Because I'm not like that in real life, but I'm calling everybody fuckheads all the time. <laughs> I don't understand. I don't think she gets what I'm trying to do here. <laughs> uh, like, she, like one time when we were recording. So she would be offended by all the jokes At the end of the episode, then? she came in and she's like, you know you sound like a retard by saying fucker all the time. I was like, you just don't understand. I'm playing a character. No, no, she's right. You yeah. do sound no, you like actually do sound, you, well, you sound more like an asshole, to be honest. But well, I'm sorry I don't know my It's kind of ironic that you're calling Stop, just leave me alone. Just leave me alone. It's not my fault I don't know the ABCs, okay? <laughs> trying to oh get better. Oh, Lord. So true. Yeah, I'm trying to get better. Trying? It's a good thing. It's a good thing. I know. Keep, keep it up, though. Keep it up. X, Y, and Z. We applaud you on that. We applaud you. <laughs> what about your grandma? What about my grandma? Do you watch films with her still? Uh, I haven't been to movies with her in like. What was the last movie I saw with my grandma? Let's see. You always have so many stories about how you and your grandma went to the cinema. Yeah, growing so, up. But when I got older, from age like 15 onwards, I didn't really go with her that Maybe a little bit older. 16 onwards, I really didn't go with her oh, as so much. So you got too cool to hang out with your grandma after 16? No, nothing was coming out. What came out in the. Oh. Between like Jeremy, two- he was too busy banging chicks. Yeah, totally. Yeah, right. I'm such a fucking hot stud. <laughs> I get so much kutang, yeah. It was like, uh, hanging out with your grandma when you turned 16 just wasn't cool anymore with uh, all those. The ladies were fucking all, all over my kosher wiener, you know? <laughs> but who would have known? I got, I'm getting a lot of thumb action with cool duders, so I'm getting, I'm getting some of the action with the ladies now. Well, that counts. That counts. That's a stud right there. Or it's a stud in him. (laughs) 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 Ew. Gross. Fucking assholes. (laughs) (laughs) Waiting for that to come up. All right. Yeah. (laughs) We got more Patreon stuff? No, that's that's it. I just wanted to... Oh, that was it? I don't want to make it an every week thing, but if somebody donates, we're obviously going to shout them out. Well, didn't a few more people... It was Sam and... uh, Sam and... Andy. Um, oh, one thing though, I forgot about this. Um, we mentioned it last week. I launched it this week, but the NFL Pick'em is back for its fourth year. Almost been around as long as we've done the show, I think. Um, which is really cool because I think it's one of the funnest things that we do. And I really think that's what separates us from a lot of other group pages is we get so much involvement with the community. We do the Secret Santa things and like, and, and and I I love that I love that about our group. But if you've never joined the the Facebook group, because I know for a fact there are listeners that haven't, uh, you know it is a closed group, so you can post in there, and none of your real life friends will know that you're doing that, or you know. Yeah, you can hide that shit, man. Yeah, you know, because you have to be ashamed about posting in a hard group, in um, a private, you know. But Jeremy, what's the group? Twenty two shots of moods and horror. So okay. Facebook dot com search bar. Funny G-Shots of Moods and Horror. Look us up, or... and one of me or JP will accept your request, because Jeremy's no longer a moderator. Nope, haven't been a moderator for a <laughs> long time. Can we get time. that fucker out of there, man? Can we, get because... a Patreon, can we get a Patreon donation to make Jeremy a moderator? Yeah, because if we all know if I was a moderator, I would abuse my power again, and fucking Mr. Adrian would have got kicked out last week, and I would have got in a lot of trouble. So you're lucky I'm not a moderator, because I would have kicked that mofo out. So, uh, facebook.com slash group slash 22 shots podcast. Join if you want. We're going to keep the NFL pool open for a couple more weeks, I think. And then, and hmm. then it'll be locked in and, and loaded. Uh, I think we're in the twenties of people. Uh, Jeremy still hasn't signed up for some reason. Because you haven't sent me the email, bro. I did. 
Didn't get it. I think you're having issues with that or something, man, because I actually didn't get it the first time either. Okay, I'll have to resend. Send but it. I am the Jewish Mayor Shankelfels, number one this year, even though I came in last last year. But I'm going to climb to the top. Dude, we have a lot of people, actually, man. I think there's, like, almost close to 30 now that have nice. signed up. I wanted, I was hoping for 30 this year, because we did 26 last year. And that's, so, Jeremy, get your ass in gear. Fucking Jesus. That's that's a crazy a lot. That's, like, $600. I'm sorry, Mr. Dickwad. I'm kind of fucking marrying a fucking city, okay? So, basically, is a fuck a, about Shankletown, man. is a very hard place to govern. I have to deal with a lot of guys who love Mariah Carey as well as Shankle, okay? <laughs> right, Jerry. Yeah, that, I mean, that you is... You know, a, JPR lives down right, on Shankle Street with Shankle, and he fucking has his giant blue lights under his TV that blinds everybody who drives by, all right? <laughs> okay. And look at this fucking JP asshole now has blue lights under his TV like a fucking... It's mofo. not always blue. I could change I'm it. sorry, but how many beers have you had during the show, Jeremy? Because you just sound very exploitive tonight. Oh. Like, he had one. <laughs> Jack you- up. Did you Jack crack up. the second one and sniff the bottle cap or something? Because you're acting outrageous tonight. Yeah. You're just, jacked you seem up. a little hyped up from all the IPA action you've been drinking. So I'm jacked up. <laughs> Sounds like it, man. He does. He, he's getting more vulgar than usual tonight. You're way up here. We need you down a little bit here. No. <laughs> oh, no. Bring it down. Bring it. It's not that hard of a job doing the Shankletown, man. Come on. Yeah. I mean, so, none of those guys fight back. I mean, come on. Uh, the, the entry right. fee is $20. Um, you don't pay it till the end. Last year, every, I think everybody paid. I'm pretty sure, but I never got a final confirmation from the third place guy if his last one came in. One of them was Jeremy, of course, that la- one of the last guys to pay. Every year, mysteriously, <laughs> all his packages always get lost in the fucking mail. <laughs> no, I just didn't it's send amazing it how it's just you, Jeremy. The Jew. I sent it to him, though. I right. gave him his gift card. So, yeah, yeah uh, uh, basically, $20 entry free fee will do uh, first, second, and third place. First, obviously, gets the most percentage of the winning, second, second most, and third. Um, I think last year, I think third got around $80, or, yeah, $80, which is pretty good, you know what I mean? And Neil, uh, who won last year, we have, we've had a different winner every year. Uh, Fuck you, Neil. He, he, he made out, man. He got a lot of stuff, so... Um, you know when he's buying a like forty dollar code red that that he he had money to spare, um, but yeah. So if you want to join, you know, I, I please please ask you guys if if you want to join, the best way to do it, dude, just put a dollar or two dollars in a cup every week, and then you'll have the money. Don't be one of the guys who who doesn't pay. That's only that happened two years ago with with one guy, and then and then uh a year before that with another guy i think um and it's just not a good look man it's it's 20 bucks like if you agree to it just do it you know what i mean it's not it doesn't even hurt that much to to give away 20 dollars when you have the potential of winning like 400 you know what i mean the um, odd thing though the the second time that happened that dude came through like two years later yeah Big shout out to to the guy who who that who did that. Um, that's very stand up to to make things right, you know. And um, I will say that uh, it, it if it's a, and it's a regular NFL pick them. You just pick pick who you think's gonna win. Um, I mean, like M- Matt Cantor joins every year. He's been in all of them with us. One of the, one of a few people that's been in all of them. And he never comes close to breaking the halfway point, yet he still plays. He has faith, mm-hmm. <laughs> which I love. You know, got to give him props. And, but. of course, I always came in second or third. 
the first four, two, three that we two, did. Two. But now last year I come in last when that fucking third place gets prizes. What yeah. a bunch of shit yeah. that is. I have not done good yet. Like, I haven't done good in all three years that we've done it. Um, the What's funny is the first year, or the second Jeremy, year, we I both would have got prizes. Week one. I know. Yeah. We both would have got prizes the one year if we had to play the first, second, third. Oh, <laughs> Fuck, yeah. that sucks. I think we only had like twelve people back then too, though. Yeah. So the the competition is definitely a little more fierce. But I'm I, every year I think I'm gonna win. So I mean I'm, I'm I just I was picking a lot better. I found last year to be the hardest, and I that it seems to be the consensus all over year. the place. It was hard, man. It was like yeah. you did not know how to fucking pick last year, man. It was oh. So fucking frustrating, dude. Yeah. So well, we all know the Bears is going to lose every game, so we get all. Well, I'm, pro- I'm most likely going to be picking against Pittsburgh in every game after Roethlisberger goes down. In the I don't first know, spot man. Our wide play. receiving core is coming up, dude. <laughs> I, w- I, I I don't know, man. Um, <clears throat> so we'll see, we'll see. Uh, Pittsburgh's actually, you know, from from a lot of the journalists and stuff, kind of favored to to not only win the AFC North but to be like one or two seed. You know what? The Patriots there, obviously, they'll probably be. I can't one. believe that they're that heavily favored, though, man. Considering how fragile Roethlisberger is right now, I mean, if they lose him, you have to, you have to would. I mean, you would have to go with the yeah. fact they're probably you not going to get Jay without him. <laughs> yeah, well, you have to pick up Cutler. It's yeah, not exactly. Even only Roethlisberger, but like Le'Veon Bell has not finished it. He's the best rece- He's the best running back in in the league, arguably. Yet he's not finished the season in all of his seasons. Yeah, um, I know. He's Injuries did a whole season. So, um, yeah. well, I mean, we'll see. Like, I don't want to talk to. I know some people like can't stand football. So, so sorry, guys. Just uh, bear with us. But we, we we won't talk about it every week. But you know, it's something that we love. So we we do, and it is part of the group that we do. So you know, we we got to shout it out every once in a while. But yeah, Hails uh, to the you. Join if you want. Um, there's still a few open spots. All you got to do is send um, me a PM on Facebook with your email, and then I'll invite you via email. If you don't get it, message me again. Keep bugging, bugging me until you get it. And um, the last thing on that on the NFL pool right now, we're sitting, you know, like I said, close to thirty. This year's prize is going to be ridiculous for first place. So I don't know how you couldn't join if you're a football fan. Sign oh, up, especially if you're like you said, fan. it's it's gonna it's gonna be bigger than last year. And I know, like you said, I don't know how much you got, but it was ridiculous. Yeah, it was it's, ridiculous. It's super so. easy too now that we do it without me doing all the math. Where you just yeah. uh, you we just don't sign want JP up doing math. The, you just sign up for the uh, it's yeah, like listen, doing listen to our October show on <laughs> Saw if you want to hear me do math. Yeah, because you uh, can't do a half minus a half. Um, but yeah, well, half plus a half. Half uh, plus. You're a dumb half. as fuck too. But, no, fuck you. Yeah, it's super easy. Uh, basically, every week you'll get a reminder, hey, you got to get your picks in uh, the day before the first game, which is the Thursday night game. And then you just click who you think is going to win. That's it. No no spread or anything like that. And uh, it, it lasts the whole season. So it's a... Uh it's a fun time. I, I'm I'm super pumped for football, guys. Like I, I think I think my, I'm calling it now. My team's gonna go twelve and four. What do you guys feel for your team? Two and twelve or two and fourteen. Two and fourteen. Ooh, man! That's, you think the Bears are gonna be that how bad? How's the Bills year? looking, man? Uh, the Bills are looking pretty good, actually. They gonna make a playoff um, run this year? Man, I'm thinking. <laughs> I'm hoping for a ten and six. If we can get a ten and six this year, and hopefully slide into the wild card and stuff i mean fuck we still got to deal with the patriots which sucks dick because hey, we got to play him i don't think too. brady i don't think brady is going anywhere we got to play him a couple listen times. one of these it days sucks. he's gonna walk on that field and look old one of these days i swear to god yeah. or he's gonna get killed i'll, I'll <laughs> yeah, take either so one drastic. i'll take either one <laughs> yeah i don't yeah all right okay <laughs> on that fuck note. brady two and 14 man mark my that, word that's ridiculous i'm gonna say really? the bears win four games 
You think they're going to win four games? Who's their quarterback? Mm. I would have to take a look at their schedule. The guy, from, the guy from Tampa Bay. Um, Tannehill? Is it Tannehill? I don't know his fucking name. Shows you how much I I've think that guy paying. from Tampa Bay is all right. Better than Cutler. I'm yeah, going to miss all the, the Cutler Dolphins, memes, though. The Dolphins might sign Cutler. Sweet. There you go. Oh, it's yeah, put them easy in the divisions. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> all right, man. Let's hey, man, it. we have Sanchez, all right? Nobody could throw more picks than him, so I think we're all right. Yeah, fucking Sanchez, man. Oof. Brutal shit. We got some news? It has been established that persons who have recently died have been returning to life. Death in Poland, America. The tragedy of Macabre proportions. I can honestly tell you that I have never seen anything as shocking as what was discovered earlier today in the sleeping of the yeah, not much, but we do have some. This one comes courtesy of Jeremy uh, from a site called iHorror. Apparently, I didn't even read this. Uh, apparently, uh, there was like an interview or something uh, with the director of It. Who is the director of It? Do you guys know? Some new guy. I can't remember. Yeah. Um, oh, Andy Machetti. Machetti. Machetti? Machetti. Man, you sound like me now. I'm the, I, I'll tell you. I'll, man, I will tell this, you. Uh, I am not, I'm not good at uh, pronouncing names. Uh, I find but, that names in film are so insanely hard to pronounce sometimes. You know, like, like sports figures, it seems like I can always get their names right, and then Anybody to do with the movie industry? Why are their names so fucking hard to pronounce? I can't yeah. even pronounce pronounce. Jesus Christ. Fucking ridiculous, man. Continue. Uh, continue. Let's right, move on. So th- this, is the, this is what they're <laughs> saying. Um, basically, that uh, the producer and um, it's actually his sibling um, and his and the producer and the director are siblings um, of it. Uh, basically w- are anxious to get a hold of another be- beloved Stephen King masterpiece for their next film project, a Pet Cemetery remake, um, which has been talked about for a little bit, and we haven't seen it. Um, but if if it does well, I, I mean, I, it definitely wouldn't surprise me to see them you know, go that route. Um, he says, we're huge fans of Pet Cemetery. If we can get our hands on that and do Pet Cemetery, we want to do that. Uh, uh, it will be something one day, maybe. Um, so it's gonna do fucking amazing. Yeah, so. it's gonna do well for sure. I mean, there's a lot of hype for it, but and man, it's I, fucking long. You, what, dude, you guys, dude, I, did you guys there, read the running time of that mofo? Yeah, what is it like yep. two two twenty two twenty? Yeah, that's good, man. It needs that's to be. like yeah. the shining running time right there. I know it's crazy. It's long. <laughs> Um, but yeah, man, I mean, they, they, the, the only thing I'm having problems with it, man, is like, you cannot avoid clips and photos and like, it is just everywhere. Like there's news articles, like, uh, the it international trailer, uh, has footage not shown in the U S version. And then they take that footage and they make, they show you that. And I'm just like, dude, like everybody's going to see this movie before they see this movie. (laughs) It's just I've, av- too much. I've done a pretty good job, man. I've avoided everything, like everything. I did. I saw one trailer, 
and patting myself on the back right yeah, now. It's it's yeah. hard to avoid everything, but I know Jeremy's not. On I don't board go to the with news us yet. And scroll by on in Facebook. I don't give a fuck. I'm just like, nope, gonna see it raw. Well, I read everything, so yeah. Um, and you, yeah, this guy's this guy's something else with uh with his readings of things. What did you tell me the other day? And I was like, I forget what I said. What? Uh, well, I get bored. You said, you so said something just, in the chat, and I was like, Yeah, when I see shit on Facebook, I just click on it. It was with the Dark Tower. Dark Tower, in my opinion, is going to be the new Alien Three. Oh uh, yeah, 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 yeah. That's what I said. Oh, because um, it was plagued with production problems. Yeah. yeah, yeah, that happens a lot now, though. I mentioned that it happened with World War Z. Yeah, but this one seems to be way more talked about than that movie. I don't even remember reading anything of people talking about problems with that. So one of the Resident Evils had that problem, too. Oh, yeah? Yeah, I think. Uh, so, um, after that, we have uh, a n- news for Shudder, which is uh, they've picked up a six-part thriller, The Valley, which is... Um, Basically, it, uh, it was a it was a one hour drama like miniseries or, or, I guess like first season of a series. I don't I don't really know. Uh, for TNT in Germany, so uh, <laughs> that's coming to Shutter. But uh, it's not really Germany. No, it's Deutschland. Deutschland. Oh, Dawson Scheiser, y'all. Your German accent. It's amazing. Is <laughs> I just think of South Park every time he fucking does it. I just think <laughs> of Necromantic. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Cartman's mom, it says, Cartman, your mom, that looks like your mom. It is my mom. <laughs> or Shystra. Yeah. Uh, after that, it was uh, announced that what, um, Mill Creek, I believe, is releasing a Blu-ray of Night of the Living Dead, which is, I believe, the yep. first North American yep. Blu-ray of that movie, which is insane. Um, because you see, it's so weird because you see so many public domain like DVD versions of it. Um, but the thing that people often forget is to make an HD version, you have to own the negative or whatever they make the HD version out of. You can't just take a print of it or like a DVD and like upscale it. That's bullshit. Um, so I, from what I understood, Dimension owned that. Which I know I think Mill Creek has worked with Dimension in the past, but I'm not sure. Um, but maybe somebody else owned it now. I don't know. So that's probably why it took so long to get a Blu-ray is because you have to have the elements to do the transfer with. Just because yeah, it's public domain doesn't mean everybody has access to that. The nice thing about this Mill Creek release, too, is probably going to be like 14 bucks for the Blu-ray. Cheaper than yeah. that, I bet. Yeah. They've had I some good prices kind of... on shit recently, man. It's crazy. I got Pulse for $3.27. Yeah, yeah, it's still like 12 bucks here. I'm like, what the fuck? Isn't it crazy that Mill Creek's kind of stepping up their game a little bit? Like, they did that. They're doing a Flatliner still book. Yeah, I saw that. No, it, it seems like it's out of left field, too. They, they were kind of like, you know, he's dropping that kind of semi-whatever shit. Dude, their releases, are like, like, their, their releases are so off. Like, I have the Married with Children box set, obviously, for that show that I do. And the set, it's like one of the worst box sets ever. Is that the one where they're all stacked in the middle? No, it's like they're in cardboard sleeves. It's not even a box. It's like just two ends of a thing that you stick together. Man, I did it's a video like, 
years and years ago, probably like right when I first started doing YouTube, and it was I did a video on the Married to Children box set, and it was literally like the discs. It's something like thirty-five discs or some shit, and they're just stacked on top of each other in the middle of it. Wow, you should be on like, the Married with Children podcast. It's fucking crazy. I was like, what the fuck is <laughs> in this thing? They're not even in sleeves. I, I guess this is like pre-fucking sleeves or whatever that they do now, right? But it, it's, you know, like when you buy a blank tower of CDs or, or uh, yeah, DVDs. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's like that. I was like, what the fuck? That's crazy. How could you ever... And they get scratched and shit like that. Oh, 100%, man. That's that's bullshit, man. Bullshit. So after yeah. that, we have um, a little bit... Of, this is This was, to me, a little surprising, honestly. Uh, one of the more championed releases this year so far has got to be the Paul Nashie collection. And, and people, like, I was really happy to see people embrace this. Like, even people, because I don't know much about Paul Nashie. I think I've only seen, like, one or two of his movies. Um, and I and I really hadn't heard of him a whole bunch for being a huge horror fan. I know that's kind of weird, but um, I feel like definitely the mainstream doesn't know who he is. But even, like, regular, like, casual, like, you know, collectors were, like, picking it up and, like, loving it and stuff. The first Paul Nashie collection by Scream Factory. So I thought that was cool. Besides and, Sack. <laughs> There's been a lot of good uh, releases this year, but yeah, um, that Paul Nashie set's my favorite of the year, hands down. Like, and I didn't even. I've, I've been waiting yet. for those films. I've been waiting for those films. Some of those titles to come out on Blu-ray for so long because, you know, they were long out of print and shit like that, and just really hard to find. But to get, you know, Blu-ray translated, oh, amazing, amazing. And now, you know, being all stoked on that when they fucking announced Volume Two. Yeah, that I'm was the like, news. <laughs> Um, yeah, so they, I, Stealing really, the sur- really yeah. surprising. Yeah, you did <laughs> really surprising. <laughs> I didn't spe- expect like a quick turnaround like that. Um, but yeah, so they, they announced... because it's been selling so good. Yeah. I think a lot of people are picking that shit up, man. So, um, yeah, it's nice to see all these Nashi films getting the, the treatment that they deserve. That's really, really fucking awesome, man. HD love. So, yeah, uh, dude, it's, they look good too, man. Like the transfers on them are really damn good. I watched the whole box set, and I was really impressed. So, But if you haven't picked it up, man, pick it up. I got to say, though, the artwork on the second one doesn't look as good as the first one. I think Nashi kind of looks goofy on it. He <laughs> looks like he's from, like, the 1700s. Yeah, it looks funny, actually. I don't know what it is. I mean, yeah, I don't know. I mean, a lot of those films are from the 70s. You know, kind yeah, of thing. actually, I guess all five up. of the films in the second collection... Are from the seventies. You have the Hunchback of the Morgue from nineteen seventy three, Devils Holy. Possessed from nineteen seventy four, and then you have three films from nineteen seventy five: The Werewolf and the Yeti, Exorcism, and Dragonfly for each corpse. Yeah, the Werewolf and the Yeti. Finally, Werewolf and the Yeti finally getting released. It's one of the last video nasties that I actually need for my collection. Really? And yeah, dude. I don't, there's only three more that I need from list one and two and all three of those films don't have releases and werewolf and the eddie was another one that didn't have a release before so this is the first time it's been released so That's that was cool. pretty awesome. i've always wanted to collect all the nasties but it's like so ridiculously hard yeah yeah so, <clears throat> so i think the werewolf and the eddie was the big selling point on this when everyone's like finally finally getting released super excited so that was good though man i i only had one film in the in the second volume which was exorcism so really really stoked on this yeah. Hopefully they don't jack the shit out of the price on this one. Yeah. Yeah, that's like the... Or, or, or the packaging, as Zach says. There's nothing wrong with the packaging. I don't understand the deal. Like, I mean... What's Screen wrong Factory, with the packaging? All their packaging... I don't know. All, Zach all their has some problem Vincent, with the packaging. All three of the Vincent Price sets, the Human Centipede trilogy, and the um, 
Larry Fessenden set and the Nashi set. They're all the same. It's just it's like one of those thick cases, you know. They're all the same. They look fine. They feel fine. Packaging's fine, Zach. Fuck yourself. Um, but yeah, that, I mean, that's <laughs> that that's kind of it for the news, guys. Like, I didn't see a whole lot this week. Um, I've I haven't been I haven't had my ear close to the ground as much as I normally do when prepping for a show either. Normally I'll just as I see it I just bookmark stuff, but I just felt like I didn't see that much this this uh this show. And but I don't know, like there's I'm like getting really excited for some films. Like I I seen this movie I've seen stills from it. And it actually looks really cool. Um I don't know when it comes out though. And the movie is called like My Friend Dahmer or something like that. And yeah, it's like yeah. exploring that was... the teenage years of, of, of Dahmer. Like it like just from the stills, like it looks really cool. Like I want uh, this I know is somebody a film who right worked up. on that. Oh yeah? Yeah. Yeah. Somebody from cool. somebody I went to film school with uh, it was made in LA, but I just know somebody who I think either worked in the production company or something like that. But it looks cool. Yeah, yeah, I'm I'm down to see that. Because, like one of my favorite movies from recent memory that I had seen. It's an older movie, but we covered it on the 2002 show. And it was Dahmer, and I fell in love with that movie. Like, it's... I, honestly, it probably should have even been, like, higher on my list, because I liked it so much, like, I still think about it. But, yeah, I, I, I like... I think Jeffrey Dahmer is, like, super interesting, so probably my favorite serial killer in terms of interest goes. Uh, So, yeah, I mean, I, I don't know why I brought that up. It's not news. I'm it's a Gacy. Like, I'm a Gacy guy. Yeah. Well, that completely makes sense. Yeah. Why? Because I look like a child. No. What's that? You're from Chicago. Because I look like a child. Well, I guess that too. I mean, it was all like boy on boy action and stuff, but you know, we'll oh. leave it at that. <clears throat> I also got invited to a press screening that I can't go to because I don't live in LA for the new Chainsaw movie that they're doing in August, actually. So expect reviews to come out for that pretty soon. I mean, um, you're not going to go fly that nice. day. No, unfortunately. <laughs> kind of pussy. Um, so yeah, that's the news, guys. Didn't Intervision Moods release a Jeffrey Dahmer movie? Yeah, um, like the Secret, Secret Light of Jeffrey Dahmer. Yeah, it's good. Is that man. any good? Yeah, it actually is really good. We should do a Dahmer show. Yeah, yeah. There's some pretty good adaptations, man. To be honest, mm-hmm. I like that one. It's low budget, but it's actually the guy that plays Dahmer, and it does a really good job. It's convincing. So, all right. So, done with the news. Let's get into mood swings here. Uh, the DVD and Blu-ray releases for August fifteenth. Uh, starting off here, we've got the standard release, which is just the version without the slipcover of One Dark Night, released by Code Red. Um, it, it's weird though, man. It says it's already out. Like you can order it in on Amazon.ca, but it in the states it's still saying pre-order to August fifteenth. I don't know what's up with that. Um, but yeah, One Dark Night finally coming out on the standard issue which is <laughs> which is without the slip slip covers nothing else different about it i don't i don't think so so uh next up here we've got uh pretty much my favorite movie of the year uh with alien covenant um <laughs> coming on a blu-ray and uh and 4k that shit's already coming out for pretentious assholes like jeremy so you got to go pick up alien don't call me no pretentious asshole until you fucking watch 4k all right man (laughs) i know terminator 2 is gonna look fucking amazing in 4k this is the kind of movie that i think they're gonna do a really good job with it so i'm excited to see that but don't fucking knock 4k dude you are gonna fall off your seat there with all that cum in your pants jesus christ 
don't be fucking me. JP's gonna buy one soon too, so fuck off. <laughs> Goddamn hipsters. Yeah, fuck. man. 4K but yeah, is it, awesome. But yeah, Alien Covenant's already coming out. Blu-ray 4K. Yeah, Prometheus is supposed to come out soon too. And uh, yeah, so Alien Covenant, man. Ugh, whatever. Um, then we've got another re-release of Stephen King's Pet Cemetery with the worst cover yeah, art. It's really bad. <laughs> what? So this is just a standard Blu-ray release. I don't get it. Why it's being re-released? Like because it was out of print, the first one. Did it really go out of print? Yeah. Oh shit! I didn't even know. Okay, that that explains why. So it's got some pretty bad artwork. So if you want to pick up that re-release, feel what free to do so. Pet Cemetery. Pet Cemetery. You never fucking listening or what? What are you doing over there? Uh, we got I got a message from somebody asking about something with the show. I was just responding to him. Okay. All right. So next up here, we've got the Blu-ray release of the Scare House. Now this is a film that came out in 2014, I believe, and it's just making its way to Blu-ray. I'm not too sure why it never got a Blu-ray release originally when it came out, but for the people that are familiar with that film, it's not bad. It's not bad. I know a lot of people like it a little more than I did, but you know, it's a decent film. But it's coming to Blu-ray for all those Bluetubers out there. Uh, Jeremy, next up. We've got the 4K release of Prometheus. Nice. Bringing itself. I mean, that's one of the best-looking Blu-rays out there, so I'm curious to see how the 4K does. Yeah, yeah, I mean... I think it was shot in 4K. I was going to say, wasn't it shot in 4K? I mean, and obviously down. I mean, really, I mean, you'll probably notice a little bit of a difference, but yeah, I do agree the Blu-ray does look amazing. Yeah, Prometheus it does look pretty damn good. So, but yeah, are you gonna grab that? You grabbing that for sure? We'll see. Once I read the reviews and I see if there's a bigger that big of a difference, you know, I'll think about it. You gonna grab Alien Covenant? <laughs> <laughs> if it's on sale on Black Friday, I may grab it just <laughs> so I have it. Has there been any sales on those 4K discs? Oh yeah. Really? They're 14.99 all the time. Damn, that's pretty good. That's pretty yeah. cheap, man. Uh, so next for John Wick too, though, fucking go on sale. Yeah, that one's still a little bit pricey. Still twenty five. Yeah, this one kind of looks more of a thriller. I think it more or less is a thriller. It says an intelligent, gripping crime thriller. Uh, it's called Bluebird. Um, looks like an Asian film. Don't really know much about it. It's Korean to be exact, so it probably is pretty good. Those Koreans make some pretty damn good thrillers and. Actually, Koreans make good films in general. I agree with uh, that. Yeah, and they, they make just, good food. And they make good food. I actually Korean chicken the other night. It was awesome. We went so, for Korean food when you were here. Fucking love yeah. Korean. Would it have been Korean. bad for me to make a dog joke there? <laughs> Those <laughs> are the Chinese, you fucking Those are the Chinese. Wrong, wrong culture. Wrong culture. I thought, that, I thought people ate dog in the Korean War. Oh, dude. That's fucking Chinese. Mm. All right, if you say so. I don't say so. I know so. Just like his ABCs. Yeah. <laughs> he knows so. Motherfucker. And that is going to do it for the releases, man. I don't know what's going on this week, but there's like fuck all coming out. It's crazy. I oh, guess previous Don't torture oh, ducklings coming out. I thought it's coming out. I got the there's 15th only... here, but I don't. You might be right. I thought it was coming out last week. I haven't got a copy. Though. Good. You don't deserve it anyway. Yeah, I'm just not 100% like, sure. Just like that box set, you fucker. 
Yeah, yeah. I'm not too sure about Dora. It might have I got mean, pushed could... back. I finally That's got Reanimator in. <clears throat> Did you really? I yeah. still haven't got mine. <clears throat> this fucking mofo. Stupid. All right, oh, so well. that's the releases, I guess. Yeah, so man, the release like there's fucking Hitler's nothing. Last train. What the fuck is that? There's a little bit more coming out the week after, but nothing too overly that great. But what the fuck is uh, Hitler's Last Train moods? Don't know. What kind of name is that? I have no idea what that is. <laughs> release of the week, man. Really, like this is how do you? What do you do here? <laughs> what do you do? I just don't feel right picking a 4K title. Just like Especially hipster bullshit. Alien. Prometheus, Alien Covenant. Oh, Prometheus on 4K? She yeah, is. I don't see that shit either. Prometheus is coming to 4K. Same day as Alien Covenant, man. They're planning that shit. Planning that shit. Um, well, I mean, for, I mean, let's face it. I mean, a lot of people haven't really caught on to the whole 4K thing. It seems like more people... That are in our collectors and stuff. Yeah, I mean, I mean, people are starting to jump on the 4K stuff. So, but I still think people are more into the DVDs and Blu-rays as we speak, as of right now. Well, so, with it, that, it's definitely not like caught on. Like, it's it's no. j- Jeremy said something one time, and I was like, no, no, they're making a push. That's what they're doing. It's a push. For yeah, I mean, every time I go into buy a fucking right. movie, the 4Ks are always, always fucking sold out. Yeah, so but you, but somebody it's, are buying. It's them. a put. Uh, not over here. None of them are selling here. Well, to be honest, Jeremy, they're only bringing in a few copies of them too. I mean, are you go, are you showing up at these places and they have like a hundred copies of no fucking John Wick too? Exactly. Yeah. All right, so but, I mean, I see people with them every once in a while, um, but yeah, I mean, it's a, it's definitely a push, but we can't say that it's caught on. Because it's, the, the studios are just pushing them now. They weren't before. Um, I am possibly looking into getting a 4K TV this year. I feel bad because the last TV I bought is only like two years old at this point. Um, <clears throat> but it was an upgrade from like a 19 inch. You know? <laughs> so, That's uh, an upgrade. <laughs> yeah. Um, but I have my. You guys have seen my shelves. It's designed a specific way now, so I can't get a TV bigger than the design that I have because I have the TV in between the two DVD shelves. But yeah. I feel like it, I don't need anything bigger than that anyway. I think it's like a 40-something inch. Hmm. Nice. Yeah, nice. we'll see. I might do it. I don't know. I have to look on prices, see, see what they're going for. They're going to be dirt cheap on Black Friday, bro. I feel like most of the brands that are on Black Friday, though, are, like, shit that I don't trust, like, mm-hmm. some Kijijo animal. Toshiba. <laughs> well, you get the TV, then you gotta get the fucking player, too, so. Oh, he has an Xbox, bro. Does oh, it play? Yeah, Xbox, no Xbox I One. I got a PS4, too. Does that play? No, only Xbox. Oh. <laughs> Damn. Um, but, yeah, so, uh... I, I, we'll see how this 4K thing goes. I want to check out TVs. Like, I'm a Vizio guy, usually. Like, i kind of been hanging with Vizio for a few my last, like, four TVs. Um, what do you got, Jeremy? I got an LG. LG. What do you, I'm what usually, do you got, I, I've got three Samsungs. I've been, I've, all the TVs I've bought in, like, the last ten years have been all Samsungs. Yeah, I'm usually loil to Samsung, but... Samsung's a good brand, too. I'm with LG this yeah. time around. But I haven't so had LG any mate. problems with my Vizios that I've had, either, so... Oh my god, of course. You can't go wrong with... LGs are good TVs, man. My my dad has like a fucking... What is it? Like a 74, 76-inch fucking 4K. It's retarded. It's so big. 
and it's good. It's good. It's it's huge. <laughs> it's like the biggest TV I've ever seen, man. It's crazy. But um, yeah, man, pick of the week here. This is gonna be odd because, like I said, I mean, picking a 4K it seems a little bit odd for myself at this moment in time. So I guess the only way to go with this is probably One Dark Night. It's a fun film, and it's. I mean, the reason why I'm going to say this, too, because now it's readily available, the the DVD released by Shriek Show that came out a few years ago, long out of print. And this was one of those sought-out titles that everybody was kind of waiting for to talk or to come out and stuff. So when the fine people over at Code Red announced this, everyone was pretty excited that it was coming out. I will say it's a really weird movie. It's a very, very strange film. It doesn't really kind of get going until about last 25 minutes. Um, there's a lot of story and a lot of strange things that are happening, but I do recommend. It's pretty fun. It's got some nice aesthetics in the end of the film. But One Dark Night pick of the week release of the week whatever <laughs> every fucking time but let's get into that box office brawl jeremy do you have everything ready to go yeah so we're gonna talk about baby baby who did, who 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 was responsible for that nonsense <laughs> you motherfucker i was all ready to go and you just fucked me up the bump <laughs> you motherfucker uh... fucking no good Mexican bitch. There and gave and got you back. <laughs> okay, so we did yeah. mention box office brawl last show. Jeremy wasn't here, so you can kind of recap that a little bit. Yeah. So last week we were betting on Atomic Blonde. Well, me and Moods were, which is one million apart. One million. One, apart. one million apart. Atomic Blonde came in at eighteen million two hundred eighty six thousand four hundred and twenty dollars and i said twenty million and mood said nineteen you said twenty two and mood said twenty one okay copy that so moods wins because he's a million closer than me so what's the score between you two yeah plus one he's so it's one to it's two to one then i'm not sure i I can't remember man I thought you were writing this shit down. I, I'm writing me segment. versus Jeremy and me versus you, but I didn't write you versus him down. Yeah, but this is the first bet. Oh, this I is the first bet. So he's one. So it's one nothing then. Correct. All right. Cool. All right. So oh, yeah, it is. <clears throat> yeah. So it 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 was. A, I mean, that was a f- pretty close estimate, no matter what. I mean, I thought it was going to do better because it's the fucking director John Wick, and that movie is really popular so i thought it would have done better than what it did mm-hmm. and it has the ladies making out in the trailer so i thought that would have got all the guys into the seats but it did it that's okay that's still a pretty okay number yeah i'd be happy with that if i was the studios for that kind of movie it's pretty decent so uh this week we are recording the show on saturday which is really weird for us uh so we don't know the results to Dark Tower. Are, are Friday's numbers out yet? Yeah, it made below expectations at a total of 7.725 million. So the, the viewing estimated estimated box office for Dark Tower is 19 million. Yeah, so Jeremy's probably going to win that one. I told you it wasn't going to do that good, bro. <laughs> well, you yeah, right. You said 32 million. <laughs> That's pretty yeah, good. You said it was like a toss-up, man. It was a toss-up. No, no, I I I said 38 and Mood said 42. I think the fucking bad press actually killed this one, man. I had a hunch it was going to do bad, bro. Yeah, I don't know, man. It it definitely did. I thought my, my main thing that I was focusing on 
was the fans of the book. Like, I thought that no matter what, if it's good or bad or what, like, the people... Because it's such a huge franchise in, in the book world, I figured that people would at least check out the movie. Um, but I guess I was wrong on that one. I don't know if... I guess... Is it... Do you think it was the bad high, the bad uh, press? Mm. I feel like casual viewers don't pay attention to stuff like that. That shit... But is casual, casual viewers going to see The Dark Tower... I don't think so. Casual viewers who are big fans of the book. Yeah, but if they're big fans of the book, they're probably paying attention to what people it's are possible. saying about it's it. Possible. That's what I'm, that's what I was. Thinking. I still don't think that. Like to me, the my argument against that is like, if I'm a big fan of something, I don't care what the press is. If I'm that big of a fan of the book, like I still want to see what the movie's like. You know what I mean? Yeah, but everybody doesn't think logically like that. You know? Yeah. And like if you're interested in something, you generally just go see it regardless of hype yeah. or talk or reviews or whatever. That's fair. Yeah, but some people are just very odd like that. Like you get these total elitists and stuff. You know, when it comes to books, and they're like, "Fuck, I'm not going to check that shit out." Because I think with the storyline in the film too is a little bit different than the book, right? So that might have been off-putting to those those people that are very loyal to the book franchise. I don't know. It yeah, could have been a so, competition, um, so we don't know for sure yet, but it's not looking good from from. Well, I will come away with a point because I I yeah, bet I, moods I and Jeremy. One. So Jeremy's probably going to tie it up with moods at one to one, and I'm going to go two to one versus moods, and uh, I'm going to lose a point to Jeremy. So it'll be three to two on on him, me versus Jeremy, if everything plans out the way that that we uh, it's projected. Um, so I didn't do too bad. Moods, you dropped the ball on this week. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but I, like I said, I think it was a coin toss. So, man, I think, you know, I, I, I'm I'm leaning towards all the shitty negative I think, I think publicity you- this film's been getting, man. Like, I mean, I mean, even comparing it to Alien 3, that alone says right there, don't go see it. Yeah. <laughs> you know, because I think there's just a lot of people that won't go see it based on that that knowledge, right? So... Ah man, I think I think it killed it, dude. I think it killed it. But that's the way it goes. What are we doing guess, this week? I'm curious to see what happens with the TV series now that this bombs so bad. I bet I they say it doesn't happen. I bet yeah. you they cancel it. Yep. Very curious. I think that's why you went about it all wrong, dude. They should have did exactly what the book series was with like Twilight and and all that shit. Follow the first book, make the first. I movie. agree. I don't I don't know why I don't know why they went this route where it's like I have never read the books. I did see this movie, so I will talk about it later. Um but I don't know how different it is from the books, but I imagine like quite a bit. From what I've heard, man, it's it's just totally set in a different world, so Yeah. I mean, and that's one thing about the books too that's cool is the setting. You know, it's been years. I've only ever read the first three, but which I actually have a couple of later ones too, and I haven't read them. But and it's a lot of fucking reading, dude. <laughs> like those books are huge, man. I don't know. Stephen King writes that much shit, but he does but somehow. It's it's crazy, man. It's crazy. It's such a big world. Uh, Jeremy, what do we got on deck this week? All right, so we have the surprisingly highly praised movie so far, which is. The new Annabelle film, Annabelle Creation, which has been getting quite yeah. quite a good buzz from not only horror websites, but the critics as well, you know, from 
bigger publications are praising this movie. So quite surprising that an Annabelle film, which after the first one being so shitty, would be getting this kind of praise from people like Variety and places like that. So I think that this movie is actually going to have a better weekend the second weekend than the first weekend. I think the word of mouth is going to go around and the critical speaking praise is going to continue happening and i think it's actually going to have a better second weekend but i still think because the first one opened to a uh 37 million dollar opening weekend but it's a probably faction that's right after the conjuring a year after the conjuring now it's been what like two years since the second conjuring so are people really two was last year really yeah Yeah. summer yeah yeah okay so but i don't think the conjuring 2 did as well as the first conjuring so I'm just curious to see, are people going to go or not? I actually think people are going to go. Is it going to beat the $37 million of the first film? No. But like I said, I think it's going to have a better second weekend than its first weekend. So I'm going to come in at $30 million for Annabelle. Creation. Okay, and this is obviously a wide release, right? It's in a ton of theaters. Correct, 3400 I actually watched the trailer yeah. um, this week when I was at the movies, and... Um, it's funny to see them say the next chapter in the Conjuring universe. That's pretty interesting. Oh, it is. It, no, it is. But th- like how they're making a universe out of these films now. Because oh, they're coming out with a nun. The nun movie. That I'm that I'm really excited for. I think that'll be good. Um, and then they're doing another one too, like the the like tall man, or like something the, the the dark man or something. I don't know. Some dude. Some other character the gray man no <laughs> i don't know, I, don't know. <laughs> I, don't, I can't remember man uh so jeremy you said you're coming in at what on the conjure or, or annabelle 2 30 million All right. wow so you want me to go next or you want to go moods i'll go um yeah I'm, I'm right there with you jeremy i think that's pretty realistic but man dude with the high or the the reviews that this thing's getting and it's creating some buzz. It's crazy. And I, I think, you know, working off last year, or was it last year? Ouija 2 came out? Origins? Yeah, it's last year. Yeah, Ouija 2. Uh, if they can play off that a little bit, you know, with the good reviews right now, and of course that one was definitely a lot better than the first film, you know, it, it's working out to be the kind of the same in this, uh, in this Annabelle series too. So I think people are going to recognize that and they're going to go see it. I'm going to go with 32 million. So Jeremy said 30, Mood said 32. Yeah. All right. <clears throat> I think I, it's going to do well. I am kind of the opposite of you guys. I th- I tend to believe that the reviews do not affect whether people go out and see something as much as some people might think. Um, I know that it's hype right now because it has you know 100% on Rotten Tomatoes with 15 reviews. Uh, but I also think, what is it going up against anything? It's going up against the nut job too. Yeah, well, let's not worry about that. Yeah. <laughs> That's an animated film, though, right? <clears throat> yeah, that does mean something. I think um, it's two different worlds. Is, though, is man. A- well, is Annabelle R or PG? 13? Oh, it's R. It's R. It's R. Okay. Yeah, it's R. Oh, that's that's one good. Cool. Wait a minute, isn't the Conjuring PG thirteen? Yep. Huh. No, no, it's an R. Insidious is PG-13. Oh. 
Okay. Um, so, yeah, I'm probably going to... No, Conjuring's art just based on... It's fucking scary as all shit. <laughs> it's not uh, gory or anything. It's art because it's fucking terrifying. So, I, I'm willing to take bets against Jeremy and Moods this week. Um, I'm coming in... And my, I'm basing this off of the fact that Annabelle 1 made $32 million, but The Conjuring was at its height, and it was the first made 30, $37 million. $37 million. Conjuring yeah. was at its height. It was uh, the, the only one movie had been out, and it was The Conjuring, and the, it was so big that they were doing a spinoff. Um, and Annabelle was one of the creepiest parts of The Conjuring. Uh, I think that people who've seen Annabelle... I, and didn't like it, I think that's going to factor in huge, no matter what the reviews say. I think people are going to have a bad taste in their mouth over Annabelle 1, um, even though it made a lot of money, so I don't know why. That doesn't really make sense. Um, I guess the hardcores... Hardcores do not make the box office. Let's just say that right now. It's casual viewers that make the box office uh, successful. Um, so I think... I think that I'm coming in here based on some of that that I said and based on the fact that, that I think sequels often um, without a ton of hype, which I don't feel the hype for this one. Like, I felt hype for Annabelle, like, when it came out. Um, I'm going to come well, in. They pushed the shit out of that. I'm going to come in at $27 million. Uh, so I'm, I'm, I'm far under. I'm not super far under you both, but I, I am under. Uh, do you guys want to take take bets with me, Jeremy? Yeah, I think I'm going to be higher than you on that. Yeah, I'll take it too. All right, are you taking bets with each other? Yeah, same it's thirty two. Sure, why not? That's this is going to be another close one. <laughs> I think I think your you know your logic is kind of spot on there a little bit, JP. Because I mean, to be honest. The original Annabelle left a bad taste in my mouth. I mean, talked about it on this show. I fucking hated that film. But I am curious, though. Like, I, I'm, you know, I'm one of those curious cats, man. Like, that is getting good reviews. That just really surprises me. You know, enough to get me in there to see it. I'm like, wow, dude. Like, those initial reviews, I was not expecting that. It really caught me off guard. And I'm genuine. I don't really give a shit about review, but it is surprising. You know, I probably would have went and seen it anyways because I don't get a lot of horror films here and stuff. So fuck it, I'll just go and see something in the big screen. But it does have me intrigued that it's getting those type of reviews. So I'm assuming it's going to have that Ouija effect and it's going to be better. Mm-hmm. So, and I think, you know, you're right. I mean, of course, the the common viewer does make the box office, but you got to remember they also outnumber us like big time too, right? Oh, yeah. yeah. Right. So I mean, it, it goes either way. It goes either way, really. So I don't yeah. know. I. I I'm definitely. It's definitely piqued my curiosity. I was not ex- like when I saw that shit. and I took the picture and sent it. I was like, Jeremy, check this shit out, man. What the fuck's going on here? And I'm, he's like, I already saw it, of course. But uh, yeah, dude, that was like phew, my socks came right off my feet, dude. Is there anything after this week, Jeremy? Because we are off next week. Uh, negative. Okay, good. Um, so just to recap, me versus Jeremy, I'm picking 27, he's going with 30, me versus Moods, 27 to his 32, and Jeremy versus Moods, Jeremy's 30 to Moods is 20, 30, 32. Yeah, it sounds about right. And I'm looking forward to gaining another point closer to my $20. <laughs> okay, okay. Um... All right, man, that's uh, Box Office Brawl. We don't have any voicemails or emails this week, uh, so we are going to bypass that 
and jump into knowledge. Uh, JP had something for knowledge? Yeah, this is just something little. I kind of want to discuss it. We're so Stephen King talking lately uh, with the, the flop of the Dark Tower and the excitement for it, both spectrums. Uh, I seen Bloody Disgusting put out an article today or the other day that was pretty cool. I just thought it was, it was something like a few days share. ago. Uh, and it's uh, the thank you, Jeremy. Uh, the top ten highest grossing Stephen King horror film adaptations. So that's horror film does not count. Uh, the The Body, aka Stand by Me, or Shawshank, or The Green Mile, uh, any of those big ones. Uh, so, so I just want to. I don't know if you guys might have seen this. If you've seen it, Jeremy, don't say anything. Um, but moods. If you I didn't see it, it, no, I haven't. Predict. Seen it. The worst and the best. Highest of- grossing Stephen King adaptations, horror wise. Yeah. Um, the highest. Oh, fuck, dude, I don't even know. Man, so hard. Um, I actually knew the answer to the highest. I did not to the lowest. I'm going to say the highest. Is this like of all time? Like, are yeah. they keeping like tally? <sighs> Fuck, I know how bad the, the Shining originally did, but I'm assuming it probably did better. I don't know, I'm thinking like for the highest either the Shining or Carrie. Um Remake. <clears throat> the lowest oh the remakes factor into that too? Well Fuck. all the adaptations do. Oh my god. I don't know. Uh, I'll say the Shining. And but the lowest one I'm probably gonna go with <laughs> Shit, I'm trying to think of what even had theatricals. Um, yeah, it's weird because there's a lot of TV movies. That's exactly what I'm th- I and, kept thinking. Miniseries. <laughs> the lowest one, man. I don't know with theatrical. Maybe Maximum Overdrive? I don't know. That's a good, that's a damn good guess, but no. Um, oh, well, the lowest, I don't actually know. I'm just saying the lowest for the top, the top 10, the number 10 spot. That was, that was kind of a bad way I worded that question. Well, I'll, but I'll now just, I'm just curious like, about the lowest. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. So in a number 10, maybe like Max Overdrive, a theatrical, I don't know. He already said you were wrong, so why the fuck would you guess it again, you dumbass? Uh, that, that, that was I'm, my guess. I'm going to go, and I'm actually going to look at what the lowest is, um, because now I'm curious. The lowest is actually the Night Flyer. The fuck, Night dude, Flyer. I didn't even... Children like, of the Corn 2 did better than the Night Flyer. So Nightfly was in at number ten. No, Nightfly was in at number forty. Oh, that's like all the way down. I, yeah, because I looked <laughs> it up because I felt dumb for asking you that question. To be honest, man, I didn't even realize Nightfly had had a re- uh, theatrical. Um. Run. Well, let me actually. You know what? Dude? I would have never said that. It was only in ninety-five theaters. <laughs> so, <laughs> so I guess very that, limited, man. If, if you're that's... talking, if you're talking the lowest in terms of wide releases, we'll say fifteen hundred theaters or above. Uh, it's the Lawnmower Man two. Damn, that had a theatrical. Holy shit, it's <laughs> crazy. I thought that was straight to VHS. Yeah. Uh, crazy, crazy shit. <laughs> All right. Um, let's see here. So let's get into this top ten. So surprisingly, coming in at number ten, we have 1992's The Sleepwalkers. Really wow. kind of weird, quirky, like serious movie that turns completely comedic, like in one weird scene. Of rape. Look what you did to my shirt, bitch! <laughs> shit story it's played straight up, serious, and then like after <laughs> this rape attempt, it's like just gets super cheesy. 
That's the scene, man. He gets the fork in the eye, and he's like, "Wait, look what you did to my shirt, bitch!" <laughs> I personally actually time, really man. like the, the uh, Sleepwalkers. I do. <laughs> you know, when it first came out, I actually didn't like the film very much. I thought it was pretty corny, but yeah. it grew on me, though, man. I don't mind the film. Yeah, it's, it's, okay. it's a fun one. Um, so that was number ten with thirty and a half million. Uh, hmm. Coming in at number nine, we have a film that I've never seen. But it has been released recently, also from 1992. Uh, this one is The Lawnmower Man. I tried wow. watching it once, and I was like, this is just, I don't, I don't, I'm not watching this. I'm not a fan. Yeah. That also, that made, that made 32 million. So if it can, oh man, how can, how can that make the top 10? That's crazy to me. <laughs> yeah. Like, people really went out and seen that. That's nuts. I uh, remember though, actually, when that one came out, and it being, it seemed like it was they were really pushing that one. I think the promotion on that one was pretty good. So mm. you know, they spent some money getting people in the theater on that one for sure. Number <clears> eight, <throat> coming from two thousand three, is a film that I honestly like, but I just feel it gets completely derailed in the second half of the movie. Starts off so fun and, and creepy and cool. Uh, and that is Dreamcatcher. Yeah, Dreamcatcher. Hmm. I like Dreamcatcher in the first half. How do you feel about it? Yeah, I, I agree, man. I agree, actually. I think Dreamcatcher was actually filmed in my hometown, to be honest. Oh, um, cool. Yeah, I'm not really a big fan of it, to be honest. <laughs> it's been a while since I've seen it, though, but I do remember it being... Because it almost has off, like that sure. stand by me feel where these buddies yeah. are out in the in the in a cabin, and then there's like this fucking bu- this like worm creature that like goes up their ass mm-hmm. or something <laughs> that's like scary, and then it just gets like super like sci-fi. It's man, cool. it's been so long since I've seen it, man. <laughs> it's crazy. That made uh, almost thirty-four million, just under thirty-four hmm. million. Interesting. Um, then we have number seven, 1976's Carrie at 33.8 million, so almost four, uh, 34 million as well. Carrie, uh, probably one of the best Stephen King adaptations ever. It was the first one as well, and um, it definitely, I'm glad to see it on this list. I would have been disappointed if it wasn't. Uh, number six, Carrie, 2013, at 35.2 million, but. What the fuck? I mean, that's actually bad, though. That's not great. That's pretty bad. Yeah, yeah. that's because this 35 back in the 70s is good. 35 in 2013 is not. Mm Mm-hmm. So then we break into the top five. We have The Shining from 1980, making 44 million. Yeah, I figured I was wrong on that one. Uh, Coming in at number four. We have one of my favorite Stephen King adaptations. It's more of a thriller, uh, starring Johnny Depp, and that is 2004's Secret Window. Yeah, I saw that in the cinema. That was uh, good. $48 million on that one. So breaking into the top three, one of my favorite Stephen King adaptations. We have 1989's episode 102, Pet Cemetery. Yeah, that makes sense. $57 million. That's pretty damn good. Coming in at number two is Pet Cemetery Two. <laughs> <laughs> no, uh, coming in at number two is 1990s. Kathy Bates starring in Misery. Yeah, Misery. Yeah. Jesus, I didn't even. I totally forgot about Misery. Yeah. Fuck. 
And number one, a little surprising, not a bad movie. I actually like it. Um, but it, it, it's definitely not the best Stephen King adaptation. And that is 2007's, which, by the way, is its 10-year anniversary this year, uh, 1408. Oh, yeah. Fucking 1408. Which made 70, almost 72 million, 71.9 million. Uh, wow. What's that? Forgot about that one. Yeah, yeah. me too, man. That's yeah. crazy, dude. That one, wow. That actually did pretty well. So the biggest dick in Hollywood, Mr. Cusack. <laughs> I always forget he that he's in that. Um, he has the biggest rep for being the biggest douchebag ever. Really? He yeah. comes off a little douchey. I thought that was Kevin James. No. Nah. Um, I... No. Nah. Okay, so my question to you guys is 71.9 million is the record for a Stephen King adaptation. And it was only 10 years ago. So inflation wouldn't be that different now. Do you think that Stephen King's It will break this record? I do. I actually do think it's going to. Jeremy? Mm-hmm. 72.8. Is it going to make more than 73 million? 71.9. 71.9. Hmm. It's a lot. It's R-rated. I'm gonna say no. All right. I'm gonna say I'm. Gonna, I'm gonna say yeah. I got faith. So that is... I th- I think so too, man. I think it's gonna do well. Yeah. Yeah. Especially this is this year has been good for horror in terms of box office. Unless you're really I mean, close at night. I'm kind of going on my own merit too here. Like I'm pretty, like I don't remember the last time I actually got excited about a remake, like legitimately excited for it. You I know, I think mine always- was like Friday the Thirteenth back in two thousand nine. I think that was the one that I was most hyped for. Yeah, I was I was curious on that one, but I don't remember being this excited. I don't know for some reason I'm just excited to see it. Yeah, well, it ma- it, it makes sense to remake it because I mean, it you weren't excited movie. for Friday Night Moods. <laughs> which is better than the I original i can't say i was excited for that remake at all actually i was when they when they were remaking friday night i was very opposed i was very kind of more a little bit closed-minded i was like fuck re- no you can't fucking remake that shit now it changed throughout the years now i, I accept it yeah but. i think we were all very bitter and angry like at that time about remakes because they were just overdone well, it was there was a few years in the mid two thousands. You got to admit, though, where they were making some really bad ones, man. Like you know when Prom the Night, fog. The Fog, and all those films came out in a row, and it's like holy sh- April Fool's Day. There was a lot of shit ones, man. So puts a bad taste in your mouth. But I mean, Fright Night, you know, you guys all know the story. It's it's very dear to me, and I was like, I just didn't want to see another film mm-hmm. updated. And then of course they cast McLovin, and I just about shit myself up. <laughs> Like fuck, you kidding me, man? And like, Colin Farrell to top it. I already hated Colin Farrell, Colin Farrell with a passion. How? And, and Bruch like, is fucking oh, so he's, good. He's been, in, he's been in some good films. I don't like Colin Farrell as a yeah. person. Like I can't stand the dude. Like I think he's a douchebag. And you know, to be honest, some of his films, like whatever, man. I think he's a little bit overrated. But in Bruch, I will admit, man. Dandridge. That's fucking. Well, and you know, and I didn't know upon watching the Friday Night remake that he was actually a huge fan of the original one. Aw, that's so bad now. You're a dickhead. 
<laughs> I didn't realize. It. I just never thought of Colin Farrell as being a horror film because he doesn't really do those type of things. But I mean, I guess that's kind of cliche to say that just because you're not doing those type of genre films doesn't mean you're not a fan. But but to find out that he was legitimately a big fan of the original film and he was honored, you know, to come and do this film, and I was like, oh, that's interesting. But they still cast McLovin. <laughs> that was honestly some of the worst casting ever. Like that, I understand they wanted a quirky character and shit, but feeding off his popularity at the time. I mean, come on, I he, he, he was terrible in the film. job. He, he was terrible in the film. He was awful. It was awful. But in Bruges, man, I fucking. In Bruges is good. I will admit, though, that that movie is pretty. I I own that movie too, man. It's yeah, fucking it's good. Shit. Yeah, real good. Shit, so. All yeah. right. So yeah, that was that was the just. The, Knowledge this. segment, just something cool. All right, Jeremy, you're bringing a new segment to the show this week. Sure, drop this it on segment us. Segment is going to be called Dead Mail. So, a few weeks ago, I picked up a stack of old Fangorias from Half Price Books. I came across like seventy something issues, uh, mainly from the late '90s and early 2000s. And in every issue of Fangoria, there is a section in the beginning where people write in uh, their opinion on the movie that is going to be featured in this issue. And this issue of Fangoria, which is number 188 from 1999, has an article about Blair Witch and is it a ripoff? And they talk about the last broadcast and stuff like that. So the mail, the fan mail in the beginning of this issue is mainly about Blair Witch. And there's some pretty interesting um, sides to what people thought about Blair Witch at the time. That's what I found really interesting about these is that it's basically a, a history of horror that what people thought about movies at a time that we time see. Yeah, that we see today as classics. So... Uh, you know, back when this movie came out, people really didn't know that it was still going to have such an impact today. So it's interesting to read what people have to say about the movie. So let's just read some positive um, fan mail that people had about the Blair Witch and some negative ones about the Blair Witch. So this one comes from da- Jason Wallish. And he says... I thought you were going to say Jason Lloyd. Yeah. <laughs> that would be funny. That would be fucking gnarly. <laughs> I just saw a limited screening of the Blair Witch Project. I knew that the reviews had been three and a half to four stars, and it was deemed scary as hell by Rolling Stone. All I can say is that scary is an incredible understatement, and out of four stars, I'd give it five. Forget all about the Texas Chainsaw Massacre, the Exorcist, Alien, and the Evil Dead. Blair Witch scared the living shit out of me. I was not prepared for what I experienced. The documentary on the Sci-Fi Channel and the website really don't give you an idea of what the film puts the audience through. I broke out in a cold sweat. I was shocked to the point where I actually began crying. <laughs> this film contains highly disturbing content and content and imagery. I didn't want to sleep when I returned home, but inevitably a choppy and uncomfortable sleep I did have, accompanied by some pretty extreme nightmares. It is easily the scariest film ever made. Hollywood should be taking serious notes because with all the overproduced, over-budget garbage they produce each year for the masses, it's refreshing to know that someone actually has the balls to step up to the plate and deliver a well-put-together, brilliantly improvised descent into hell. It's all about the darkness, and believe me, there's plenty of it. Blair Witch is a film that won't soon leave your mind, and once it gets in, you just might wish it hadn't. Congratulations to everyone involved. So that comes from Jason Wallish. Jason Wallish is the shit. Huh. I like that review. All right, That's how I read, felt. 
Let's read some negative ones. Cold sweats. Crying. And this one comes from Jason Paul Column from West Hollywood, California. Let's read two negative ones. Uh, like most fans, starved for a truly terrifying experience, I counted the days to the L.A. opening of the Blair Witch Project. After an hour in line wrapped around two city blocks, I got into the second sold-out screening and have to say that while it doesn't live up to the hype, it's still unnerving. For performances that were generally improvised, the cast was phenomenal. I completely forgot I was watching actors and not just regular people. I appreciate the realistic lack of gore and the eerie breathless climax has to rank as one of the cinema's most chilling. My only complaint comes not with the movie, but with the publicity. As wonderful as it turned out, Blur Witch's technical aspects are not as unique and groundbreaking as critics seem to think. The handheld camcorder acting as a character of sorts, the documentary feel, been done eight years ago. The Danny Bradaducci vehicle, America's Deadliest Home Video, used the exact same concept of video, though it never played theatrically. It received almost unanimously positive reviews in magazines from cult movies to premiere. Even Fango's Dr. Cyclops gave it a great review. Still, nobody remembers it. Admittedly, Blair Witch wins higher points for its acting and all-around true terror, but also accompanied much, but also accomplished much of the same as a significantly thinner budget. Okay, that that's his review. Yeah. That's interesting. That's interesting. Uh, he brought up the Deadly's Home Video thing, and he didn't bring up like the Last Broadcast or Man Bites Dog Holocaust. or Cannibal, Cannibal Holocaust, which is, you know, by far. Yeah, why did he pick that one out of all longer. the other ones? Well, it's funny that he didn't mention the Last Broadcast because a lot of people consider that one to be the the kind of the starter besides Cannibal Holocaust, but mm-hmm. um, Man Bites Dog was you know even before that, and and uh, Deadly's Home Videos. That's crazy. He brought that one up because that's really obscure. Yeah, you know, I, I didn't really understand the full point of what he was trying to say there. Like, I, I, I think he was just trying to say, like, they didn't do it first, but, like, it's really not a negative. I, th- I think he was pissed off at the fact that it was being marketed as kind of like, I don't know if they were, you know, using the term found footage in marketing no, like that. Weren't. or whatever. Well, I mean, they were saying that they found their footage. <laughs> I think that, I think he's implying the fact that, you know, just the marketing was kind of misleading because there was other films that have done this before and it was being marketed as the very first one, which... I don't think they did market kind of know- it as the first one, though. I don't think well, maybe he just said. maybe he just interpreted like that, you know, it's like, well, no, well, this I think that it's like before. the hype of around it is like everybody's saying like, yo, this is crazy, like, i never seen anything like it, blah, 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 like, but, d- yeah. but to me, I always use the argument like, I don't really care what came first in terms of like giving credit. Like, yeah, you give credit to something that came first, but like, um, I think it's completely different if you're using the do it better or more, more big. The only time I would have an argument for that is if they're saying, yeah, you know, this is the very first film of its kind thing. And then, and then you kind of go, well, the last broadcast came out last year, motherfucker. You know, there's ones that precede this, and Cannibal Holocaust being the most famous one. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so I I understand where he's kind of coming from. I think he was just a little bit confused. But he just sounded like to me, he sounded like one of those dudes that was like, one one of those dudes who just like, well, did you know that way back in you know, and just tell you like a bunch of shit when you're on talking about something. It's like, okay, dude, 
Like, I don't understand why people are so obsessed with, like, the marketing. Like, it almost affects their viewing in a sense. It's like, the marketing on this film did this, that, blah, 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 persuaded me. It's kind of like it it comes at night kind of thing, right? Yeah. You know, people are bitching about the marketing on that, too. It's, I mean, the marketing is, I guess, relative to any, any generation here. You know, people are probably complaining about it for years. I was misleading. Can you imagine the arguments in the 80s with all the, the covers on the VHS? That movie was nothing like that artwork. (laughs) fucking taking that $85 VHS back. <laughs> yeah, well, <laughs> you know, this like, guy's review was positive. He just felt the yeah, need yeah, to yeah. point out that it's not the first yeah. one to do it, which is cool. It's cool because a lot of people <laughs> didn't know that. So, go ahead. All right, this is a negative one. This one's titled Witch Bitch, and it comes from George Harris from Los Angeles, Fuck California. You, George Harris from Los Angeles, California, wherever you are today. All right, so, Witch Bitch. Let's get into this one. I know this one is is negative because I read it before. So this one says, after months of anticipation, fuck you, after much of anticipation and an hour and a half in line, I was handing my ticket to the Blair Witch Project. I stood with tons of people not knowing if we were going to be lucky enough to get in. This was the first L.A. screening. Dedication. Basically, basically, I hadn't felt such excitement since I was seven when I waited four hours to see this incredible film everyone was talking about, Star Wars. Unfortunately, I was very disappointed. I felt as if I was watching the Fangoria articles from the July and August issues. Nothing was shocking. Nothing was generally scary. And in fact, the film felt just plain contrafeed. Contra what? Contra... Contrived. Yeah, yeah, yeah. (laughs) Jesus Christ, Jeremy. Hey, that's the first word I fucked up on. You said, um... You it was said, also the biggest word you, you said, had to pronounce, too. Um, um, and I, um, and or something. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Instead of unanimously. I would love to see you do this shit. I read don't all get, the time, and I suck Don't it. get me wrong. I am a def- <laughs> Don't get me wrong. I read Fango all the time. But in the end, your article on Blair ruined any feeling of su- surprise. I was watching and saying to myself, oh, here's where they're going to play the tape of Babies Crying. My feeling is this. Yes, this was a very original and possibly scary concept. Yes, there was a lot of hype about the release, which is always good for any independent feature. It's just that you over, you overexposed the concept as well as the concept of the film to such an extent that I thought I was watching the movie for the second time. Okay, so that dude's problem right there is not the film's fault. That's his fault. Because he yeah. took it upon himself to look too much into the movie. This uh, is why we don't watch trailers and shit anymore. We stay clear of all this type of in information so it doesn't ruin you. Exactly. We're in control of... I mean, have some fucking control. Have yeah. some self-control, well, man. have some I, I common mean, sense. If you feel like you're knowing too much about the movie, take a step back. Exactly. Don't be an idiot. <laughs> it's totally avoidable. I, this guy, I always hate that argument where it's like, just oh, that movie sucks, himself. dude. They showed everything in the trailer. I'm like... That Stop means, watching trailers. Yeah, that doesn't mean the movie sucked. That just means you saw too much in the trailer. <laughs> All right, let me read this last one, and then we'll move on. This one comes from Bob Lucas, Fords, New Jersey. I've been a faithful Fangoria fan since day one, and I really needed to write after viewing the Blair Witch Project. I mean, come on, guys. Are these filmmakers paying everyone off or what? They can surely afford to... They surely... They surely afford... Oh, that's just fucked up. They can surely afford to after only laying out $40,000 and ranking in $50 million after one week of full release. I will be the first to give credit where credit is due. There were a couple of generally creepy moments, and the improv acting was sometimes realistic and sometimes cheesy. But to mention this film in the same breath as The Exorcist, The Shining, and even Texas Chainsaw is a scarier thought than any scene in this amateurish 85-minute documentary and, you know... 
in parentheses. I mean, I was sitting there thinking, okay, pile of rocks, stick figures, weird sounds, something's going to happen soon. Then nothing, literally zero. No payoff, no ending. I'm all for using one's imagination, but come on, folks, we have been fleeced. I'm not saying they had to show the murders blow by blow in full gory detail or even the Blair Witch in all her glory, but they could have shown us a little something. I mean, as well as just stand in my backyard and film pitch blackness and scream, Oh my god, what the fuck is that? Viola, Blair Witch Part 2. I waited breathlessly for this film to play in my area. Relived every second of the coming attractions and even saw the film a second time to make sure I didn't nod off or miss anything the first time. My second viewing only confirmed what I felt originally ripped off. And these two clowns are laughing all the way to the bank. Thank God for the Sixth Sense, a movie that deserves the attention Blair Witch is getting. (laughs) Now, now that's an ending. The Sixth Sense is by far the creepier film and worth my ticket price. And to all the losers driving the poor residents of Burkittsville insane, get a life. It's only a movie and a bad one at that. Okay, I take it. First of all, I take offense to that uh, negative review because Blair Witch Two is nothing like that, and so much better. Dude, I I honestly, I hate when people say that that like. Oh, I can make a mi- then fucking do it, bro. Like because I guarantee yeah, you if you go out in your yard and Easier you scream at the camera, done. fucking you're gonna get two views on YouTube. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? you like like I hate there. that analogy, I hate that comparison because it doesn't work. It doesn't work so at this all. Guy, so this so this guy attacked their their, you know, improv acting and stuff like that, and then he goes off to say that um the sixth sense is the better film and sh- Billy Osmond, whatever the fuck his little shithead name is, looking at the goddamn camera throughout that masterpiece of a film. Yeah, real good acting, buddy. <laughs> fuck off. I mean, <laughs> like this guy's a dick. This guy's a fucking dick. It's so telling. Shitty- like these articles are like really, and it is a time capsule, Jeremy. That's really cool because the days of standing around a block waiting to get in. To, to get a ticket is gone. Like that does yeah. not happen anymore. Yeah, it's cool to hear that. Uh huh. You know, telling the story. I almost like, wish I could do those that. Days? I wish yeah, I could do that again. And the idea that this guy didn't like the movie and went and seen it again—that doesn't happen anymore either because tickets are expensive. <laughs> he, probably, yeah. you know, it was probably like three bucks back then or something. You know what I mean? But um, <laughs> uh, I remember what I found. I was like waiting in the hugest line ever to get a ticket for Men in Black, and I just got back from Seattle, and I don't know what it was. I was still young. I don't know when Men in Black came in '97, so I was like what 17 or something. And I just came back to my parents. My parents were like, oh, let's go see a movie. I'm like, okay, let's go to Men in Black. Fucking hugest lineup ever. And I remember standing in line, and you know, I've been sitting in the car for like 10 hours kind of thing and i was super sweaty and i remember having the itchiest balls ever <laughs> i remember scratching my balls to the point where they like it was raw. like i was like trying to figure out which like plastic case to scratch my balls i was in my pocket and i was like it was crazy standing up. i remember it's men in black and itchy balls <laughs> that's so gross like i hope you didn't share a popcorn <laughs> Yeah, dude, it was so bad. I can just see Moods with his bald head at 17 fucking standing up line wearing those fucking cargo shorts is fucking scratching his ball. <laughs> <laughs> My mom's like, what are you doing? Like, nothing, man. Nothing, nothing man. Uh, so I remember seeing uh, Amityville, and I had the ticket for a while, but they fade real bad. And it, like, I used to... They put they even... You can't save tickets anymore. They're, they're just pieces of paper now. It's such bullshit. 
Um, but I had an Amityville ticket, the remake, which what came out in two thousand five. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and and yeah. my ticket price was five twenty five. Five twenty five, nice. Yeah. Wow, those days are long gone. Yeah, it's a, it's <laughs> it's like tripled since then. Yeah. yeah do, what do you got? What do you pay for like a regular screening now? Like I, I think we're paying Depends eleven, eleven, eleven fifty. If I go to like luxury with like the. Uh, like couches pretty much like the cat like the lazy boys you know that mm-hmm. go back and shit um i think it's like close to 15 but um i saw the dark tower for i think like 12 wow man wow it must be decently priced for you though Jer- well you go to, you go to like the red box and shit though right me yeah i never go to the red box oh where do you see phil do, don't you see him like more expensive places what's the red box I don't know. What the fuck is the place I'm thinking IMAX. of? IMAX. Oh, the, I, you see everything in IMAX? No, but whatever I can see in IMAX. But what the fuck is Redbox? I don't know. What's, what's the place you go see all the... the um, He's singing a music box. The music box? The music box. Did I say Redbox? Oh, I'm thinking Redboxes, yeah. That's all music the indie box. place. So what, what does it cost in there? Oh, uh, it's pretty... It's like 10 bucks there, but like... Well, that's pretty they, good, man. I've seen Jeremy pay like 20... Seven... 10 bucks? I would expect no, the, music, I the music box. Thinking I, pay, box. I, I pay... For IMAX, I pay twenty two, and for That's regular regular what? screening, I pay sixteen. Okay, so a yeah. regular screening sixteen. That's a nighttime. Lot. It's ten bucks for a matinee. Dude, that's crazy. For matinee, it's ten bucks. That's yeah. crazy. What? That's, that's ridiculous. Usually like half price. Oh man, it's it it's it's self cannibalizing, dude. I support my industry, bro. So yeah, do you have it's not going to be there forever, dude? I know. It's cannibalizing itself. Yeah. <laughs> I agree, man. I agree. <laughs> Dude, Is I that bought, it? it cost us like 20 bucks to get a popcorn and a drink last or That's last why night. you get the dollar cup from 2003, bro. They you say that, that shit. You're the only one in the world that still has one of yeah. those. <laughs> no, man, I see people all the fucking time. You forget I live in Jewy Jew, Phil, so I see people with that shit all the time. Didn't you buy some on eBay or something? No, I bought it back in 2003, and I, I still have that. <laughs> oh, no, you showed me that oh, somebody was selling one. those cups on eBay one time. They never <laughs> show up on eBay. The fuckers are rare. Like, they, they have fuck- ones now that are for a year. You know, you yeah, buy a bucket that- for a year. I don't want to... Fu- a year, man, I only go to the movies, like, fuck it. Well, now I go a lot more, but still, um, it's still only, like, half price. You're still paying, like, $4 for a drink. <laughs> 20 bucks for the bucket. The, the, the cinema more, man. We just don't get the goddamn films, man. All we get is like... Turns out I get a ton of stuff. And I, I was completely... There was a certain few areas that I didn't know about. Like, the, I, we have a lot lot of... Like, the, the AMC one that I go to, dude, it has like a bar. It has like... Uh, oh, yeah, man. Yeah, it's like legit. It has like... It has like uh, like 20... We all have bars now, dude. It's crazy. Screens and shit. Like that... Well, I go that, to it's that like a 40-minute drive, though. One I go to as a bar too. Oh man, it's a miss living in Vancouver. You go head out to Langley, go to the Colossus. There, it's like twenty four screens, and all it's all stadium seating with like the big lazy boy type things. But I love that place because it was licensed. You could drink in there, and you could like eat a steak. We were watching a movie. It was fucking gnarly. <laughs> awesome. That's like a fifty two dollars steak nowadays. <laughs> Probably, yeah. Um, but yeah so uh that was that was very interesting jeremy i'm I'm looking forward to seeing what else you come up with yeah I'll try and pull 
I'll try and pull issues that go with the episodes. This was just the first one, and I thought... Was that actually all of the reviews that were sent in? No, there's more. I could read more if you want. How about you just read one more? One more. Do a negative. Um, Okay. (laughs) Negative ones are good. Okay. Let's just read this one. After having made an hour and a half trek to see the Blair Witch, I must say that it was both a great disappointment and an amazing triumph. First, I have to thank the filmmakers and artists in entertainment for giving us such an original and creative genre film. It was brilliant in concept and execution and superior to the teen idol garbage Hollywood has been throwing at us lately. However, it just didn't scare me. I don't know what went wrong. Maybe it was all the hype and the my high expectations or the fact that I saw it in a crowded theater is simply the disorienting style in which it was filmed, but for some reason it just didn't click. I was really hoping it would join the ranks of The Exorcist and being one of the only movies to ever truly scare me. Sadly for me, though, sadly for me, though, the most frightening part of the evening was reading written by Kevin Williamson in one of the previews. <laughs> what? Sadly for me... Though, the most frightening part of the evening was reading written by Kevin Williamson in one of the previews. So I guess... Oh, pre- one, like, probably... Uh, <laughs> what could so it I don't, been? I really don't think that Halloween. the term found footage was even was it even coined well, in, because well, people were kind of beating around the bush on the found footage, like, maybe it was the disoriented way, disorientating way that it was shot, and he didn't like, page, specifically say found footage, because if you say found footage, we know exactly what the fuck you're talking about. If you go to page 36... Through 39, this issue of Fangoria has a huge spread on the last broadcast and this the Blair Witch. broadcast came first. Yeah, that's cool, man. That they actually acknowledge that fact because I, man, see dude. that that's the difference between today like and long, back then. Because back term. then you would have to get a Fangoria to see stuff like that, right? You like now you know, like all this is on the internet, like all the information is handed to us. But back then, it was like, that's why you got Fangoria, to know about something that, like, the last broadcast. Yep. Um, that's cool. But, you know, it, different times. Different times, for sure. Different times. And it's cool looking at, like, the ads in the back. There's one here for Cinema Wasteland. and Really? Know. Yeah. In 99? It must have been, like, one of the first ones, though, right? Cinema Wasteland and what else is in here? Cutthroat Video... Uh, Rod and Cotton is in here. Wow, they've wow, been around Rod now. Crazy. Back in '99. Man, I've I've ordered from that. Yeah, wow. A lot of the shirts, a lot of the shirts I wear from '90. Oh, that's crazy, why man. all their shirts look old as shit. Yeah. So it's just like man. I'm wearing that's one cool. right now. I bought this from Rod and Cotton. <laughs> Tenenbaum's shirt is from there. All right. Yeah. So, so you know, it was just cool to buy them. I really want to try and get some more. I just love. Yeah, looking at them and going I through them, I, and, I, if I would have bought, I would have bought all of them too. Yeah, um, for, I, I paid seventy five cents a piece for them, and um, I was happy. There's like look at like a, a DVD and laser spotlight. Yeah. And they like talk about like all the releases that came out. Is that brain damage? I see brain damage. Yeah, we got brain damage. What um, can't? What, let's, let's do a let's do a retro DVD and releases that from wasn't that was that was just dv that was just dvd and laser there was no vhs because in 99 it was still going yeah no, it was still going for sure that. i had, so we had fucking devil's rejects on vhs so we have brain damage uh tenderness of the wolves the car uh requiem for a vampire uh frankenstein king kong remake and 
United Artists Horror Classics Volume 2. What was on that? Um, the Nathandral Man, Vampire, Curse of the Faceless Man, and Dr. Blood's Coffin. And that's on Laserdisc. That's on Laserdisc. crazy. Do you have it? No. Oh, look at this, JP. Public Domain Films, I believe. Puppet Master Toys. Puppet Master. <laughs> they're still Pup- doing those. Pup- <laughs> look at fuck. <laughs> yeah, because Charlie Fan oh, probably no, they were probably the same ones. We found these in a warehouse, guys. That's <laughs> <laughs> exactly what they are. Charlie Fan said they were limited in 1999, and he said we bought a whole box in a warehouse on the top. Shelf. <laughs> <Dude>. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. It never gets old. Oh, I like that. Old. That was a nice nostalgic trip. Let's get to Moods' current magazine talk. Yeah, man. Okay, switching from Fangoria to Rue Morgue with uh, weird stat and morbid fact of the episode here. Uh, this one is coming from, I'm reading again from the the actual full book of morbid facts and weird stats. So this one's coming from, uh, I don't know what section this is. Well, anyways, this one, I, I just grabbed it quickly, picked it because it's kind of relative to what I'm reviewing later. So Joe D'Amato's Anthropophagus was declared a snuff film by the Liverpool Trading Standards Authority four years after its initial release in 1980. A fucking snuff film? <laughs> How many films are deemed snuff films? Like, for real? Um, Faces like, of Death? Like, snuff, like, that's, that's ridiculous. I mean, if you've seen the film, man, like, what the fuck are these guys smoking? I think I've seen ridiculous. parts of that movie. It doesn't look, the effects look bad. shit. Like, as a fucking, like, a, to go those lengths to classify as a snuff film just seems ridiculous to me. It's fucking stupid, but, but yeah, though, the Joe D'Amato, that's kind of relative to what I'll be talking about later, so I thought I'd just throw that out there. That is going to conclude Mood Swings. Jeremy, that was a cool segment. Looking forward to that next week. Yeah, um, yeah man. So hopefully you find some more of those Fangorias, man, you know? You have enough to last for a while. You have enough for a while, but, you know, some of them might be shitty. So, you know, I'm going to go on eBay, look at the schedule of what we have coming up, see if I can find stuff that goes. That would be cool. That would be cool like, to find one that with the... What's the next show? You know what, to be Just honest, man, you can find comfort. Fangorias, you know, except for some of the early ones, but you can find a lot of the Fangorias for relatively good prices, yeah, though, pretty man. pretty cheap. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. So if you're looking for a specific one, I'm sure it's not too, too hard to find. But, but yeah, that's going to conclude Mood Swings. Now getting into the WWW portion oh, of the God, show. Oh, God, can't you just say fucking what we watched? How hard is it? Jesus fucking Christ. That was getting into the WWW week. portion of the show, which what is what we? we watched. Yeah, we're going round tree here. Rapid fire reviews. Jeremy, why don't you start us out? My rapid fire review, you mean? My one review? No, I have one more. Uh, so for my Patreon review, oh, you're doing it already. Yeah, this is for August from Matt Janoski. I was on top of this shit. I watched this movie this afternoon for some stupid ass fucking reason. I should say fuck you, Matt, and add you to the hall of fuckers. But I understand why you did, didn't you? And I just want to say, wait, before that statement, this movie. Isn't that bad? Is it something that I really you enjoy? You're going to listeners what the movie is? I re- <laughs> you do this all the time. I know, but I you never just let me talk and get into it. <laughs> Crazy Murder from the year 2014. There you go. You happy, JP? I am. And fucking moods with his freaking CD that the guy signed the fucking plastic. <laughs> I can't stop looking at it. It's retarded. <laughs> he does that. 
<laughs> oh, shit. Crazy murder from the year 2014. So I got the privilege of watching this movie. And from what I remember Moods talking about this movie back in the day is that this movie is pretty fucking nasty. This could have been Are You Smarter Than a Canadian Asshole? Nah. <laughs> <laughs> Because we already know he's an asshole. <laughs> yeah, an asshole smarter yeah. than him. And, you know, this movie is is sort of scattish. You know, it's kind of a scat scat-ish. film. Kind of. I never heard of a movie. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> no. It's, I never heard a movie described as kind of scattish. Yeah, because it's kind of scattish. It's not completely <laughs> scattish. Like, what is people- scattish? It's it's not completely people eating shit the entire movie like Salo. It's just like people eat shit sometimes. <laughs> sometimes. <laughs> just sometimes. Like once every like 15 to 20 minutes, somebody either gets shit in the face or shits in their pants and eats it. So it's not like Salo where people are shitting into a bowl and they're all sitting around a dinner table having a massive feast. Of- what, I wonder how many people just bought movie, this. Dude. I wonder how many people just bought this movie based on that. <laughs> Quick little synopsis i don't know why so we basically follow a homeless guy as he goes around stabbing people and wandering the streets of new york city in a mental illness mindset and that's basically it there isn't any story it's this scenes of him walking around new york talking to himself yeah shitting his pants and eating it throwing up after eating mcdonald's hamburgers and eating the chunks of meat in his throw up stuff like Dude, that. that scene is so bad Dude, eating uh, condoms that he finds on the street full God. of semen and uh, you know this just is stuff bad. like that what's going on it it's 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 gross but i feel like the filmmakers are kind of have making a statement about yeah us as society because throughout the film it's totally shot gorilla style completely on the fly no permits nothing like that I give the actor major, major fucking credits for having the kahunas to go out on the street. and Dude, do he does a good stuff. job in this. He does really good. He goes out on the street and he does these things. Clearly, with people, real life people walking by. And a lot of people just keep walking by and when he's doing this crazy shit, they don't stop and look at him and say anything. So I think the filmmakers are trying to say how us as society perceive uh, homeless people who have mental illnesses, and I grew up in Chicago, so I, I, I think they fear. didn't get those people to sign releases, huh? No, <laughs> no. So if anybody out facts. there remembers a time where they seen this crazy homeless guy, you could probably sue somebody right now. Yeah, there's bounty bags and McDonald's bags. There's logos everywhere. You could totally yeah, dude. There's yeah that they didn't get any releases for any of this stuff. <clears throat> but I feel like, like I said, the filmmakers are trying to make a statement about mental illness and how people who are all right few people who are homeless and have mental illness they just walk by them and things like that when they're doing probably crazy and insane things and like i said i grew up in chicago so there's a lot of homeless people i always stop and talk to homeless people all the fucking time the last shoot i was working on we were working on the stage and there was this caravan of homeless people that were living behind the stage and they all had dogs and one of them came up to me and he said, oh, man, I'm not trying to buy booze or anything. I'm just trying to get some money for some dog food. So I went into fucking Target and I bought him a huge-ass bag of dog food and I brought it out them. So I know at least they were So you're not a complete dick is what you're saying. So I'm not a complete dick. And, you know, I gave them the food that they were throwing out and shit like that. You know, I talk to these people because these people are just people who are down in their luck, <coughs> who've had, you know, a, a shit time in their life. And... 
they're still humans, you know? We may see them as somebody different because they don't have the same privileges that we have with houses and things like that. But they still have stories and they're still people and, you know, a lot of them are veterans, so I respect them for that. You know, they serve our country and they come back and they are just thrown to the side and we forget about them. And I think this movie is trying to make a comment about that, how us as society should stop more and talk to these people and and help these people because uh, this film, this guy is doing, like I said, eating shit and eating barf and condoms and Band-Aids <laughs> with blood on it and all this gross and nasty stuff as people walk by him. So, like I said, the movie isn't really for me. I really don't like this kind of stuff. I never have. I don't really get the appeal of it. I don't understand why people get off by watching this kind of stuff. It's nasty. It's kind of stupid, in my opinion. But I I, I give props, once again, <clears> to the <throat> filmmaker for having the kahunas to go out there, make their film, not give a fuck what people think about them, that they were going to say what they were going to say, and for the actor for having the balls to go out there and do the shit that he does, because I sure as hell wouldn't have been able to have the balls to go out onto a New York street and do shit that he does. So... It's not a good movie. I mean, I wouldn't watch it. I mean, I wouldn't have watched it if it wasn't for Matt having me fucking watch it, which I feel like this is going to be a recurring thing where I have to watch a boatload of fucking slaughter vomit dolls and shit like that. You, that you know saying watch. this is only opening yourself to you. Yeah, you're just... Hey, you're just donate. Uh... <clears throat> donate. I'll give it a fair shot. Uh, my so... pick is actually um, Repo Man, so I'll get to that later this month. Um, yeah, Repo Man. Curious on Shit. that one. Do I have a pick? Yeah, I sent no. it to you. Yeah, you have Under the Skin. Oh, yeah, that's right. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, Jeremy, you know, honestly, man, your thoughts on the film are very bang on, bang on, bang on to what I had said in my video, too. I, I interpret it as, um, you know, the whole shit scenes you know him wiping his face and you know the whole shit it was literally society shit this is what society does to homeless people they kind of shit on them you know a little <laughs> yeah. bit and they were showing that like you know liter- well, the way they I think the like- literal form of showing their or making their point in the film like but it's thing. interesting because you have to give these guys credit because <clears throat> the film almost seems like an experiment that actually worked to what they were telling in the subtext of the film is they were guerrilla shooting this film and people weren't paying attention, which proved the fucking point that society doesn't give a shit about homeless people. I mean, like, if you look way, at people's reactions, there no one's even giving a shit. Yeah. You the know, way, like you know, I perceived it is that he's the character clearly has some mental issues, and the way I for sure at, the way I saw the lens is that what's happening, what we're seeing as a viewer, is actually happening into his mind. This is what he thinks of society. This is what he wants to do to society. He wants to stab him in the jugular with knives. He he is God tired of people too- shitting on them and things like that. So I just think that this is all his imagination of what he thinks about society and what he wants to do to society. It wasn't just- actually happening because anybody who goes around stabbing people in the neck in broad daylight and nothing actually happens to him. I I, I don't really going believe to the that. Point- but that's going to the point where people aren't paying attention to these homeless. I mean, I understand that's probably super extreme and stuff, but I thought it was too simple to just say that it was all in his mind and this is what he thinks of society and blah, blah, blah. Like, I was kind of taken on, on a different angle that, you know, these things were actually were happening. And, you know, and it's proving the point that people don't pay attention to fucking homeless people or whatever's going on with these these people that are on the streets. Because as society, people are fucking assholes as a whole. People don't give a shit. And they're not going to the average person, Jeremy, is not going to sit there and talk to homeless people and buy them and dog buy them dog food and buy them shit and stuff. People don't take the time to do that shit, especially in big cities like New York. It doesn't fucking happen. 
So them filming the way they did, guerrilla style, proved the fucking point. When people aren't paying attention to even shit like that, that's crazy, dude. That's fucking mind-blowing. Point yeah. proven. I thought the film was done nasty. If you see my video, I literally puked in a bucket for 20 minutes before the video started. I remember uh, that intro. Dude, I think the movie, it proved its point in an extreme way. But it also made, it got me really thinking about it. And I was like, damn, dude, it, they did a great job with it. It's Who You don't see things it? like that very often. Brain damage. It was brain damage. Oh, yeah, was brain- this the one that Steve was telling us about? Yeah. 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 Oh, shit. I'm a, I would, you know, like, I don't know. It's, We're not gonna like it, it's, it's a hard watch. It's a hard watch because, oh, man, dude. I mean, there's one thing it's to see. It's the vomit. It's the puking. When he pukes up that McDonald's and eats it again... I literally had to fucking look. I think like, I don't look away from shit very often, but I was like, "Oh my god!" Like I was, I was lost. To get a little I thought, flush. I was like, "That's I thought he was gonna open up that real. condom that he found and fucking <laughs> squeeze it out in his mouth." Okay. I know. Like this I is... literally thought he was gonna do that, but he just put it in his pocket. I've had some gross like, conversations on the show so far. <laughs> scratching my balls. What, what did you rate that, Jeremy? I didn't. I didn't hear it. Four out of ten. Four out of ten. It's not did a you... good movie. I wouldn't watch it again. <laughs> but I give him credit. I mean, I give him four points for saying, having a message. I can't believe you give it that low, man. I mean, consider, I mean, honestly, if you took out all the excessive scat and the, and the disgustingness, like, would you have brought up the rating or is that yeah, effective? Well, according to him, like that's that pretty much all it is. And it, it is all it is. <laughs> so you'd have like a 10 minute. Well, movie. I mean, the dude is mentally disturbed. And I mean, last time I checked, that's what all mentally disturbed people do is they shit in their hands and wipe it on their face. I don't know about that. <laughs> <laughs> totally joking. And when well, that I, when you fucking knocked that dude out with and then you fucking pulled on his pants and shat out his face, I was dying laughing at that dude. Part. I honestly <laughs> so really enjoyed it, man. I thought the movie was fantastic, but <coughs> You didn't this review this not, on the show modes? No, I did a video for it, so that was not not But I, I just I yeah, know. I understand how this is a tough watcher people, man. The the visuals are nasty. Really, really fucking nasty. There's not a lot of dialogue in this one, is there? No, there isn't. When I remember, he, just, he just says like "fuck you" every once in a while. Yeah, there's just a. Play. It's almost like a silent film, except for his rants on people. Yeah, that's right. So, yeah, it's it's a tough. one. I think it's one that could totally get a lot of mixed reviews. I remember watching Mister. I think it was Mister Parker's review after, and he was he's like, I don't even know what the fuck to say about this. <laughs> so, but it was, it was interesting because his review was very similar to mine too, actually. And he was talking about how the subtext is there, and he pretty much said the same thing. I think it's about this, and I was like, wow, that's exactly what I said. It's pretty cool. Hmm. But so, it's a tough one. I'd be curious for you to watch it, JP. <laughs> it's on yeah. Prime. You can watch it for free. Funny. What? That's on Prime. Yeah, that's on. Wasn't Prime. Prime just like in the news like a couple months ago for removing explicit? Well, it can't get more explicit than this. this <laughs> Even with bullshit. the title like "Crazy Murder," it would get removed. You that's know, on oh, there. It doesn't have "Cannibal" in the title. Weren't they removing titles with "Cannibal"? So, all right. Well, yeah. Cool. Uh, I guess I will go next. Man, I, I honestly don't know what to review. I don't. I have too some many stuff here. here. Got too many? I, I don't have too many because, like, some of them I forgot that I talked about, and then some of them I wanted to talk about on a different show. Um, Ice Sharks? No, let's not do Ice Sharks. <laughs> I mean, the thing is, like, okay, last night I seen... I'll, I'll let you guys decide. So last night I, I seen The Mist and The Dark Tower in a double feature. So I can talk about the mist, or I can talk about ice sharks. Ice sharks. Ice sharks. 
<laughs> All right. <laughs> so ice sharks, because a, a little backstory on this, sci-fi is doing their like crazy Sharknado week. And I was like, you know what, man, I'm just going to record every movie. I have like 30, 40 movies, all like these sci-fi original sharks. Some of them are like, there's a few like crocs. They, they, so many. They, they pushed in a few croc so movies in there too. Like so all the many. like placids, like Lake Placid 1 through 4 plus Lake Placid versus Anaconda. Um, <laughs> which is the dumbest title ever. But um, Ice Sharks <laughs> happened to be the first one that was on. So that's the one I watched first. And I I don't know when I'll get to some of these, but it was actually funny because like, I, I left the TV on when I was getting ready for work the other morning and Jersey Shore Shark Attack was on. And I was actually laughing. It was actually funny. <laughs> dude, that, dude, that movie is so funny. <laughs> yeah, so like, I was like, oh, maybe I'll watch this one next. <laughs> but um, I, I actually recorded a lot of these in case we ever decided to do like a shitty shark show or just a oh, shark show. Oh, please, no. Um, I figured I would have oh, some of them on the DVR, but I'm kind of oh. just curious to go through some of them too, because like, I don't know. I used, like I said, I used to watch this type of stuff when I was a kid. So basically, uh, it follows uh, a group of, I guess, like scientists or something, research team, um, that see, finds a new breed of aggressive sharks that cracks from the ocean floor, probably due to some kind of, some kind of global warming. Um, and they're in an Arctic research station and they're basically the, the, basically the research, it makes no fucking sense. They, they have this CGI research station on a CGI plane of ice that's like floating on the lake. And then these sh- like these sharks are attacking these people. And I, I kid you not, dude, like the sharks pop up through the ice and then their fins are the only thing above the ice, and then they're underwater. <laughs> and, and they're they're circling the research station, and it's cutting the ice. So first of all, you have to assume that this giant, massive metal construction is sitting on top of an ice float that is only a couple feet thick of ice because the shark's fin can reach through it. <laughs> like, and they cut a big circle in this thing, and the research station falls into the Arctic depths of the water. But they're still alive in there, and the water hasn't seeped in yet, so they're like, have time to do things. <laughs> it's so ridiculous, dude. These oh sharks look, <clears throat> these sharks look really bad, too. Like, really bad. Um,. There's scenes where, like, dude, they don't even try in this one. I'm not even joking. Like, they, they, like, but what's funny is all the actors are, like, not hamming it up and they're playing it semi-seriously, which I like to see. I like when they do that. Um, but yeah, so these people were, like, there's a scene where they're, like, trying to get on the ice, uh, or the snowmobiles so they can get away, and, like, he gets stuck, and, like, they keep cutting to the show. Like, it's just, the cuts are ridiculous because it's, like, w- one cut is to pure CGI. Like, the, the, the ice is CGI, the, the sharks are CGI, the research center is CGI. And it's just, a, it's a completely, the whole scene is computer generated. Not a regular scene with computer generated stuff in it. It's, the whole shot is CGI. And then it cuts back to the guy on the snowmobile in, like, real life. <laughs> <laughs> it's just so ridiculous. And then it cuts to this CGI snowmobile, and it's like, oh, boy. Um, 
These movies are not like, dude, they are so bad in terms of like quality. And they are entertaining if you're in that mood. Like, I, 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 I mean, I didn't love it or anything, but I was like, like, I would roll my eyes a lot and be like, <laughs> you know, like, that's kind of funny or whatever, but not anything like super amazing or anything like that. I, 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 I come in at a two out of ten. <laughs> two out, two of, out 10. of ten. <laughs> Dude, that's fucking hilarious. <laughs> I want to see it. <laughs> so that uh, is another explanation of how I could enjoy something and like it, yet still recognize it's a big piece of shit. Yeah, it seems to be a big topic of conversation all the time with with me. rating things <laughs> high and leaving them off lists or <laughs> liking yeah. something and rating it low. Now you just started a whole new battle. Oh man! Totally did, man. You totally did. Um. All right, man. First film up here. 1974 is uh, one of Scream Factory's latest releases, and it's called The Bat People. Um, <laughs> yeah, this is one I've actually never seen before, man. I'd only heard about this one. Never seen it before. Pretty basic storyline. It's basically about a doctor that kind of specializes in, in studying bats and stuff, and he's on vacation with his wife up at the ski hill and stuff, and they decide to go on this tour where he ultimately falls into this cave of course, inhabited by bats, right? So what happens to him? He gets bit by a bat. Then he slowly starts to transform into a bat person. And uh, so that's pretty much what the film is. It kind of follows his character and his uh, progression and tur- trans- transforming into a bat and stuff. And uh, yeah, and of course, all these crazy things are happening and the police are after him and blah, blah, blah. So... My thoughts on the bad people? Well, first off, man, I have to I have to give it up to Screen Pack for making a super well, I guess I think it's actually the original cover art, but the original cover art for the bad people is, is crazy misleading. Um it shows on the cover like a whole pile of people that are transformed into bats and stuff. That generally is not what happens into this film. The bat people, again, even the title's misleading. Uh but I will say, man, it's actually kind of entertaining. It's it's one of those films where you know it could be mis uh kind of judges being you know a silly film based on the premise but it, the funny thing is it's played straightforward absolutely straightforward all the performances are like super serious and everything kind of comes off like that uh the problem is with the film though is like it's just it's one of those ultra predictable type films where you pretty much know exactly it's it's very formatic in itself and you know exactly where it's going to go and stuff but you know the ride until you get to the third act is okay and stuff but it's just completely outrageous and ridiculous but there's some pretty funny funny moments in this film but uh overall man there's not really a whole lot to say about this one it's pretty entertaining for what it is um i will say actually stan winston did the uh, makeup effects on the the bat person, I guess our doctor here that turns into a bat. And I thought that was pretty interesting or he was a supervisor or whatever. And it's, you know, it's a very early film that Stan Winston worked on. If you're familiar with him, he's worked on, well, some, probably some of your favorite films and did effects on some of your favorite films. Um, but yeah, so that was kind of interesting to know, to find that out in the, in the credits and stuff. But yeah, it's pretty run of the mill. I'm looking at the uh, IMDb page right now. It has a 2.2 out of 10 on here. That's insanely low for this film. It's actually not that bad. I got to say the performance is pretty good. Um, it plays itself pretty straightforward, which I like in this type of film, man. It, it's pretty cool. It's, like I said, misleading, but it's okay. I give this one about a 6 out of 10. It's pretty fun for what it is, but I will say the Screen Factory transfer on the Blu-ray, fucking phenomenal. Looks so good. 
honestly, man, it, the, the transfer is like amazing on this one. Special feature does come with a Mystery Science 3000 uh, episode, which is also very cool. So it's, I'm glad to see that they're bringing back the episodes on there because they did the episode. Oh, what release was that? That Screen Factory did. It was uh, the Screaming Brain or whatever. What yeah, the, the Crawling the, Eye. What was it? <laughs> no, not the Crawling Eye. Uh, the man, um, the man with the severed. No, the woman. What the fuck? The one with the head in the fucking. Yeah, uh, yeah, that one. Anyways, the that man with the Screaming Brain. Was it that? It is the man with the Screaming Brain. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Anyways, that that release had a. Uh, Mystery Science 3000 episode, which, which is pretty cool. So, but you know, honestly, pretty fun film. Not overly <laughs> insanely good or anything, but it's worth it for the for the for the feature and the fucking transfer, man. Big ups to Screen Factory on that one. So, the Bad People from 1974. Give it a shot. It's okay. Rated PG. What'd you rate it? Six out of ten. Did they say bad people? Bad people. No, they really don't. And you know, it's it's kind of it's it's no, one of those films you just want to see more of the fucking cre- like even when he start like when he transforms. And it's funny. I was watching this with my kid, and he's like, "Is the rest of his body going to transform into a bat?" <laughs> he says to me, and I'm like, "I don't know, man. I'm not sure because it's like a face kind of thing, right?" It's pretty funny, but yeah, the bat. It's okay. It's okay. Fun fog. Fun watch. Cool, Jeremy. Sure. So I saw this one a little while back, but I've, I never talked about it. And now that it got released on Tuesday, more people have been talking about it. Me and Moods talked a little bit about it before the show started. And I don't think I was on the show yet when I saw this film. But it is one that I want to talk to you guys so this about. this isn't a segment? No, are we doing segments and all? Yeah, I thought it was one and one. Okay, I didn't know if that's what you guys wanted to do. That's, That's what, what you wanted to do. To show you, motherfucker. <laughs> All right. Well, I'm just going to talk, review this movie as my segment. Anyway, it is Phoenix Forgotten from the year 2017. Now, this movie, like I said, came out on Tuesday. And it is, you know, it's a found footage film that it seems like people are half and half on. A lot of people appreciate it and like it. And some people really hate it. I think it's the same sense in the in the critics' world as too. Some people liked it, and some people absolutely destroyed it. And my opinion on this one is that uh, I, I enjoyed it for what it is. You know, it's not going to be a film like uh, Grave Encounters or The Tunnel or Atrocious or some of the better found footage films. But as a mainstream attempt on a uh, found footage film, it's actually not too bad, and the film did really, really bad. I mean, it did worse than It Comes at Night, which is not that good as it is, because It Comes at Night did pretty shitty, which is unfortunate. But the film follows uh, Sophie. Sophie is a grown-up who is uh, documenting uh, the missing story of her brother who disappeared after one night. He got on camera what is known as the Phoenix Lights, which were these bunch of bright lights in the sky, that appeared and then zoomed away and was a loud sonic boom and all that. And Josh became obsessed with these northern lights or these, you know, Phoenix lights. And he became friends with a uh, up and coming reporter and uh, a guy who was the camera guy. And they decide to go out and find where these Phoenix lights are coming to. And the found footage section is basically their journey from the beginning 
of their day to the end of the day and as they go out to the military base and all the normal stuff that we see in alien found footage films. But the interesting about this movie is that uh, the found footage section takes place in 1996. So it is a 4x3 aspect ratio throughout the entire film. Very interesting. It has that 1996 VHS type feel to it. Uh, Very original for a mainstream film, you know. It's very interesting to see that kind of style in a movie that got a 2,500-plus theatrical release. It feels like something that more uh, filmmakers would have risked on a straight-to-DVD type of a uh, sense. And the story isn't really that original. You know, we've seen it before, Area 51, which is a pretty not-that-good found-footage film. But the fact that this one tries to do something different by setting it in the early 90s, it has that 90s feel, and it kept my interest. Um, the ending is eh, its what you would expect from a low-budget mainstream found footage film. But as a found footage film, this one is actually higher up on the list of movies that I think you guys should check out. It's not going to like blow your balls open or anything like that, but I think it's one that you should give a shot I'd be curious to hear Moods and JP's <laughs> opinion on it. <coughs> I would assume JP is probably going to be a little kinder on it like I am than Moods. I just have a feeling Moods is probably going to go in there and just stick its thumb right up its ass. But if you can get behind the problems, I think you probably have an okay time with it. So I give Phoenix Forgotten a 6 out of 10. Nice. Now, you said the, the film was uh, taking place in 96? Yeah. And at one point in the review, you said, you know, in the early 90s. Okay. The mid, I think the 96 mid-90s. is a little more on the latter oh, part of the 90s. Oh, fuck off. You know what I meant. Mid-90s. <laughs> so, uh, I, I was kind of curious about that one, honestly. Like, I'm, I like found footage. Like, I just watched Man Versus last week. I didn't end up talking about it on the show. But, like, I liked that one. That one was pretty cool. It's on Netflix and stuff. You just have to know what you're getting into with that one. Um because it's probably if you don't know anything you might think that it's lame what they end up doing but i don't know um so yeah let's get into mine i don't have a segment this week either um i'm just gonna go with the dark tower because i seen it last night and uh it's new so i figure it's good to review new things um the Dark Tower from 2017 so uh i had heard a lot of really bad things about it uh, going into it, and it's, uh, it's about, honestly, like, it's, it's about what I expected, that the reviews were probably way too harsh, because they normally are with these mainstream movies, and they were, uh, it's, uh, it's definitely more fantasy than horror, for sure, which I knew that going in, because I know that the, the movie, the books themselves aren't horror books, you know, per se, they're more fantasy, and, um, so I expected that, uh, there, the, it basically follows a kid in New York City who uh, has dreams and visions. And he has dreams of this place that is not like America or Earth or something. And it looks to be like a long time ago or a long time forward in the future maybe. Uh, but it is basically uh kind of another world it's like a, it's like another uh universe kind of or not really another universe it's kind of like just another world i guess in the universe i'm fucking lost 
<laughs> I'm trying to. It's it's so not it's uni- not confusing at all. Yeah. It, it it's basically well what they they set it up nicely at the beginning of the movie. They basically say the dark tower is in the center of the universe. It's the it's the exact so it's center. like the sauna. I, I don't know. Um so <laughs> the dark tower prevents prevents bad things from destroying the universe so as long as the tower stands the universe is kept in balance kind of like star wars ish i was getting a vibe for star wars um the you know the force the balance between good and evil and stuff like that it's kind of similar you know and um basically there are threats to the dark tower all the time throughout history now earth is somewhere not in the center but somewhere on the outside you know and there's another place that's also on the outside, another place, another place. It's the entire universe, right? And they set up kind of an interesting mythology here, and I don't know what's in the book. I've never read the books. So I have no idea. But what's beyond the universe, like outside of the universe, if the Dark Tower ever is knocked down, then what's on the outside of the universe can come inside, and it's bad. Um, so basically, this kid is having visions of this Dark Tower, and he's having visions of this black dude who's like a cowboy. And this dude lives in another part of the universe, and he's the gunslinger. He's like he's like a protector of the Dark Tower. Uh, kind of like a Jedi. And like, you know what I mean? So, like, uh, I'm telling you, like, this is kind of like Star Wars, which why... He's fancy I, security, man. But he, he shoots guns and stuff, and you get a little... So the kid... Is having visions of this. Turns out that there are people on Earth that are like it's very they live like where he can see them, but nobody else can, and they are like bad people who work with Matthew McConaughey, who's an evil sorcerer trying to destroy the Dark Tower. Of course he is. Um, and he sees them. He takes off. He gets through a portal basically that takes him to the Gunslingers part of the universe, and he befriends him like Ala, like the Terminator or something. Because like he then brings him to Earth and in New York, so it it has a lot of those like like cool moments where he's like, "What is this?" And he's like, "You know, it's a hot dog." And he's like, "You people are sick. What kind of breed is it?" <laughs> you know what I mean? Like just just cheesy stuff like that. You know, he doesn't know what um, certain things are. He's but naive. on his original, in his part of the universe, they have like theme parks and stuff. But he doesn't know what they are because this place has been desolated for so long that you see, like, remnants of, like, theme parks, like you would, like, a mountain or something. And he doesn't know what it is because history has forgotten it, but the kid knows what it is. So I I actually kind of liked some of that stuff going into it. To me, the worst part of this movie, I like the mythology. I like the good, evil, like, um, almost, like, Star Wars Jedi-type mythology. I like the mythology behind this gunslinger who's from this place, and he's he has these moments where he, like, it's literally like Star Wars where, where he uses like Jedi mind tricks almost where he's like, he like almost like slows down time and he like thinks and then he shoots and the bullet goes like all like really far away and ends up killing the thing. Like I, I thought that scene was pretty cool. The gunslinger's very likable. The kid's not bad, but Matthew McConaughey is atrocious. Um, which I, I've never had an issue with Matthew McConaughey at all. Um, he just plays this villain so basic like he is not menacing only he has an accent but he's supposed to be this huge threat to the world like a Darth Vader to the universe and he's just like so lame and he's like it's cringy and 
he just doesn't have a, a menacing presence to him. And honestly, that is the biggest problem with this movie. It it hurts the film bad because it's just like you can't take this villain seriously. Mm-hmm. He has a cool thing where he has magic where he just walks past somebody and he says, "Stop breathing," and they fall to the ground and die. Like, cause like, so he has this cool power, but he's just so lame that like, he's not threatening. Uh, and they talk a lot about like, basically this kid, his power, why he's seeing this is he has the shine. So that's kind of cool because it's like shine. It's like this, what the kid in the shining had. So it, it it, like kind of ties itself into the King universe a bit. And the, the, the gunslinger has the shine too. And, uh, there's a few references, like I seen that one of the portals was like 1408 and stuff. There's a few references to other King King stuff. Um, I don't really see what people's major issue. Like people are saying this movie's so bad. It's just it's just kind of it's a li- it, the the villain's lame. It's it was entertaining to me. Carly didn't like it, um, but it, it's because it's fantasy. I like fantasy movies. Like I like. You know, Star Wars, I, I like um, never-ending story, stuff like that, you know what I mean? Like, this mythology and these, like, worlds and universes and bad and evil and stuff. You know, it, it's it's kind of cool. Um, I don't have nothing to compare it to, obviously, so I don't know if much of this is lifted from the book or it's just its pure own thing with, like, slight references and, and pulled from the book a little bit. Um, the and I will say this: the ending, the whole end part of the film, feels very much like the mummy, just just cheap and just basic. So that took <laughs> off points too. I do think this is better than the mummy, um, which I kind of compare these movies because they're both big movies, both have big star, you know, like they, they they're more stylized and and action oriented, I guess. But uh, I think this one's a little better because I really dug the mythology. Uh, but I'm going to come in at, uh, probably a seven on this one. It's not amazing. It's okay. It's a, it's a, it's a good, it's a good watch. Matthew McConaughey is the worst part, but I like the gunslinger and the kids relationship and, and the gunslinger was fucking damn cool. Uh, there's, there's funny moments in it too, which, which I, I actually laughed at a few things. Um, it's, it's, it's not over, it's only 90 minutes, so it's not overly long or anything. Uh, so I, I feel confident with a seven out of ten. Um, people just I don't I don't I never understood the the like way that certain reviewers in the mainstream review things where like I, I feel like they've never seen a bad movie before. Like they're not watching Ice Sharks for sure. <laughs> you know what I mean? So like um, some some of the reviews just confuse me, I guess, because I watch all types of movies and, and things like that. So. Um, it's definitely not bad. You know, it's, it's definitely not bad. Maybe if you compare it to the novel, it's bad. I don't know. But it's, it's just Matthew McConaughey sucks. That's what's so bad about it. But the, the rest of it's pretty fun. Um, so yeah. Dark Tower. So what, did, so just for shits and giggles, man, what did, um, what did Carly give it? She gave it a six out of 10. She doesn't like fantasy at all. Oh, so she was literally just a point behind you, like you were saying. Before. Yeah, you said like she hated it. <laughs> I said she yeah. didn't like it, but she rates like me though too, where she doesn't. She kind of takes the film on like how good it is and doesn't really factor in like how much she like like what, if she likes that type of movie that much. Um, so she didn't, but she didn't like it at all. Like she wouldn't go watch that ever again, or well, I wouldn't either. But I'm saying like. She didn't like it, but she thinks that it was, de- you know, decent enough made. She hated Matthew McConaughey, too. She was the one that was rolling her eyes and saying he was cringy. I don't think she got a lot of the... Like, she didn't get in 
like with the mythology like I did, you know? Like, I, I that was my favorite part, was just, like, the, the, the story, you know? Like, the the universe and the Dark Tower. I want to see more of the about the Dark Tower, because they don't, they don't really say much about it. <laughs> but... Yeah. That's cool. Interesting. I, Interesting. I... I, I, I I didn't have a bad time with it at all, honestly. Like, I enjoyed my time watching it. Mm. Hmm. Yeah, man, I've been hearing nothing but predominantly bad reviews. I was surprised, actually, to hear you come in so high on it, too, but that's that's cool, man. That's cool. Yeah. Probably me, not like, going to watch it. Honestly, like, <laughs> I would, it, it's weird. I know Watson kind of does this, but, like, 5 to me is, like, in terms of pure technical ability like a five is average but to me in terms of enjoyment a seven a 6.5 to a seven is average to me like because that's mostly what i watch when i think of it's an average movie most most of what i watch is like sevens not fives you know what i mean so like i'm kind of saying it's an average movie but it's above average in quality all right cool all right, get into my Italian stallion of the week from the so year you do of nineteen. 19- segment last week you didn't, and this week you do. <laughs> no, I actually had this from last week. I just didn't review it because I wasn't paying attention. <laughs> but nineteen seventy nine, we got Joe Diamato, Beyond the Darkness. Yes, uh, cool. Yeah, man, uh, this one right here just got well got released by eighty eight films, and I'm reviewing the eighty eight films Blu ray. I don't have the several one yet because coming soon <laughs> yeah um but uh yeah you know honestly joe diamato is mostly known for i would say directing more sleazy type films i mean he's directed some zombie almost pretty much porno films and erotic nights of the living dead and porno holocaust and but he's done some Did really he do good the work. third elsa film no that was franco i think uh franco yeah um i mean it, Diamato's most famous film is probably Anthropophagus just because of the video nasties and stuff. But uh, I've seen a lot of Diamato's work. I mean, he did a lot of crime work, uh, crime action and stuff in the early 70s. But he's touched in all sorts of different genres. This film right here is probably his masterpiece, like his best film in the horror, in the horror realm. Uh, I haven't, you know, it's been a while since I've watched Beyond the Darkness and revisiting this film. I was just like, man, dude, that really does do what it's supposed to do. Um, it's a great exploitation type film. Um, basically, the storyline is uh, we follow our main character, Frank. Uh, Frank is a, uh, he's like a taxidermist and he unfortunately loses his wife. Uh, she passes away and stuff. And he, you know, now he's trying to deal with the loss of his wife because he was kind of unexpected. And, uh, you know, he's just really struggling with it, having a really hard time. He lives in this huge mansion. He's just like the heir to like this massive fortune and stuff. He's a really kind of rich dude and stuff. He's got a maid, uh, which he ha- ultimately has this very strange relationship with, too. She's a very strange one herself. Um, so now he's, he's grief stricken. He's trying to really deal with the death of his wife. And um, so he decides one day that he is going to uh exhume her body basically dig her up and stuff her you know do what he does for a living to his wife uh when he realizes that's not really you know fully exactly what he wants to do like he's got her stuffed in this room and stuff he starts to bring in these women to find a replacement for her and uh, you know some of those women don't end up leaving the house and he continues this very strange relationship with his maid and of course there's a police investigation and that's the story of the film um 
my thoughts on this one. This is one of those type of films where Diamato sets the <clears throat> sets the stage for it almost makes you feel gritty and dirty while you watch this film. It has such a nasty feel to it. I think the casting was absolutely perfect in this film, which really helped out how uh, this one kind of plays itself out. Uh, Kieran Cadre plays Frank. Um, he does such a great job as a taxidermist. He's just cast perfect. He looks the part of being this grief stricken kind of husband. And it's just great, man. And also uh, the girl that plays the maid, I can't remember her name is, but she is just nasty looking like she looks like a fucking man kind of deal and stuff and they have this really strange relationship but she's cast perfect as this evil kind of bitch and stuff um but yeah man this is a really nasty dirty film it deals with a lot of subject matter it deals you know with necrophilia of course murder and just lust and 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 lots of jealousy and uh just lots of things that are going on in this film it's really crazy the cool thing about this film it's a very film hey moods jp's a fucker (laughs) <laughs> um why well, yeah, i was cool. totally in fucking la la land no, I'm no not, of course i'm not i'm listening <laughs> but yeah so the cool thing about this film is uh, it's a very visual film um i love the way diamato sets up this film he does a lot of really great cinematography lots of really challenging shots that really kind of challenge the viewer to get into this film and uh I think it works just brilliantly. He doesn't have a lot of dialogue, which is interesting. It's one of those films, there's not a lot of, um, you know, I mean, there's towards the end of stuff, but there's not really a whole lot of dialogue in this one, which I love that about this one. You don't see that in a lot of these type of films. Generally, there's just a big in- investigation, a lot of, you know, things going on, but but you just don't have that in this one. It's very visual and stuff. Uh, yeah, man, this one's straight in your face. It, it kind of sucks you in right from the beginning, and you can't get away from the characters, and you're just like wondering what the hell is going to happen next. It's got some nasty-ass gore in this one, too. I love it. I love when you get introduced to this relationship between Frank and his uh, maid, which I believe is... Oh, our name's Iris. And, uh, man, there's one scene in this film, which I won't ruin it, but when you see it happen, you're going to be like, what the fuck? It's literally one of those what-the-fuck moments. You're like, what? Seriously, that just happened? <laughs> it's so fucking strange. Um... But ultimately, there's some pretty cool scenes of them disposing bodies, and the gore gets pretty nasty in this one and shit like that. But all around, an amazing film. The score is done by Goblin. Uh, they, the soundtrack is so memorable in this film. It drives it so much, like all their scores do in all the films that they do the soundtracks for. But uh, yeah, man, this one overall is such a gritty and grimy. I love it that it makes me feel so fucking gross when I'm watching the film. I love it. I think it's one of the best ones out there. I give this one eight and a half. Um, check out Beyond the Darkness. It's fantastic. There's a documentary. I'm, I'm not sure if it's on the 7 release. Jeremy, have you watched this yet? No. Anyways, there's a documentary on the 88 Films one, which is 90 minutes. I have yet to get to it, but i got to check it out because it's like obviously on Jordi Amato and stuff. But check out Beyond the Darkness if you've never seen it before, man. It's a really, really just it's just it's almost in a level disturbing because of the of what it deals with and stuff right also known as view omega um a lot of people know as as that title as the you know original italian title but um yeah i highly recommend beyond the darkness i absolutely love this film man i hadn't seen it in years and upon rewatching, i was like fuck man what a wicked film gp gotta check it out jeremy you gotta fucking do a review of it too yeah i'll uh i'll watch Tomorrow. it for next show yeah, it's good shit, man. Really, really fucking gritty, grimy shit. <laughs> I love it. Cool, cool. Yeah. That was uh, what we watched. All right, so getting into the featured reviews this week. And this week is kind of special because we have a bonus feature review 
which is coming straight from our Patreon, courtesy of Marco. And uh, yeah, man, I just want to say thank you for supporting and picking this film. And no. of course, well, the- not really. Not, thank not you for, for picking, picking this film. This film. Because it's fucking... Yeah. But th- thank you for supporting the show. Yep. And we will review anything that is yep. that is picked by a supporter. Uh, including those are the little, Mississippi, here we come. I think those are a little bit of spoilers on their on their views on this film. But uh, but yeah, man. Well, That's the, right, you guys the, can a little, a little fairness. First of all, Mystery Solved, this is not Marco the movie fan. Just happens to be from Finland and named Marco. Uh, yeah. <laughs> which must be a common name. Um, but... Basically, uh, the reason he picked this is because he is from Finland, and according to him, there's not many horror movies from Finland. Uh, like, Bodum is what he says is the best horror film from Finland. Well, I can see why. And I like, like, <laughs> no, Lake Bodum's good. I love yeah, no, Lake no, Bodum. Um, but Sauna, I think he was just more curious to see what we thought of it. I don't know if he even likes it. Um, yeah. But set up the I have a feeling I, I, I do I do have a feeling like yeah anyways the, the film in question here is from 2008 and it's called Sauna um, oddly enough and it's kind of weird that this one it's a Finnish film but it actually deals with with Swedes and Russians yeah. <laughs> this film it's kind of it's kind of odd actually actually at first I was confused I was like they're not first? Finnish what about second third and fourth no, no, of course. Yeah, I guess, I guess there's a lot of confusing points to this film but I just thought it was interesting with Swedes and Russians but anyways um Quick little breakdown here. As a 25-year-old war between Russia and Sweden concludes, two brothers who are part of an effort to outline new border accords become undone by their actions and their mistreatment of a young woman during their journey. Okay, so the first thing I want to say, I was watching this, and I swear to God, dude, I started, like, okay, so I had a hard time finding this. I thought he said that it was on Shutter. It is on Shutter, but only Canadian Shutter, which barely ever happens. Uh, where yeah, you get something that I don't. Uh, so I had a hard time finding it. Jeremy owns it on DVD. Oddly enough, I think he said it was midnight. See, I didn't even know it was an IFC. This had to be a quiet released one, huh? Early release. Yeah. It's just an IFC. Yeah, it's oh, 2004 IFC. midnight. Yeah. Even. Okay. Yeah, so, yeah, yeah it's an older one. Uh, so I had a hard time watching this. Finally found a version, uh, courtesy of Jeremy and I was laying there at night and I'm watching it and I swear to Christ, dude, every, I I was watching it and I'm like, uh, they'll, they'll start talking and they'll be like saying these things and I'm like, okay, okay, okay. I'm trying to follow. And then I'm like, I'm like, okay, so this guy, what, what? And I'm like, I'm like, what the hell is going on in this movie? Period. (laughs) Like I can't, no, I love period pieces, but every, every 10 minutes I was like trying to follow the story and I would be like, okay, so this guy, and then I would just snap out of it and I'd be like, what the hell is going on? And I was like, I'm either too high or this shit doesn't make sense. And like, I seriously had a really hard time following the movie, and I was like, "I'm dumb as fuck." Like I was like, "I can't wait to talk to the guys." I I can't I can't wait to talk to the guys to hear if I was dumb as fuck because that would be a revelation to me, uh, or this movie is confusing. And so I messaged Jeremy this morning and Moods, and I was like. I was like, anybody else get confused by sauna? And Jeremy was like, "What'd you say?" It's like, yeah, I have no idea what the fuck was going on either. <laughs> so I, th- I think you know, honestly, man, I-, I think the premise of the film is a little bit easier. I think th- it's just the execution is very slow, and it's you know, it's a tired, pe- uh, you know, a, 
Um, what period even like is it? I couldn't even track it's that. Fifteen hundreds. It was taking place in like the fifteen hundreds. Yeah. Okay, and the, the throwing in Russia and Sweden, and it's a Finnish film. Like I. I didn't understand. But I didn't understand the. But I don't know that. I didn't know that it's like Finnish. Is, but they're from well, Finland, aren't they? This, yeah, this, this is oh. kind of the problem with reviewing a, a film like this where we don't necessarily know the history That's, of. That was my big thing. Re- I was like, what the fuck kind of. I was like, is this like an actual war or is this made up for the movie? Like. I'm that, pretty sure that this, this could have been something real and stuff, but you know, that, that that's a problem that we have as you know North American reviewers on a film like this. We don't necessarily know the history between yeah. Sweden and the Russian War and stuff like that, and also we don't necessarily know uh, the Christian religion beliefs of you know the Finnish and the Swedish or wherever it's coming from. Yeah, this um, had me so- questioning everything, yo, because I'm watching yeah. it and I'm like. I'm like, okay, well, I know, like, what, like, it kind of feels like a civil war, but they don't have guns. And I'm like, when was guns invented? So I start Googling, when was guns invented? And then I was like, oh, but that doesn't mean anything. When was guns invented in Finland? You know what <laughs> I mean? Like, I'm, I'm sorry, questioning my yeah. entire life, man. This fucking movie had me fucked. And then I'm not, I'm Googling shit, so I gotta pause the movie because it's in subtitles. And I'm like, Jesus <laughs> Christ, this movie's so hard to watch for me. <laughs> I watched it last night when I got home from work. I was trying not to fall asleep. I, I think I think thing. the general premise. I mean, we we get introduced to our our uh, characters right away in the film. You know, two brothers and stuff. We got Eric and Newt, and Eric is he's that type of guy that um, he really kind of almost gets off on you know hurting innocent people. Yeah. Um, he he's even to the point where he actually keeps a tally. And it really kind of showcases a character, you know, of the times and stuff. He literally has a count. He's at I like seventy three like because they're like, and, and then he's like seventy four. You know, what yeah. I mean? Um, you but, know, so, and, so Eric is kind of like the he's kind of the he's the dick. bastard child, really. And Newt is more of the level headed person nuts. that kind of keeps Eric. In. He keep yeah. Newt is yeah. Nah, he's nuts. the fuck. <laughs> it's actually Newt. I it's think. not. <laughs> Whatever. But anyways, he's the level headed one. I definitely Eric didn't bust the not watching this movie. So what happens here is, you know, they're going through the motions. They've, they've, uh, the, uh, the Swedes have teamed up with the Russians and now they need to make a map. The war has ended. They need to map out the area so they can go on with, you know, life, you know, you kind know of thing. How long like, it took me to understand that that's what they were doing. Oh, really? <laughs> I didn't understand that. So, so anyways, in their journeys, they have this confrontation. The two brothers have this confrontation with this old man and his daughter. And one thing leads to another where uh, Eric ends up killing this older man. And they ultimately make this odd decision of locking in this daughter into this basement. Uh, well, Newt makes the conscious decision of doing it to save her from Eric. But they don't go back to like let her out. So ultimately, we assume that she kind of dies down there. Um and so anyways, they continue along with their journeys and stuff, and they come to this very strange area that's not really on the map. It's like the swamp area and stuff. And right away, they notice something that's very odd about this area is that not only it's not on the original map, is that there is a sauna in the middle of the swamp. And they're like, what the fuck is this? Yeah. And they know right away, and as a viewer, you know that something is wrong with this. Like, well, this you, is just not yeah, you, right. Well, they're, they're, they're being like ghostly the whole journey to <laughs> exactly. exactly and basically what this film is it, th- this is kind of the point where it takes shape and it kind of gives you the idea that this film is dealing with um it's dealing with uh like guilt and and, and yeah, morals and, and, and morality and stuff like that and this is kind of the show that event happens with this girl and everything just kind of happens and it, it's it's almost like a supernatural there's supernatural elements to the film too but it's almost like 
without that event of what happened to the the old man's daughter who knows if this sauna incident would have happened anyways mm. it's almost like that happened and then they walk into this world where now we need to cleanse your sins from what i've gathered from minor research just kind of watching the film <laughs> today is that <laughs> sauna in finnish uh in, or maybe swedish um religion christian religion is a place where you could physically go and clean yourself and also clean or cleanse your sins. It was a place you literally go into, and that's what it would do for you. So hence this and stuff. And uh, yeah, well, they even mentioned is, that like the Buddhists. What there was like that town was once Buddhists. I'm actually a little bit lost on that too because they do mention the kids. Um, of course, the brothers and, and the you know all the people that are making the map. They they ask the people of this uh, this little weird kind of colony. The they're like, well, where did you guys come from? And then and then they finally admit that they got there. And the monks had left the religion, like they or they're just kind of left and stuff. And it's not really fully explained why. Um, and th- that was a little bit confusing for myself because I'm like, okay, this is obviously dealing with some heavy religion stuff. But why did the monks leave and these guys came in and where did they come from? Not a lot of that is really explained. It's kind of odd, actually. So that's where the film really kind of takes a detour for myself. And I'm thinking to myself, I'm like, okay, I'm getting this premise and stuff, and I understand they're dealing with this guilt, and these guys are probably going to be cleansed in one way or another, kind of thing, but. Who exactly are these fucking people? And maybe I missed the point of, you know, they do explain the fact that there was one child born here and no children after that. And I was kind of trying to put pieces together. And then I started doing a little more research and I found kind of a, you know, a quote unquote from the director and it said, talking about the film, because this one actually premiered in Toronto in 19 or in 19 in 2008. <laughs> and the director was there in Toronto which I'm actually going to tomorrow, which I'm super excited. And um, anyways, they did a Q&A after the, uh, you know, the screening. And, you know, this is a quote that he says. He said, uh, he said, if you have to go too far along in life without facing those who hurt you, then eventually it's too late to make amends. Then eventually, if you try to face your victims, they'll be faceless. Um, and then he, he went on cool. to say that. He kind of went on to say that, like, you know, he did say that some things are open to interpretation in the film, too. And I'm I'm assuming that has to do with some of the more religious things that are in there. Because religion is, you know, at a time where it's left for interpretation sometimes with some of the, you know, especially for us in North America, man. It's hard to understand other religions. It's hard to understand the religion around here. But so I think that's kind of what he was getting at with that. But. I understand the basic premises. We're dealing with, you know, guilt and morals and things like that. And that's kind of what it is. And, you know, I have to say, though, man, this film, absolutely fucking beautiful. JP, this, yeah, doesn't this film repent That's you? the one thing that I was going to say about my positive. A good-looking movie. It has, like, great yeah, mood and atmosphere. And oh, I love so period good. pieces. And I love, like, this foggy, like, marshy area that they're at and stuff. So, yeah, I... I 100% was digging that and, and you know it, it's interesting because like, I've never what was he going to say what did it remind you of JP another film that me and you reviewed it was a Spanish war film that we reviewed it was it wasn't very uh, good the but squad. for the aesthetic the squad the aesthetic yeah. in that film <laughs> instantly reminded me of the second this film it was so beautiful well, you should watch, you should watch very ominous. new movie then yeah, this film is super ominous. Like it's mm. very subtle and like slow and haunting and shit like yeah. that. And and I didn't find with like you know the whole ghost kind of aspect aspect you know supernatural if it was really happening or not. Um, to be over overly done and stuff, I didn't find it to be jump scary or anything. I actually kind of enjoyed that. I was like, oh shit, what the fuck was yeah. that kind of thing? But they do touch on it in the film. They're like, dude, you're seeing shit. Mm-hmm. You're seeing shit. But it's really, it's his mind. He kind of is. He's fucking street. He's 
stricken with stricken. guilt. He's fucking guilty because he just they just possibly killed this girl. And they don't really know what happened to her. I, kind I of was thing. a little so, confused. So they they took they took this girl from her father and they put what? her in this basement why? and they left her and then they burned the house Did they down. Say why? The, like why well, were they there at the father? Because they found the picture of Jesus hidden. Something to do with some kind and of. And that pissed them off. They're not I think to it, do that. It was kind I of funny because I, I, I was thinking about you know that. Remember when he said to him, he's like, "Well, you fucking fed us food that I wouldn't even eat with my ass or whatever." <laughs> you, you know what's was, weird, and I wanted to comment on this. I've never had a situation in w- which I was watching a period piece. Okay, so it being in North America, me, you, Jeremy, we understand. I mean, North America. Yeah, me, you, and Jeremy, right? Mm. That's what he said. Yeah, but I thought you said me and Jeremy. No, uh, we understand old timey American and Canadian English, right? Like, like when you watch something that's like Civil War era or earlier or um, yeah. any era, there's there's a way that they say things. Like, take a film like The Witch, for example, right? There's a way that they say things that is the different dialect, yeah. from today's time. Well, yeah. not only is this film from another time period. But it's from another time period in a place that is we're unfamiliar with, and it's translated. So mm-hmm. if they're talking old timey in Finland or, or Sweden or Russia or wherever the fuck it is, theirs is their dialect is going to be different from our old time English. So not only is it removed from like that me knowing that, but it's also another language that's translated into English. So it adds a, oh, a whole nother level of like different dial, like different shit. You know what I mean? That mm-hmm. comes across like hard to understand. Like I felt like the dialogue was like a, it was it was very dialogue heavy for one, and I found that like the subtitles on my version seemed a little maybe a little off. Like they would talk and then the subtitle would show up and like. It, was, it might have been your version because actually I didn't have a problem with the subtitles. They were matching up quite well on Shutter. Yeah. So okay. So, yeah. but not not just that though. But it's another language translated into English. But it's another. It's not Finnish. It's old Finnish or old yeah. whatever. I don't even know. Well, I would I would assume maybe they did that. I mean, it, it's hard to say, right? It's it's a lower budget That's film. What Who we knows can't if they even were tell you? It might be like modern. We would, it's we like, would never know. It's so not us. I mean, someone from Finland would know or whatever language they're speaking. Um, Finnish. So I found that extremely hard to like wrap my head around, I guess is what it is. Cause I love period pieces, mm-hmm. but even those films, I struggle with the dialogue sometimes. Like you kind of context clues, like figure out what they're saying and stuff when it's a little out there and off, just yeah. judging by what other words they use before and after. But, um, it's, it's weird. It, like I was having, I was like, and I was overthinking it too. I think like where I was like, I was like, it was really tripping me out, like trying to figure out like what if it was like current language that is translated to English or like, it. Uh, <laughs> I I think I watched this film properly. Like I I watched it on my computer, obviously. Well, I could have hooked it up to my TV, but I had the headphones on and I just like I literally just sat in front of it, like my head like a foot away from the screen and just like, <laughs> paid attention to everything. Like it was dialogue heavy, but it was very very simple dialogue to understand and follow. 
it's more about exactly what you know but the they're point talking is. about <laughs> things that they're not telling you what it is like they're talking exactly. about no, this war but i'm like okay so like the war is over like that like what who was the war between like uh, and i didn't read the synopsis now i know it's between russia and sweden and i'm yeah. like who who are you were you guys soldiers or like what are you guys well, even the russian leader there or the guy that was appointed by the king or whatever um he you know he he was wearing the russian hat and stuff too right <laughs> so did you got okay there's one aspect of this film that was very strange to me and it's kind of like this this underlining almost gay relationship between newt and the dude that yeah, killed I, the general i first noticed that wait I th- was it him and him yeah yeah because remember he stabs him and he's like oh, i'm gonna have a relationship with newt or whatever and i was like what the fuck the guy <laughs> was i was catching on to that throughout the yeah film. i i, I, stuff was getting it was, lo- I thought it was like lost in translation or something like i was just like confused with certain things i didn't realize it was going to material to the point where because the, the russian leader was totally against that there was a point where he does say something on the fact of i think even eric even says something about you know the whole they don't use the word gay or anything i don't know but they do actually use the word gay do Not they? For that, but they say gay. They say gay. In oh, the they series. do. Actually, yeah, they do <laughs> in a totally different context. But yeah. you, you're getting the context, and and it kind of materializes to this point where there's this really odd scene where this dude actually kills this general, and I was like, what the fuck? Like, and then he's talking about having this relationship with you, and I was like, okay, and it doesn't really materialize. Nut. And, oh my uh, god, who gives a like, shit? It's just like, holy shit, man, that was fucking crazy, man. <laughs> like, what, what did you? Th- what, where are you at on this one, Jeremy? Uh, it's a beautiful movie to look at, but besides it's a that, spooky it's like, too at times. I, I guess I'm so. Super engaged in this one, man. The like, way like I took it, it's like I just think that they're trying just they're living with the guilt of what they did to this woman or this girl by leaving her in this basement. And but it's not song. just that though. It's it's a whole build up to that. Was kind of like the, the struck. Did the they say actor. why they left her in the basement? Yeah, no. Newt does. He was actually protecting her from Eric. And the member Newt. Yeah, yeah, I know that, but, but that doesn't says, mean. He says, "Why the fuck?" He goes, "Why the fuck?" Did-? Well, at that point, because he was killing the father. Because and then he, he found a. And then he says, of "Jesus, that's and why." He says an odd oh. thing. He's like, "Why the?" He's like, "Why didn't you let her out?" He actually blames Eric for leaving her down there. Yeah, that's what I'm because- asking. Why didn't they let her out? Maybe because they were afraid she, Newt, they were, was she was going to turn him in or something, which is bullshit. But yeah. It's, it's like weird. a weird setup. Like I, it, yeah. they don't really show. Like I feel like that's it's one def- of the problems is they don't show those scenes like play out. Like it's like it's like they're referencing it and stuff. But that's where you kind of have to catch it in the dialogue too. I think there was a few things said in the film that I was like that didn't show that. <laughs> like, I know, yeah, I know. Yeah. Like even like, when I'm, they, and it's attention. not even told chronologically. Like don't they take the girl in a flashback scene? That doesn't happen right at the beginning of the movie, right? Um, I think it's somewhere along their journey. It's in that part. I, I yeah. And I, can, I don't... like certain things bug me. Like I don't know. Like okay, did they take? They were living somewhere. Took a girl, kept her in a house. They were living in this house, locked her in the basement, and then left their house. Or like. What, they no, they stopped at a house they, no, they along were, the way. Like I don't. <laughs> they, they, they stopped at the house on the way because basically that's what they were doing. You know, doing the mapping. So whose house was it? Did they lock her in her own house basement? Yes. Uh, yeah. Oh. It was her and her father, and then yes. they found they the picture of Jesus, there. and they decided to kill him because I guess you're not allowed to have 
I don't know the backstory of the religion there, yeah. but because they found that picture, they killed the father. They burned down the house, right? And then they threw her in the basement. While the house not- was burning? Yeah. I thought they just left her in the fu- in a fucking house basement somewhere. Well, I think that's why whenever Nut sees her, she's all, like, burnt and fucked up. I yeah. thought she was still alive while they were on this journey. No, I think that... Like, that she no, was that's still in a basement somewhere. That's why Newt was having those scenes of, like, almost like Asian scenes where he was seeing, like, this dead body. And then Eric was giving him shit. He's like, man, you're fucking seeing shit. He's like, no, I saw the girl. I saw the girl. Right? Yeah, and like remember, in my head, how I was picturing square. it was like they didn't know if she was dead yet or had like died from thirst or like she was just still in the basement and that uncertainty. I think that would have played out better than knowing she died. Honestly, I think if well, they I, if they I, left her in a basement somewhere, just I think left it was a med- They just didn't want to. Fight. Well, that that was the thing they did. I don't remember. Am I missing the burning? Didn't they burn down a different house? That's what I thought. Oh, they burned down a different was, house. It was and that house. Her in their house. Because I know Newt gives Eric shit for, like, because he locked her in there. And then he's like, well, why the fuck didn't you let her out after? How, would, thing. She be, was, how would he be protecting her from him if she, if it was a, a, like, they wouldn't, she wouldn't be with him, right? No. <laughs> I don't know. It's, it's actually, but I mean, that whole scene is, I mean, the way that scene even materializes is that they're on this journey doing the shit, but the whole time I'm thinking to myself, I'm like, where the hell are the Russians? Because <laughs> they're like in this house eating this dude's food and then making, not making fun, but they're giving him shit for how bad his food was and all that shit goes down with the, with the Jesus and stuff. And I'm thinking to myself, where the fuck are the Russians the whole time? Because everyone was together the whole film. Like they were literally, they were appointed together. They had to do this together because they had to sign off on shit, right? So, yeah, it's a little, um, the film's a little bit disoriented <laughs> and a little bit, you know, there it's is, there is, it's a little clunky. It's it definitely a little bit clunky, man. Um, but I, I will admit, like, the aesthetic of the film is beautiful. And I have to say, man, even though this film is in a different language, Eric did a great fucking job in this film, man. His performance was yeah, so I had good. No issues with the acting. Oh, so good. Like, honestly, man, I, like, I wish I could just. I feel like I can always judge people's acting better if they're speaking my native language. You know, you oh, guys yeah. ever get that when you're yeah, watching foreign yeah. films? It's hard to tell if they're saying the words. Because pro- you know in American films, like, sometimes they say some shit pro- wrong, and you're like, what the f- that's coming off fucking Like back. they're going to phone in? Like, what the fuck Like they're going to phone about? in. Yeah, man. Nobody knows who the, fuck, who the fuck's going to phone in. That's retarded. <laughs> um, but yeah, man, like, this movie had me intrigued throughout the whole film. I will say the ending of the film... Is probably what the director was talking about, open for interpretation. Because holy shit, dude, what? <laughs> like, it's one of those moments where you go, I don't know, man. Like this whole movie. I don't know. I was. I think I got most of it. I'm just the ending to me felt like it wasn't. It wasn't complete. What the fuck? Talking to your boss again, Jeremy? Uh huh. Is he? Wa- <laughs> are you watching like pro wrestling or some shit? Yeah, pro wrestling. Oh. Pro wrestling, yeah. Um, I don't know, man. UFC boy. All right, let's let's jump into this goddamn rating. How about that? Jeremy, what do you rate this one? Okay, Okay. Jeremy, you go first. Why do I go first? I went first on fucking. Okay, I'll go first. Listen, this movie is beautiful to look at. It has great uh, cinematography, music, uh, a great look to it. But I can't just. I can't if it if it was you know just style that would be fine. But there's so much like dialogue and stuff. I just feel like I don't know a hundred percent if it was 
because it was foreign, if it was because it was a period piece, if it was because it was this or that, or if it just is not told well. And I honestly feel like it's not told well. Like, I feel like that the story is, is clunky and, and a little, um, too, too up for interpretation a little bit. Um, I do like the basic idea of like, okay, they left this girl. They don't know if she's alive or dead in my head anyway. And then they're on this journey to do this thing and they're being haunted by the, the feeling of, um, you know, regret or like guilt that they're having. Like, I love that, but I just feel like it just, it's just a messy movie to me. Um, and I'm just going to come at a barely passable rating, which is a 5.5 out of 10. Jeremy. Six out of 10. No, say why. <laughs> just gives the rating. All right. No, no. Like I said, I give this one a six out of 10. I feel like, like JP said, it's aesthetically pleasing the entire movie, especially when they're going through that swamp. It has that, that mysterious, you know, atmosphere to it. When the sauna first appears and it's just that white building and there's a, a lot of mist and shit coming out from underneath it. It's really, really nice to look at. Uh, the story, uh, like I said, it's 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 confusing to me. In my opinion, I had no idea what that fuck was going on. Maybe I wasn't paying attention to it as well as I should have. But I, if I was like moods and fucking looking at it like eight feet from the screen, maybe I would have fucking. Oh, I was things a Yeah, because I was really close to my TV too. And you didn't get it. No, <laughs> I, yeah. I, I explained what I got, man. <laughs> I mean, at least I understand it better than observance, but it's like... That one was easy. Nah, man, that movie fucking is stupid. But if you're gonna, I, like you said, I think you should watch Scorsese's new flick, JP. I think you're, you dig it if you like this well, film, but... Like- pretty much all of scorsese's flicks i'm sure i will <laughs> it's different though it's not your typical scorsese flick it's very similar to this with it's religious imagery and cinematography it's it's a very different kind of scorsese movie so if i think based on what you were saying on this with how you like the cinematography and stuff like that then i think you would probably dig this movie but like mood said the acting is really really great i was thinking the same thing nut does a good job <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> and Eric, Eric does a good job too so I come in at a 6 out of 10 with this yeah man um, style over substance I don't know I, I don't, don't know man it I, is. I don't think I, it is because I, I, yeah, I think it's trying to have a lot of substance but that's the thing and you know I think I'm I'm getting a lot of the substance out of it I mean stylistically man this movie is really beautiful man it's, it's very I love these type of like very doom and gloom feels feel type films right from the beginning like you know and it never breaks that character at all in the feel the atmosphere is just amazing this film acting's outstanding i thought the set you know well not the sets but just locate <laughs> what you cut out a little bit there you, you said froze. the locate the location you froze. oh did i cut out fuck um <laughs> but yeah, the costumes too, man. But which I don't really know exactly what they look like back in those days. But I'm sure it was something like that. I don't know. Uh, but um, 
for the most part, I, I, I do like what the director was trying to get at with here with the guilt and, and the morals and things like that. And I just think that the very end of the film is so confusing and not knowing a lot about Christianity in these countries and, and what exactly, you know, their rules and reg- regulations and shit are. Um, it, it, it's, it's tough to interpret. And I think that's probably the biggest problem that you guys were having, uh, which, you know, I didn't have the biggest problem with it. I thought I got the gist of most of this and I thought it was really, really well executed. One thing I did like about the film, they didn't try to overstay the welcome of the film. It was quite short, man. It was 82 minutes. I felt like it kind of got to what it needed to be. And, uh, even though there is some very, interesting developments in the film the whole monks thing and stuff i was really wanted to know more about the people and the the babies and things i don't know if i'm missing that whole thing but uh i was very intrigued by that whole kind of setup but i just wanted to know more about it because i think i I think it really would have kind of brought out the meaning of the film a little bit more so that one kind of hurt a little bit because i was expecting it to come out in the end but it really didn't so um but you know with that said man i still really enjoyed this film i'm gonna give it about a six and a half out of ten you know it was it was enjoyable for what it was but i think it's definitely not a one-time i don't even know if a second watch would even fully help to be honest but i did my best trying to get this one and Marco, if you've seen the film, let us know your thoughts on what our thoughts are. Uh, but thanks for recommending this because it was interesting. Yeah, I mean, definitely. Like, I'm not. I'm definitely not upset that I watched it. Like, I I got an enjoyment out of it. Like, I I went to sleep feeling like a cool atmosphere and stuff like that. What did you rate it? Six and a half. Oh, okay. Yeah. All right. Five and uh, a half, six, six and a half. Yeah. So, uh, thank you. If you want, if anybody else wants to have their film talked about in a featured review style review where we, all three of us watch it, um, you know, I hope we, I hope we did it justice. You know, I feel like we broke it down pretty well in, in about a little under a half hour. Um, so, <clears throat> you know, get it our Patreon and stuff like that. Uh, but yeah, let's, let's get into, let's do this, man. We're going to get into the actual feature reviews of this episode, which is going to be an OG verse remake. If you guys have not read the title of this, uh, we're going to take it all the way back to 1983 with a film called the house on sorority row. How did you watch this movie guys? I watched the 25th anniversary edition from some indie label how was the transfer it was as it said on the back a a brand new high definition transfer it definitely wasn't that i don't (laughs) know what kind of smoke they were blowing out of their ass but uh it was all right it wasn't horrible i watched the uh the two disc scorpion release the transfer it it looks awesome yeah i watched the cinema epics version which is a blu-ray from australia region free Ooh, boy, I thought the transfer looked great. Awesome. Great. So um, if you're if you're curious, I'm sure that Scorpion's out of print now. It is. It uh, is. Yep. I picked this up for on Amazon US on Prime. You know, got it in two days for like 17 bucks or something like that. I definitely recommend grabbing that if you want if you like this movie. Yeah, Scorpion dropped the Blu-ray of it years ago and it went out of print. But I never upgraded. I was like, man, the DVD looks fine, but. But uh, if you can find oh, it, man, you that's... watched the that's, DVD version, too? So I'm the only one watching in HD? Yeah, yeah. Oh, hell, boys, the DVD you gotta get up on up. that HD kick. I, I always... I, I could have upgraded... Blu-ray's out of print, too, dude. 
Huh? That's what I'm the Blu-ray Scorpion's out of print too. Oh yeah. Oh, I that's. Figured. I just. I just said that, man. I said the fucking Blu-ray was not a print for a long time, but he's got the Australian release. I know. But I like, know no, that. Those Australian release, you know, come, comes in a nice yeah, thick sandstorm. My a vagina. Box. People haven't fucking donated enough to the Patreon to get the sand sucked out of my vagina. All right. <laughs> Fuck off. All right. All so right, let's man, let's so. get into this bad boy here. Yes, this is Mark Rosman's uh, debut film, actually. Um, what has he done? What is Mark Rosman? He actually did a film I think you're familiar with from 95, which which is called Evolver. Yeah, I like Evolver. That's it, definitely not this, but it's <laughs> it, Evolver is the shit. Yeah, uh, House of the Story Roll, man, was actually originally shot in 1981. It was actually wrapped in 1981. They did a couple fill-in shots after and stuff, but it didn't get actually released until 83, but right in the heyday of Slasher, so 1981. Um, but yeah, 1983. After a seemingly innocent prank goes horribly wrong, a group of sorority sisters are stalked and murdered one by one in their sorority house while throwing a party to celebrate their graduation. I was surprised by this movie, man. I went into it thinking that it would have been a straight-up, sleaze-fest, cheesy slasher film from Probably the early 1980s. The cover, too. Well, yeah, but not that? even that. But even, like, the back has, like, a girl with her shirt open. But there's only one pair of titties in the entire movie. And the rest of it is, like, a straight-up fucking horror movie. That chick that actually shows her tits in this film became... She was, like, on soap operas for, like, ever. She's, like, still doing shit. She's, like, yeah. a really big name and, like, Young and the Red, all those type of shows. But, um, but yeah, actually, Mark Rosman even said one time he fucking hates the uh the the american artwork for this film because it makes it look sleazy he oh, wanted a totally different artwork he wanted like i can't remember something to do with someone hanging i don't know i like the artwork a lot i just didn't expect and you know obviously i'm kind of revealing my feelings towards this film a little bit but i didn't expect this level of quality is yeah. what i'm saying like I expected that it would be like a fun 80s slasher, something along the lines of like Sleepaway Camp or uh, Slumber Party Massacre or something like that. And possibly even lower like Sorority Party Massacre, whatever that other one, whatever that one is I reviewed. Uh, yeah. I, you know, which is way worse. But um, this is, this is a, this is a um, top shelf slasher here that we're dealing with man i've i talked about this one so many times in videos and stuff i've always said that this one right here is surprisingly underrated well made. yeah it's so I, well made I, like it, it I is it's underrated man the first because thing this i one, noticed editing the editing is great in this movie dude not even that there's like some awesome shots too like there's some awesome shots of like track the camera tracking down the hallway from ending at the like uh, up the stairs and then and it tracks forward towards the door at the end of the hallway. Mm-hmm. Like, it's fucking great. There's some... And when they're downstairs in the basement, and she's fucking flashing the light, and the pan's back, it's fucking great. There's some good yeah. shit. Dude, I 100% agree, man. I literally had, like, first couple things written down, man. The editing's amazing in this film, and it's cinematography's awesome. Yeah, you, just, yeah. you just don't see that shit in these, like, kind of lower-budget films. Good score. Yep. Yeah, good man, score. the score the score is really good. Done by... According uh, to Jeremy... Yeah. Charlie Band's brother. Charlie Band. Charlie Band's brother. Yeah. Charlie Band's dad. It's his father, Richard Band. Right? Yeah. No, Richard Band is his brother. <laughs> Albert, Albert, Band is, Albert Band's are dead. Are you serious? Fuck you! Suck my Albert dick! Band, Albert Band is the father of Charles. And <laughs> Look at this fucking idiot. I was right. <laughs> 
Get out of here. Hold on. Goku's <laughs> <laughs> retarded now, you fucker. So basically, in this film here, man, we get like a little bit of a backstory, which is actually kind of an interesting scene, You're too. You're right. Holy shit. I'm, they I'm show, the dumb one. <laughs> they showcase this backstory of our sorority mother, uh, Miss Slater, who becomes a sorority mother. Uh, she's giving birth, and it's taking place like 20 years prior. And uh, something kind of goes wrong. And we don't, we're not really 100% sure exactly what goes wrong in the scene. Um, but basically, she's giving birth and kind of shows the doctor shaking his head. And then it just kind of cuts to the present day. Um, it's an interesting scene, too, because I was reading actually about that. Uh, that scene was actually shot in black and white. Upon distribution, the dist- distributors, they actually tinted it a little bit blue, yeah. which he was kind of pissed about that. Too, guess, uh, honestly, so. dude, honestly... <clears throat> Um, I have very few complaints with this film, but I don't like that scene. I wish they wouldn't include it in the movie. Um, because I feel like it lets you know what's going on right away. Like, I feel like it's, I feel like it's too on the nose. Yeah. And it's kind of like my problem I have with a lot of films showing, showcasing the end of the films and the beginning of the film. It's the same thing. And that's one of my minor complaints of this film too. And I've said this about a lot of slasher films from the early eighties. They do this. They set it up with this minor backstory, which they figure is not going to really give anything away. But the whole time you're thinking, well, I think I know what's going on, right? Like if you don't have that, it's a totally different mystery. And it's fine not to have that scene either. It doesn't have to be there. You can even put it in after the reveal. I don't give a damn. Like like in a flashback. You knew who of the course, killer of was course. gonna be and like what was going on and Yeah, that's I that's I just I feel like that scene is so unnecessary that it's too on the nose. You just like it just yep. you, you do not need it. You don't need it. No. Maybe some people took it as the you know, she gives birth to a stillborn. Or something. Because, well, yeah, yeah. I think that that's the intention, you know, that, intent, right? that maybe yeah. that she's upset about her Thing, but you know, but I mean, and we're gonna stay. We're gonna say, stay pretty decent away from spoilers on this. But if you watch this movie and you actually thought that af- that she's the one killing people, then you might be right or wrong. <laughs> well, yeah. Uh, um, which actually leads us into the whole premise of the film. Basically, this is one of those classic type uh, prank gone wrong films. Love prank. And what I mean wrong. by prank class- gone wrong these are- is so classic, set up for a slasher. It is, man. It's really, really classic. And if you want to do a you know a prank gone wrong type film, you do it like this. It's actually pretty well done. Except um, one major issue. Maybe you guys could clear it up because this is actually affecting points here. How the fuck did they pull off this shooting the gun thing? You know, well, that's never explained. It's ne- I know. It's I wish clip, they had right? went into it's it. A, What's that, Jeremy? It's a clip. It's not a barrel, right? They have a clip. Yeah. So it couldn't. they couldn't put a bullet in each barrel. Yeah, like you couldn't so, put one in here and then not one in here to make yeah. it. Yeah. So, like, and even if they if it was a revolver, that's some cr- crazy. Well, would they put a blank? Would they put a blank in it? But well, how did how, well, how did they blow up the, the light though? They shoot the light now. Blanks do well, fire they put, like, projectiles out of them, but it has to be close to like blow up a light or something. Well, wouldn't wouldn't it just be like one real bullet, one blank bullet, one real bullet, one blank bullet, one real bullet, and, one okay, blank bullet? Okay, if they did that, they need to yeah. show it loading the clip like that because if not, it's a it's a huge mistake because that's just sloppy right there to not show that. Um, and how did like the like so she shoots the one girl, but it 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 didn't shoot her 
then she, she actually shoots. Which is actually a problem. In, it's a problem in itself, too, because you know that she didn't really get shot, but then she's playing it off. Like, you know, they even show blood and stuff like that, too. Yeah, it's like, yeah. I wish they had shown them kind of setting With, maybe my, that you're going to do this. Because it, it, at first, you're like, holy fuck, man. Well, it's, it's essential to <laughs> not being a cop-out. You you almost have to show how they set it up in order for it yeah. to be a cop-out. Yeah, because the girl's, like, I mean, right after the scene, like, she's totally fine. You're like, oh, she didn't get shot, but... The yeah. fucking Miss Slater gets shot. But the woman did. Yeah, so the, I mean that. Yeah, I understand. But I, even if it's you say, "Well, she didn't get shot," either maybe like caused a heart attack or a drowning or something like that. That <laughs> because you technically don't see blood or, or a bullet wound on her. At least I didn't. No, they don't have it there. But then it still doesn't explain how they shot out the light. So yep. it, it's still fucked up. Yep. <laughs> yep. And I'm pretty sure when they shoot into the pool, it's if it, I, I it, it's. That scene is the one major blemish on this movie mm-hmm. because it's yeah. such an integral part to the story. It is yeah. the integral part. <laughs> and it, like, and that's it, the main point. And I, I didn't like focus on it too much because I was like, oh, maybe I just missed something or something. And I was already so into it that I just wanted to ignore it. But I knew that it was going to come up when I'm critiquing the film. And uh, it's it's a ma- it's a major major issue. I've always had, I've always had an issue with that whole scene too. And I'm like, it doesn't feel so up, out of place considering how good the rest of the movie is before and after. No, it really it does. It just feels that. like really an out of like 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 his brother John Rossman came in and directed that scene or wrote that scene or something, <laughs> and it just <laughs> fucked everything up. You guys, you guys notice anything with uh, with the sorority mother, Miss Slater? Her fucking whole voice is dubbed in the film. Yeah, I noticed that. I didn't. It's almost always. It's, ugly. It's, I never really, it's it's really bad when she's talking to the doctor at the beginning. Like you could totally see it's dubbed. So I actually I looked into it because I'd noticed before. I never looked into it, but apparently she had the right look for the part, but her voice sucked. So they just got Dubbed her to perform her. yeah, yeah I mean, they got that's, her that's, perform her scenes <laughs> and then he dubbed it over with a better voice she did voice. have a good look and the voice was good i yeah. like the voice so it was so, it was two people yeah <laughs> I, I i'm actually not gonna take points for for that because i i thought it was a good choice there that cane um, yeah I, yeah. yeah i like the cane um, which makes an appearance the, in the, the remake if you guys thing, noticed yeah yeah i did yep. the biggest thing that i think that this movie like besides the score and besides the like lighting and music and and uh visuals and and just cool script besides that one scene is the goddamn suspense this is a suspenseful movie it really is like you you're constantly worried about that body out there right Mm -hmm. like it's it actually works like it works like the girls are 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 trying and you know what one thing thing that i really liked is the scene after they do it they're like okay we got to deal with the body later but we got to go have this party right now and <clears throat> like I expected in my head knowing 80 slashes I expected it to cut to the party and everybody having a blast but it cuts to the party and everybody's kind of just it, the camera goes and looks at everybody and it's like just a blank sort of look mm-hmm. yeah, yeah yeah I like yeah. that I, I I love that band, man. That band is fucking awesome. Oh, dude, it goes up so eighties. It so goes up awesome. there with the Howling Two band. Like that shit's awesome. Oh, dude, it's so good, man. <laughs> the lead singer, <laughs> that that mullet band was. Uh, that was on a different level. It's good shit. You get point. You get points for that right Who there. Who fucking snowballs in college? <laughs> like, Jesus Christ! What are they eight? <laughs> 
but yeah, yeah I mean, like, the, so, so I, another thing that I really liked about this movie was I actually really liked the protagonist. She's she, yeah. she's set up classically where she's the one that doesn't want to do it, and she's the one that's like, ah, oh, like you know. She had. Pe- oh, go ahead. Yeah, go ahead. I was gonna I, say if she had better teeth, she'd be stunning. She, like she's a good-looking broad. <laughs> no, but I like that. Up. I like that about this protagonist, man. They didn't. They didn't go with like the super, super hot final girl type thing, and you know they they kind of use more of. I wouldn't say average looking. She's better than average looking, but mm. she just fits the part perfectly, man. Yeah. She's not that blonde bombshell. She's that brunette, maybe. You know, she's above average looking. Like girl tactic, next but, door looking. Yeah, man. I, I think that really does work for it. Mm-hmm. You know. I think that's a better casting choice. It's it's more believable, in my opinion. Just I mean, need some making... braces is all. <laughs> Just need some braces, yeah. Uh, but yeah. yeah, so you you have this this awesome setup, and you have the, the well, besides the actual execution of the setup, but like what happened? You know, they they killed this person, and then they have to kind of go through the night, and then you spend different like I like when they like all the different things that they're doing, like trying to get rid of the bot. Like to me, that stuff works. Like it's suspenseful. Like they're almost getting caught and stuff like that. And, and I like that. Like, I just thought it was, it was way beyond what you, ex- it's like a, a well, they, basic slasher setup with like a much better execution. One thing about, one thing about the whole pool thing, which I love is, you know, just, you, you know, how you, the suspense around the pool is amazing, but then you have, they kind of mix in a tiny bit of comedy with that too, in a, like a really suspenseful moment too. Like, holy shit, man! There's people out at the pool going for a swim and shit like that, mm-hmm. and that big fat guy's in the yeah, pool. And what, is, what what does he call himself? He's like, pig. I'm a fuck, I'm a sea pig. Yeah. <laughs> but it's it's done kind of subtly, and you're like, okay, that's kind of. Do you catch the <laughs> reference in the remake? Yes. Somebody yes. says I'm a sea pig. Yes. Yes. Yeah, there's actually quite like a few, there's actually quite a few references to the. Yeah. Or nods to the original one, but yeah. but I like that though, man, because they go rushing out there and like, oh my fuck, man, you know, I like that. I like that whole premise though, man, the body in the dirty pool, and they make you know, and th- that's actually a decent setup too to the film also because they even bring up the fact that like, yo, she doesn't want people using the pool, you know, or whatever because they're not cleaning. It, it, it's just that whole kind of setup. At least they talk about the pool; it wasn't just there yeah. and fucking film shit. They actually bring that up, you know, what which is actually. Think? What do you guys think about the killer's costume? I like it. Yeah, I love it's it, fucking man. cool. I wish we saw more in it, you know? It's like we just yeah. see him a little bit and that's it's it. It's a great at the scene, end. too. The great scene. That's a great scene, man. That's that's John Carpenter types filmmaking. Anything there. to do with, like, jesters and. Yeah. Uh, that, that shit's fucking awesome, man. It was a cool mask and it looked cool and everything like that. It's just a shame that we didn't get to see it more. And that fucking cop sucked dick, man. What kind of <laughs> cop is that shit? I'm gonna fucking roll my garbage can into a cop car and fuck that shit up and then just leave. Listen, though, man. No, 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 Jeremy, Jeremy, listen. You guys are taking out the garbage at 2.45 in the morning. What's in that garbage? What's in that garbage? (laughs) The the thing is, though, dude, I know for a fact, man, cops were used to be a little more laid back, dude. Like, I remember we were drinking in, in in a car one night, and I was, like, 16 or 17, and this cop came up and he was like, he was like, you guys can't be doing this, man. He's like, if it was the 70s or 80s, like, it'd be no problem. I'd just look away. But, like, you guys can't be doing this. You know what I mean? Like, so so people people were way more chill, I think. Yeah, I agree, man. I guess so. <laughs> but, uh... You know, one thing, one thing about this film that I've always... 
I mean, it's a little bit of a minor problem too, and it doesn't have to be a massive body count in these type of films, but I just feel like there is so many, you know, I mean, it doesn't have to get silly. I mean, obviously the killer has a point to who or what or who he's taking out and stuff. I mean, you start killing off randoms and stuff. It just seems kind of pointless, but I mean, the body count is pretty low in this film. You guys know what it is? It's like six or seven, right? I think there's eight kills in this film. See, I, I know you always mention the body count and stuff, but honestly, well, it's like, it's the slasher I, thing. I, I know that, but I'm saying like, I never, I guess I never care about the body count that much. Like, I, I like slashers based on their just stories most of the time, but unless it's a Friday the 13th, that actually body I count to matters be- to me. To be honest, man, I mean, I watch slasher flicks mostly for the body count. I mean, there's whole websites dedicated to slasher oh, body count. I know. Count stuff. I know. I mean, Most it's a big thing, are. right? Most people are. I'm just saying that, but, I mean, like, me, like, I, for some reason, never notice it. See, I don't have a problem. Like, say, if, if you have a slasher set up where, you know, there's, like, 10 people that go a camping and, you know, you're probably going to get, like, 10 victims, probably a couple more or whatever. But, you know, in, in a film like this where there's so many fucking projected victims and not a lot of people die. It's like, it, to me, it seems like it's missed opportunity. Yeah, but the remake Sometimes, is the same way, though, bro. Exactly, exactly. There's a super low. There's only ten kills in the in the remake. There yeah. could have been fucking. So that's more 30. than this one, then. Yeah, yeah. I mean, and most of them actually happen towards the end of the film, too. I mean, to be honest, most of the kills in the remake are. Yeah, dude. Like they're yeah. mostly in the second half of the film. It's crazy. It takes a while actually to start doing some shit, but. Um, but, you know, I mean, I, I, it's not a big problem for me. I don't need, like, a thousand deaths. It doesn't need to be a John Woo film or anything. But, uh, but like, man. Howdy first, Jason. <laughs> I always you know, think so- of that one when I think of a lot of deaths. I it's think awesome. of Jason's in the cornfield just hacking yep. motherfuckers up. Yeah, I, mean, I, I understand it becomes pointless. Been, you know? I mean, if, if the killer in this film started taking out fucking random dudes in the party and shit, it would be like, okay, well, why is he killing them? His point is he's, you know, acting... You know, getting that fucking scene, kind of, man, with Jason so. is so fucking badass. <laughs> Jesus Christ, that scene's awesome. But I mean, awesome. even in the remake, man, like how many fucking survivors are in that film? It's crazy to see that. Yeah. You know, it's fucking, it's different to see that type of shit, man. Um, and actually, the way the, the resolution in that film, too, is actually quite interesting. <clears throat> of who actually does the, does the deed. But, so, uh, uh, in terms of this one, um, do you guys have anything else? Mm, I don't think so. I mean, not going too much into it and giving everything away. Not really. Like, we can't talk super in-depth about it because we are remaining no. so, spoiler-free. But uh, I I want to hear Moods' rating first because I'm curious. Okay. Um, yeah, th- this film right here, man, I've always been a really, really big fan of it. I even love the ending. I love the twists that happen in the film, you know. I guess you want to call them twists, whatever. But the revelations that happen in the third act, I have no problems with, man. I actually kind of enjoy that. <laughs> I just like, I just like the one part of the film where he's like, "You're the bait." <laughs> you yeah, <know? laughs> it's like straight up, and I just, I fucking love that shit, man. It's totally awesome. Um, Killer's costume is totally awesome, but it's a very, um, oh, I, what do you? It, it's filled with tension. There's a lot of tension in this film, and you know, even though the ending, without giving too much away, is it is what it is, you know. Um, like I said, I really don't have a lot of problems with that, but it's a film filled with almost a lot of likable characters too. That's that's another funny thing about this film. A lot of early '80s slashers, man, have all those cliche characters. I'm not saying this one doesn't have a lot of cliche characters. 
but for the most part, even the even a lot of the girls is even though what they've done and they're probably not likable, they're actually not really that bad. Mm-hmm. Um, music's fantastic. The score is fantastic in this film. Everything just kind of seems to go in place. The pacing is really good too. Never a downtime in this film. No downtime at all. I think it's paced really, really well. Uh, I'm giving this one an 8 out of 10. I'm a big fan of this one. I always have been a big fan of this one. And um, I'm sticking to it, man. Sticking hmm. to it. All right. Uh, me, personally, uh, I... I definitely like this movie a lot. Like it's, I don't know if it was just the perfect night to watch it, but I was so into it. And I was like, yep. I was like, dude, these like, I, maybe it's cause my expectations was a little lower too. Like, I didn't really yeah. know what to think of it. It's all, it's one I've always wanted to see. I just, I've just never went out and suck it out or sought it out, sought it out. I never know what to say. Suck it out. Suck it out. I never went and blow so it Definitely out it. suck it out. Suck it out. Um, but you know, it was like, it was, it was like, you know, just one of those things that kind of was uh, off my radar a little bit. Like I knew about it. It's one, it's like, it's a, it's a name, you know, it's a classic name that, you know, yeah. house on sorority row. I've always heard of it. Um, I had, I thought I remembered a lot of people like being, you know, one of my favorite slashers or whatever, but, uh, I didn't know if it would be mine, one of mine. And it turns out that it is like this, this to me is, uh, is, is top notch slasher, but I took like a entire point off for the the beginning scene and the the ridiculous um way that the prank is done. Um so I'm coming in at a 9 out of 10. Wow. 9 out of 10. High high praise for me for So a you so, so you yeah. mean so you mean you gave half a point off for those? You said a no, point. No, a full point for for like, each combined. half Oh, half I see combined. Yeah. So half a point then. Yeah. The way I interpreted, it, I was like, "Okay, so he's in at eight out of ten. Really, nine out of ten? That's yeah, crazy yeah. This, high for you." This is probably, you know, off the top of my head, like this will probably be my in my top ten slashers probably now. You know, uh, the um, I think I might like it more than My Bloody Valentine, just not more than Maniac. Mm, yeah, no. <laughs> like, yeah. For me, man, it's not no. Yeah, well, you it's know, Canadian. It was, you're biased. It it actually well, no, that's nothing to do with it, but like. <laughs> This one actually legitimately was in my top ten before. I haven't done one of those lists in a long time. It'd be interesting to see how it breaks down now. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. But this was this was definitely a hole in my uh, slasher film knowledge. You know, so you know, I was a little bit, I was a little bit surprised you'd never seen this one. I actually thought you had seen this film, and you were just like, okay, you know, nope. have you seen the remake before? No. Oh, okay. Fuck. Crazy. Yeah. yeah. All right. What do you got, Jeremy? All right, so like I said, when I was watching it this morning, you know, I was saying, like, I was surprised that this movie actually was straight up, you know, just like Blackula last two weeks ago. I was surprised that the movie wasn't crappy, you know, a cash-in on the slasher genre, just trying to cash-in on... You expected Slumber Party Massacre. Correct. I expected a lot of titties, a lot of ass, a lot of banging and stuff like that, and this movie really doesn't have any of that besides some weird 80s condom pack opening things, which is weird. It's like 80s condoms. But, yeah. um, it's it's a straight-up film, placed completely straight. Soundtrack's awesome. Uh, like Moot says, the kills aren't really that there. There's really one awesome one in the toilet that's really awesome. It's probably the highlight of the movie. The killer's costume's really awesome. And overall, I really enjoyed it. I'm uh, not that 
big of a slasher guy. I've never really have been. I watch them whenever I can, but I really am not like in totally in love with them like Moods is. So I was surprised with this one. You know, I, I had a good time and I liked it. So I'm also coming in at an eight out of ten with this one. I'm. So, wow. I would actually be curious to hear Jeremy's top ten slasher films. You should. Do yeah, that. no, you should no do shit. That. That's crazy. So uh, yeah, so pretty. Boy, I think Very. we all like this one. <laughs> interesting, interesting. All right, so moving uh, what twenty six years into the future here in two thousand and nine, <laughs> and they just simply simply titled this film Sorority Row. You know, kind of get fancy with it, I guess. All I, I could guess say... The House of Sorority Row was played out. <laughs> all I could say with this one, with the girls, is... <laughs> okay, that's Yeah. <laughs> Some Friday samples there. That's good. That's good. I'm surprised you've yeah. seen Friday. Yes, I've yeah, seen dude. Friday. I've seen Friday. Fucking, yeah, I've seen all of this, Friday. This film definitely has a very hot cast. It really yeah, does. Yeah, man, the fucking main lead. You're... Cassidy, man. <laughs> Yeah, the she lead. Like she was. I've seen her in The Office. That's what I know her from. Yeah, she's she looks like Daniel. She's she's awesome. I like her a lot. Fucking body. Quick synopsis. I don't even know if I have to give one. It's the exact same premise as House on Sorority Road. Group of sorority sisters try to cover up the death of their house sister after a prank gone wrong, only to be stalked by a serial killer. The setup's a little bit different in this one, but essentially, it is a prank gone wrong type yeah. film. Yeah. Uh, which. All right, to get into this one a little bit, um, I didn't know much about this one. I just knew it came out along around that time where I hated the movies that were coming out that were remakes, like The Fog and, funny enough, Prom Night, which was almost influenced this movie to be something else because apparently this was an R, a hard R, and then Prom Night came out and it did really well at the box office, which still surprised me. I did yeah, it's crazy. Um, it killed it. And then this movie was like, yo, 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 yo. Prom Night just killed it, yo. And then they're like, we should make this PG-13. So they started to. And then the studio was like, you know what? Like, I kind of like what we had here for at first. Let's just go back to R. Yeah. So that's really interesting. It's a good choice. <laughs> I agree. I agree. Um, films, not films enough like this should this not, film. listen, I like, I'm fine with PG-13 films, not slasher films. That's, you can't do it. You can't do it. Well, there's a PG-13 slasher film coming out in October that you think looks awesome. Yeah. But not, that's like, PG-13. not like this, though. That, oh, that's get like, the fuck out of like here, you supernatural slasher. It's a, like, different. Oh, get the fuck out of here. It's still a slasher. Nah, it's 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 like it's not a slasher. It looks like it has a slasher setup. So, starting this fucking film here, you know, have my you God, seen this has, before? Yeah, I, but yeah, I, I saw it when it first came out, and I had the same reaction when I first saw it because I've n- apparently never haven't changed since two thousand nine. Um, but like one of the one of the first things you see in this ridiculous fucking sorority party is this trampoline inside this huge house it's fucking so awesome like i would love to, i've never i've never been to a party before where there's a trampoline I've in a been house to a house where there was a trampoline inside that's cool man and so there's this huge fucking party and there's people jumping on this trampoline and these chicks wearing these like bunny outfits or whatever and their asses and, and their asses out. are hanging out and it's just like oh my god here we go this shit is going to be sleazy bad but um, but it, and then it kind of goes through one of those things where they're introducing the credits and stuff, and it's kind of panning through the party. I've never been a big fan of that type of style of filmmaking. Where oh, come on, man! 
it's a fact versus like it's one of the it works oh, in some man. films, but it works, in, this I like it. It, it, in this film, I'm just like, okay, well, we get to see every inch of the fucking party. I'm like, I don't really care for it. I guess I don't I give like shit. that. I, I like it. It, it gets it gets me hyped. I just wish it was edited, though. I just would like showcase the scene, edit it, go to a different room. Like it doesn't have to pan around. I, I don't know, man. I'm just like, I, for some reason, I've always had a, an issue with that type of filmmaking. But, um. But anyways, man, I, what do you guys think of the uh, the prank that they pull in it's this film? It's better than prank. the original. It is, man, and it's fucking but the so fucking times, little dude. brother, doll, dude, man. It's so of the times, dude. Like the roofy aspect, <laughs> like you know, filming it. And sh- oh, dude, I did not buy the little brother, bro. I he definitely. I, I thought there was one shit. moment when he overacted, but other oh, than that, he's I didn't horrible. Like he's horrible, bro. He's definitely the worst he's part. Bad, man. Even when he comes up at the end of the movie. I he's thought he did still, much better at the end of the movie. Nah, nah, he's still fucking shitty. He's the worst part of the movie. Yeah? What do you think? Yeah. Do you have a major issue with him, too? Not really. Not really. He's uh, not in it enough, really, to have a yeah. major impact on it. I I, I just think his character is kind of... He's the major part of the fucking prank. How could he not be... Because I thought that he was acting how, like... See, you're you're comparing it to how movie actors act in a stressful situation. Meanwhile, yeah. like I, I don't I've think... seen people go nuts, dude, like in stressful situations. And I like the more realistic look where it's just like, it's not, t- it's not like fine. I thought he was overreacting for overreacting for what are we going to give? Are we going to tell what this prank is? Yeah. Yeah. It's, yeah, it's, it's, it's kind of good, man. It's kind of good. So basically yeah, it. <laughs> what the girls do, they get one of their sorority sisters to, uh, basically be, well, roofied kind of thing. Mm-hmm. And they tell this guy, you know, you know, that, that she's all fucking roofied out and shit like that. And he's, he's all making out with her and doing some crazy shit and stuff. But anyways, the prank is she kind of throws up in his mouth kind of thing, right? Uh-huh. Um, but then they take it one step further. She starts to choke and gag and stuff. And then he's just like losing her mind. Like, holy fuck, what the fuck's wrong with her kind of thing? Blah, blah, blah. Um, so they ultimately take her in a vehicle and uh <laughs> they convince him that like dude we gotta hide the body they, yeah dude uh, like she's like fucking dying here kind of thing right and he's like oh and he starts to fucking freak out anyways they get to this location where they're gonna dump this body and yeah man shit just kind of goes she's cr- kind of like you know still faking it on the on thing and then you're following these other two characters and they're talking about well how do we get her to is she gonna like float or something and and like this fucking well, initially dude. what they do is all these girls are like, well, we have to do something. We have to kind of cut up the body and stuff like that. So we'll go find <laughs> yeah, some they're rocks. Making and she's it like laying on the ground. And he's like, oh, and they're all just like, this, man. And he's like, yeah, see, that's shit. why I thought he was overreacting. But I, I do kind of like the way they set this though, up, because though. He's fucking scared, man. It's not coming out of his fucking Well, because he thinks he's responsible for killing her. He thinks he's going to have to cut a body up. Yeah, dude, like he feels responsible because they're the ones that gave him the goddamn roofie to give to her. He's feeling responsible for his death directly. It's it's a fucking movie. It's not real life. Well, whatever, Jeremy. It could have been dialed down a little bit in a in a certain point, but I think that it's a fine uh, uh, take on that performance. I think it's an effective thing too, man, because you got all these girls kind of pacing out and going to find some rocks to 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 
you know, chop up this body type thing. And then all of a sudden, out of the fucking blue, someone mentions, like, well, if we're going to throw the body in the water, we need, like, you know, they got lung <laughs> water or uh, air in the lungs. All of a sudden, he fucking grabs his tire iron and he fucking slams <laughs> into your chest. Yo. And all the girls are like, holy shit, what the uh, fuck, dude? Yo, listen, I love really that different. scene because it's so, it's like I put myself in that position and, like, Dude, your heart would just drop to your stomach yeah, and exactly. on, dude. You would just be like, oh my fucking wrong. God. You know what I mean? Like, because, listen, dude, anybody who knows me and has hung out with me knows that I'm ridiculous with, like, dicking around like that. Like, this shit would happen to me. I'd be the fucking <laughs> dude to accidentally kill this chick because I went too far. You know what I mean? So, I can respect <laughs> it because, like, that, I would be that guy. Like, I would be the one that, like, Oh shit, I got somebody killed for, for this prank, you know what I mean? So I'm like sitting there like, like shaking and shit. Like, I'm just, I thought that was, I thought that they handled it way better than the original in terms of like the, the, the accidental murder, you know what I mean? Um, and, and you know, like they all go crazy. The only thing that I don't like, man, and it's more of like a cliched thing. Every, t- I've seen this a thousand times, you know, every time with these prank gone wrongs, there's all in you know with the original with I know what you did last summer with every fucking movie ever that does this, you always have the one girl, who's like, we can't do this we can't like for once I would just like everybody to be down like yeah there's like, two uh, of them though though, but it was Cass everybody green on it was Cass and the other the redhead kind of the, the semi hot redhead that's that's Bruce Willis's daughter Is oh yeah girl? yeah that's Bruce huh. Willis and Demi Moore's daughter um. But yeah, no, I mean, realistically speaking, man, the odds are probably stacked against you in every one of those type of situations. I mean, you have 10 people hanging around. Chances are not all 10 are going to agree on everything, right? There's always going to be that I, one person I, who has I, real morals. But like, and like man, we can't dump this. We have to call the cops. Like, this I is mean, fucked. I would just like, totally be down for hiding the body, honestly. Like, I, I'm, yeah, I, I'm just, sure. I just would be because like, and ooh, one thing that I really liked, though, how they handled it, because they were like... Listen, the 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 main like bad girl kind of she's like listen. She she handled this great. The way that her dialogue, she's like listen. It makes no fucking sense for us to get down for this. Like she wouldn't wanted us to. And I actually believe that because if you guys accidentally did that to me, I wouldn't want you guys to throw your lives away. Like that was not the intention. And it wasn't it they weren't trying something evil enough that was going to get somebody hurt either. You know what I mean? Like yeah. some pranks are just way too like do, like the one with the gun, like that's like they deserve that shit because like you don't fucking bring it do a gun prank, you know what I mean? Like that's <clears> ridiculous. <throat> but but like this was like kind of harmless like, "Oh, haha, you thought you re- killed her." You know <clears> what I mean? But like I I kind of like what she was saying where she's like, look, she wouldn't have wanted this to happen to us. You know what I mean? Because I believe that. Like, I believe that girl wouldn't want them to go down for the rest of their lives. It, uh-huh. It's interesting because that speech right there was like her entire character, right? You know, that, that's what she did. She talked. She like, reminded me of the broad in My Super Psycho Sweet 16. Like the, the main... Bit little bit she reminded me yeah. of that kind of character you know th- th- it's interesting because jessica you know uh the lead blonde bitch there she she's 
pretty much an unlikable character, but at the same time, yeah. you kind she's, of like her at the I same can, time. Like listen, she's I can she's not as everything bad. she's saying, dude. Honestly, well, that's the thing, because even in certain certain uh, certain situations, man, in the film, I, there's actually one scene in this film that I feel like is just completely out of fucking place. Is the scene where she meets with her boyfriend's father? Yeah, yeah. The that senator. fucking scene is so unnecessary in the film; it's ridiculously out of place. It's like it's crazy, but but it kind of shows a different side to her too. Like she's yeah, kind but- of vulnerable and like just like what yeah, the fuck? I, I think that the, in, the the intentions is to make her seem like the classic like villainous you know hot girl that doesn't care about like like super psycho sweet 16 like yeah that, that cliche but yeah. this one has definitely more levels where i almost wish they would have toned down that a little bit because I, I i'm so tired of that like i i like that they kind of her and the main girl kind of was getting along at the end of the film, you know what I mean? They were working together and stuff. Yeah. And I like that because I don't think every movie has to have this evil blonde that's, you know, only cares about popularity and, and will well, throw they tried. anybody they under tried. the bus. Yeah. yeah, they tried. They tried. And I respect that, too. I just, you know, what scene I'm talking about, man, I just felt like that was completely a misstep in the film. I, you just didn't need that scene at yeah, all. I mean, this yeah. film was already too fucking long. It was. That yeah. was that's like it's one an of the hour and forty two minutes. You know, it could have this film definitely could have benefited from a few scenes being cut and and a couple scenes cut shorter. There were some long ass scenes yeah. in this film and like, like the hot like, tub scene with the Asian broads fucking following the wire in the hot tub. Yeah, dude. Like that like, goes that, on for like two and a half minutes or something. Yeah, there's another scene. You mean where the bubbles are up? Yeah. No, I li- I like that. But there's another scene I can't remember. Mm. It goes on for like seven minutes. You're like, holy fuck like <laughs> This thing is suffering from a bad edit, really, but, uh... Where's the titties? It's a fucking sorority. There was some, wasn't there? Yeah, in one scene, and they didn't even pick the hot broads, they picked the fucking ugly chicks. You know, surprisingly, you think with a remake like this, Where's of this caliber titties? with these type of girls, you think there would be a lot more nudity and a lot more sleaziness. There was, I mean, you get some asses in the beginning and a few titties, but it's actually not that sleazy. No. It's kind of crazy. Yeah. Even though... It, but one of my biggest problems with the film is kind of the uh, the relationship between... Um, Jessica and the the girl where you know that 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 kind of jealous battle um, battle that they're having in the film. What the mm-hmm. fuck is that girl's name? You know you know what I'm talking about. Like she just kind of shows up and then they're having like, oh you fucked oh, my the, boyfriend and blah blah blah. Sister, sister. Oh that was yeah, the that sister. was the chick sister. Yeah, exactly. I can't remember what her name is. Um, but anyway, that that whole kind of subplot in the film, I think it's, it's to be a red herring though. <laughs> It is, man. It totally is. But it was just it, it. The way they showcase it in the beginning, like she just comes out of fucking no. She's just there. No, she's just pledging. Like, she she's in the school now. Next yeah. year. Next no, year. I know. But she's you know. So it wouldn't make sense that she came out of nowhere per se. No, but it seemed like their battle was just like already so. It, it, yeah, yeah. You know, so I kind of get. It. I, you know I see what you said. Like there's, like it seemed like there was a history there. When yeah, like so much, it just seems so fucking, you know, just so much history there. All of a sudden, I was yeah. like, "What the fuck?" Okay, crazy. I, so, I what do you guys? What do you guys bit. think of this one compared to a lot of the remakes at the time? My opinion, it's one of the better ones. Oh, most definitely. Yeah, I think yeah, so. I think so. most definitely. I think it's one of the better ones in general. Of the, I mean, that's not really saying much. <laughs> next to the hills have eyes. I mean, I wouldn't quite put it that high. No, no, the Hills Have... Nothing is ever going to come close to the Hills Have Eyes remake as being one of the best of this of that generation. But what's the next one on the list? Uh, I like Chainsaw, Halloween. Both of those are really good to me. 
Um, so many people, so many people just shut off the podcast. Again. <laughs> I'll never forget the comment. I'm never listening again. You guys like the Halloween remake. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, maniac is up there for me. Man- maniac. Uh, Maniac's the best one. Of, all, like, all three of those time. I mentioned, I think are better than this one. Uh, uh-huh. but those are like, uh, I but guess they're still remakes. They're still remakes. Yeah. Yeah. So. I guess they're from the, the time period. This- this one's pretty good, man. I, I thought there was some pretty interesting kills. I think the laundry shoot kill yeah, was actually pretty innovative. I had never yeah. seen that before. That was pretty no. cool. And so. I actually didn't hate the tire iron weapon, which I thought I would. No, the tire... It, it's, I mean, it, it makes sense, right? I mean, if you're going to, you know... Here we go with the making <laughs> sense thing. <laughs> like the bowling ball bag. <laughs> no, I mean, if you're going to fucking kill somebody with a tire iron in the, you know, to set up the yeah. whole film, you might as well use the I fucking tire iron. I hated that ending shot, though, of the but guy even, fall, of the killer falling through the floor. Dude, that just okay. looks so the, shitty to let, me. Let's get into like, this. The well, biggest be, fucking problem with this entire movie is the entire end. It, yeah, I went dude. from an 8.5 to a 9 down because I was enjoying this movie so There's much. There's so much CG in the end of the film. The, it's re- yeah. The whole the, fucking the, burning house is CG'd, man. The double twist, awful. Bad. The motive of the killer, awful. The Reveal of the killer, both of them awful. Yeah, I agree. Dude, I agree. Like, it is crazy. Stole my shot. I was going to say, dude, the reveal of the killer is one of the worst. It sucks, man, that they went, that they did that. Or the motive. Yeah. I mean, it's just fucking. It's ugh. so lame. Like, I, like, it's I seriously. It's so fucking stupid. It was like, and then when he, and that like, one, the like, run out and shoot this movie in the head because you just killed it. And then when the, yeah, the, and then stupid. one day I'm just gonna say they they're like oh come on let's go knock off the last person it's like oh come on man that fucking this character throughout but the, whole, the entire film wouldn't do that and then he and then what actually ends up happening to the killer it's the shit it the shit but the whole the but the whole idea it's but the shit. whole idea not the not- shit it's shit. The whole idea of knocking off people that were, you know, that would know or are involved in this thing is ridiculous in itself because at the one point where the killer is actually naming off people that told other people, how the fuck do you know that they didn't tell other people? Yeah, those are just the and ones that you found out about. Like, it it's is fucking ludicrous. retarded. It's literally head shaking moment. You're like, oh, that is so fucking stupid. So, what you were following every person and knew every conversation that they were, have, so that they were having? It's fucking it ridiculous, is, man. Like, dude, I, Andrew said this is second favorite remake and oh. before i started watching this and i was like Dude. i was i was i was like okay okay i like this i like this i like this there's these odd little beats yeah. of comedy the third that act aren't is... too much but they're just like enough to make you smile and like no dude that uh, line when he's like oh my god it's sarah and the blonde's like oh she's had better days i literally fucking Dude, how about the line where the fucking bitch goes to get her pills from the doctor? The one that dies with the bottle in the throat? Yeah. <laughs> and he says, we don't have time for catch and rape me. <laughs> <laughs> Dude, that line fucking killed me the first time I watched this and it got me again, man. <laughs> it's so funny. I, I, I find that most of the girls are actually likable, even the one that's supposed to be unlikable. Uh, I like Carrie Fisher. Um, I just thought what would have been yeah. cool is if they got one of the original girls to play the house mother. That would have been that's cool. That's what I. That's what I thought they should probably should. Because I thought they were the giving Fisher mad casting. nods to the original, which I like. I feel like these yeah, people yeah. respectfully the cane, made this movie. Yeah. A cane, totally. Yeah, yeah the, the cane and stuff. But yeah, don't you feel like the Carrie Fisher casting was a little bit random in this? I role? said that. I said that today. It's like so when I was watching, random. I went, "Is that Carrie Fisher?" It's like, yeah, it is. Yeah. 
It's so weird. It's so I didn't even random. know it was her. I was watching it. I was like, this chick looks so familiar. <laughs> and then I looked it up and I was like, oh, that's Carrie Fisher. Yeah. Um, you know, surprisingly, they did, you know, for the time this came out in 2009, you know, generally a lot of these remakes were, you know, you'd have your CG moments. It does, man. There, there's actually a couple moments in this film where they try to mimic the um, the head decapitation scene from the first one. Mm-hmm. Um a little bit but they cg the blood in that scene and they actually it's don't when, decapitate her and it's like really not well done at all it's actually a really then, bad kill when, when they when he pulls out the tire iron one time mm-hmm. the blood comes off from the bottom of the throat and yeah, yeah oh, CG, dude, it totally you, know what, you know what but i don't like about new CG films too. listen this yeah. is a trope that i've noticed in new in in these era of films all right when <clears> whenever you look at a slasher from the 80s like any of them really like it, whenever the kill happens, right, and it's like, it's like Jason. There's a, there's a per- person up against a tree, and then Jason goes, whoosh, and stabs him in the face. You know this nice little. Whoosh. Yeah. In this, it's like it's like they do this like fast cut, like this, whoosh, like this, like surprising, like like unrealistic speed, like this, like whoosh, like, and it just it drives me crazy. I hate when they do that because well, it just it just seems fake man. as fuck. All right, you want to you want to get what? Let's get back to rating. I gotta finish up. I guess we could do some ratings here. Yeah. Um, who wants to go first? Is it my turn? Is it my turn to uh, go first? No, Jeremy's turn to go first. All right, sorority row. So, I was actually surprised with this one. I thought it was gonna be a typical rushed late two thousand shitty remake on the lens of. Prom Night in the Fog and all those ones that were based off of 80s and 80 films. So, but I was surprised. You know, the acting is good. The girls are good looking. The kills are good, even though some of them are CG. Like Mood said, the the laundry shoot kill is actually pretty original and pretty pretty cool. Hey, compound fractures. That's the one thing that makes me go, because I've had one. But, um... It's overall, it's a pretty enjoyable film. Like I said, the ending kind of hurt quite a bit for me. <clears throat> when the fucking person falls through the floor, it's just retarded in my opinion, and it looks really bad. And everything that leads up to that is kind of dumb. But it's still an enjoyable film. It's totally watchable. Uh, so I give this one a 7 out of 10. <clears throat> I think this film is way too long. 101 minutes, man, for this one is just insanely too long. I mean, we're talking like eight, nine minutes longer than the, the original. That's crazy, man. Uh, Rumor Willis, man, she is one weird looking chick. You know, I thought it maybe it was just this movie, but she's fucking weird looking, man. Looking. She's not too bad, but she's kind of, I don't know, she's like a combination of Bruce and, and Demi, like completely. But I know you love the Asian. I know you got your Asian fetish going with that broad. She's pretty good. She's pretty good. I but I mean, Cassie, Cassie, man, like I was telling oh, the story before, Jesus like, man, Christ. dude, my buddy was engaged to this girl a few years ago, and Cassidy is her fucking doppelganger. <laughs> like, identical. It's, it's fucking crazy watching her, but um, overall, man, the film's pretty good. I think it just, you know, like I said, kind of suffers from being a little bit too long. Could have been edited down. There's some scenes. The CG in the end of the film is just, it's really not good. You know, like the, the house burning down with all the fire. Like, all that shit's CG, and it just doesn't look good at all. <laughs> it's kind of frustrating, but I can look past that, man. I, I think the reveal of the killer is probably one of the biggest problems of the film the motives are just ridiculous 
Like, I mean, floppy cock ridiculous, man. That's not good at all. It's stupid. Um, but I do, I do like the fact, you know, I like the weapon in this film. I think that's pretty cool. There's some pretty inventive kills. And I, I love the fact that the one scene where, I don't know if you guys noticed this, but uh, when they pull the uh, the knife out of the dude hanging in the laundry chute and he just fucking falls down. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's what I'm saying. Like, there's these subtle beats of comedy that aren't, like, in your face, yeah. but they're fun. Fuck, it made me laugh <laughs> so hard. I was like, oh, my God, that's so good. Um yeah, man. But overall, it's actually a pretty solid remake. It does suffer from some obvious problems and stuff like that. But I am also right there with a 7 out of 10 on this one. It's pretty decent for a remake. Yeah. Yeah, you know what, man? Um, I was seriously like up in the 8.5 territory when watching this until the final act where it was just atrociously dumb. It was just dumb as hell. Like, I was mad. I was like, I was like, are you serious right now? Like, you just ruined this good movie by, like, making, like, the one guy, like, like, there's a kind of, like, a double twist where you think one person's the killer and he's, like, not. Like, I'm just like, that's dumb. And then the second, the actual killer was, I was like, maybe they'll save this. And then it was like, nope, that's dumb too. You know what I mean? So, like, I have major issues with that. And, like I don't. This is the only time where I wish we did like point two five sometimes because like I don't know what to rate this movie because I just gave the uh, sl- uh, sweet Super Psycho Sweet Sixteen at seven. I feel like this is a much stronger seven, but I don't feel like I can go seven point five. So I'm just gonna go seven. Seven. Seven's across the board. Yeah. Interesting. Because of that damn end, man. That's why I can't no, go seven point five. I agree, man. I I was up, you know pretty high too and you know wow dude it's just it's just savage man how much you know the last 20 minutes of a film can really affect well, it, it definitely it definitely is very prevalent with slashers because like that's important like, it's either good or bad the, reveals yeah. man and but like the motive dude so fucking silly but it, it, it's one thing to have that type of motive but then to explain his detail and stuff and be like you know this person, this person told this person. I'm like, literally leaning into the screen going, are you fucking kidding me? Yeah. It's one of those moments. You're like, that's ridiculously stupid, man. That's so dumb. But, um... I mean, this movie's way better than any of those, like, post-Scream slashers that came out in, like, the, the late 90s, early 2000s. Big time, man. I, I like this movie more than pff, all three fucking... I know he did last summer films almost combined. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I mean, this I'm, this, I'm not this movie is definitely... Like, if you've avoided it because, like, that remake trend of the 2000s and, like, sort of uh, what you... You know, like, the prom nights and stuff, like, definitely give this one a shot because even with the re- stupid ending, like, I still enjoyed it a lot. Like, the, the middle and, and beginning part were, like, really fun so like it's 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 worth a watch and and honestly like this is one that i would watch again for sure um so i actually don't even own this so i got i gotta pick it up i'm gonna grab the blu-ray i thought i owned it i thought i could have sworn i owned it but here was the stepfather that i kept thinking shit man there's a blu-ray of this i still i'm still rocking the dvd i got the (laughs) blu-ray yeah so that's it for this episode what are we doing next week or next two weeks from now uh, we are doing in what? What is this? One hundred nine. So in episode one hundred and ten, we are doing uh, Deliverance and Southern Comfort, which happens to be a Patreon pick 
for a feature review by the homeboy D Nice, Derek B. Yeah, Derek. Ten out of ten, Derek. One oh two. Yeah, so that, that, I'm looking forward to it. It's kind of a different show, actually. We yeah, haven't really, for sure. Yeah, it's gonna be cool, man. So looking forward to that shit. But but yeah, man, let's get the fuck out of here. We've been recording for a long time tonight. So Jeremy, take us out. All right, thank you everybody for listening to episode 109, crazy, of the 22 Shots of Moods and Horror podcast. As always, if you want to follow the man Moods himself, you can do so at youtube.com slash moods616. So as if you want to follow that no good douchebag Mexican asshole JP who still shouldn't have gotten that full moon box, then you could do so at youtube.com slash double shot J. And you can always follow my Jewish ass at youtube.com slash NESRuler22. And also do not watch JP's reanimator review because he shouldn't have gotten that either. So as you could email us any questions at 22 shots of moods and horror at gmail.com. That's 22 shots of moods A and D horror at gmail.com as always you can follow us on twitter twitter.com slash 22 shots podcast join us on the facebook page facebook.com search for our 22 shots of moods and horror and join that football league and as always if you have any questions you can leave us a voicemail at 724-426-6665 and please support us on our affiliates the horror box right jp is that what it's called uh Horror Pack, but we need to redo the link because they changed it. Okay. So, um, Horror Pack and Terror Tees, right? Terror Threads? I Terror Threads. Anyway, the most important is the Patreon. I'm going to get there. <laughs> and as always, please, please, please help get the sand sucked out of my vagina by supporting the Patreon, patreon.com slash 22shotspodcast. We are only $43 away from getting that sand sucked out of my vagina and right into Jerry's asshole. So please, 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 please donate so we can all say, fuck you, Jerry, even more. And once again, fuck you, Jerry. Fuck you, Jerry. Fuck you, Jerry. And that should be it for episode 109 of the 22 Shots of Moods and Horror Podcast. We should be back next week, or in two weeks, with episode 110, digging into Deliverance and Southern Comfort, two interesting films for this show. So I'd be curious to listen to Moods and JP's review. So that should be it, everybody. Everybody have a good and safe week, and we shall talk to you guys soon with episode 110. Peace out, and fuck you, Jerry. Peace! <laughs>